I am Spike from DRI, and this is live from the barrage. Late at night, Friday night, and we're somewhere in Queens. You're right here with us in fucking Queens. This Friday night, we're in fucking Queens. Oh, this Friday night, and I'm in fucking Queens. It's Friday night, and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live from the garage. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sport song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Welch's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my I'm listening to that's Midwest fucking Europe. I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said O R I A M. That's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody. This is Killing a Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. Like, what's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look at the psycho logs into this shit. <laughs> don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound It's gonna ever keep me down. Live. Barrage. I saw the Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I have a great story. Makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, baby? John Hulan, fuck you. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone out there. Hi, John. Radio Land. Hello, Pat. How are you? I'm well. I got a new computer. Did you? Yeah. Uh, you, a, is it a Mac Air? Hello, no. how you do? It's a big fuck you retina display. <laughs> you spilled beer on your old one? I did. I never did that. I thought you, sp- <laughs> I thought, I thought you spilled wine. No. Oh, it was beer? It was beer, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that, That's, I, that you, makes it better, I guess. Yeah, well, so. your computer has the gout. <laughs> The wine keeps you away from that. It's getting a new keyboard as we speak. Nice. That's a nice computer there. Can I have that one instead of the mine? <laughs> can I have that? Can you want to, yeah, can I have that? <laughs> Thanks, man. John, you and I have the exact same computer. I'll, I'll, I'll sell you mine for a nice cheap price. That's, what, yeah. that's the same one that I just killed. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. So stay the hell away from it. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that uh, we used that Kickstarter to buy you a new computer. <laughs> Thanks, B. That works awesome. That was good. Oh, yeah. How'd that ever work? Did you ever refund that money or no? No. Is still sitting in no, cyberspace? No. Everyone told me to keep it because this computer's going to crap out. It's clicking and making all sorts of crazy noise, and, and I'll probably spill another beer on it. So. <laughs> oh, tonight's a long night. That's right. <laughs> I, nice of you to uh, pre, uh, prejudge. Yeah. The, um, I'm you know continuing my... Uh, Reputation with electronics and and water, water based <laughs> liquids. My Mac Gout Pro. I went to the Giants game and I got drunk. And before even the game started, I sat down in my seat and I went to get my phone. Oh no! And I fumbled my phone right out of my hand, and it dunked directly into the man sitting next to me's pint of beer, which was in his like a cup holder. The whole phone went into the beer. Covered. <laughs> did you know the person sitting next no, to you? No, I did, did you not. Did you have to buy him a beer then too? I offered and he was a total dick about it. I whipped, I, I reached into his beer with my filthy hand. I pulled my phone out of his beer and I started drying it off. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you could you could drink it now. I'm like, oh, come on, buddy. Don't be a pussy. You drink the beer. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I'd be like, dude, I just paid Seven hundred dollars for that beer. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fucking mine now. Too. So then I'm drunk and I don't realize. So I'm telling my friend who's sitting to my right. I'm like, 
this guy's a total dick about this. This guy's such a dick. I'm sure he heard me. But yeah, the phone worked fine. See, uh, me and Tommy went to see Motley Crue a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, I, I dropped my e-cigarette because I bring it to like inside <laughs> venues when I know I can't get out the smoke. So I and I dropped it down in the in the seat in front of me, and the guy and I'm like, hey, buddy, and I'm like, I slap him as hard as I can in the back of the head. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just meant to tap him, but I was like, biff. I'm like, yo, can you grab that? And he's like, what? And I'm like, the blue thing under your fucking chair. Come on, man, get with it. And the guy. <laughs> And the guy was really nice. And uh, he said something like, you know, hey, if you hit me again, I'm going to throw you off the balcony. And I, and Tommy hadn't gotten there yet. And I said, my friend's pretty big. You might want to reconsider that because he wasn't too big. And then Tommy walked up and Tommy said, what's up, dude? And he, we gave he dressed as Frankenstein? No, but, he, you know, Tommy's 6'4 or 6'5 as it is. And he, look, he, he whether you know him or not, he looks like an intimidating person. Yeah, he's not here now. I don't know where he is. He's late with Ryan. This Where's Ryan? What? I'm here. I'm here. No, he's here. He just walked in. But uh, I, I fuck, you know, and the guy's like turned around to me. He goes, "Yeah, you're right. I won't push you off the balcony. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get beat up by Bizarro Toby Keith, <laughs> Kobe Teeth." <laughs> now, was it burrowing into something, or was it all tongue in cheek? No, it was all fun. I, I didn't mean to. I did. I meant to just tap him on the shoulder. But when I like reached over, like you know, he was he's like a, a level below me, like you know, like a chemistry class seating type thing. And I whacked him in the back of the head. I was like, bang! I was like, oh. Geez. Sorry about that, buddy. Hey, can you grab that? <laughs> like a, a college, uh, a college seating arrangement, a la back to school or something, like a, exactly. a lecture hall. You're a melon. Yeah, exactly. Something exactly, exactly. like that. Yeah. What, what? Sally Kellerman wasn't teaching shit though. It's good. Let me ask you guys something. If we if we ever uh, became famous, and this was like the Johnny Carson show, and we had like uh, you know uh, the president on, would you show up early? No. No. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure you're consistent. It depends if I'm still working. All right. Good. If that's my job, then I'll be there on time. If that's I'll your job, I'll be there like five yeah. minutes early. Okay. So. Uh, I guess I'd probably be early because I'm usually early. Yeah, you're usually early. Thank you. I'm fifty-fifty. <laughs> Tommy's late to everything, but that's okay because we don't need him until until later. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going out with Tommy on Monday night, and I was like, dude, I actually told him the wrong time by like a long shot. Good. Like, yeah. You know, good move. I'm that's like, yeah, you got to be there at like six thirty, bro. You know, I'm gonna do that with Colette. We don't have to be there like eight thirty, but I'm telling them six thirty. Yeah. Everybody I'll- knows. My mother knows. I mean, we go over to my parents' house for dinner. That she's on Colette time, so uh, she starts making dinner like an hour later than, than what she's supposed to. <laughs> They're supposed to be here now. Let me throw the turkey in the oven. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's Tuesday. <laughs> she puts the turkey in on Tuesday, and then by the time we get there for Thanksgiving, it's it's done. What? What? You can make a turkey in just under a day. <laughs> just under a day. <laughs> Only if you play ball. <laughs> We have a big live from the broad show for you tonight. Big. 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 Very big. Big, big, huge. We're happy to announce that we will have Spike Cassidy of the band DRI, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. Awesome. Famous uh, legendary thrash band, thrash crossover, whatever you want to call them. Riff master. That's something you can ask him. Yeah, Yeah. I will ask him about that. And uh, we're happy to have him. That will be coming up in hour two. In hour three, we have Larry Damore of the band, the punk rock band Peg Boy. Remember those guys? No? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, they have a cult following. That's why you don't remember them. And uh, we're talking to Larry at the insistence of uh, Steve Albini, who's like, oh, you have to have Larry on, he tells me. So I'm happy to have Larry on. And then he wanted to be on the phone at the same time and kind of like, I don't know, moderate the interview. I'm not sure how exactly this is going to work, but they're going to be in the same room, I guess, uh, on uh, some kind of... I, I'm sure they could figure out how to... Uh, operate the phones it's, it's a world-class studio over there right? they got cables and shit yeah you know like how you used Patch to do in your, in your house before the uh before uh <laughs> before we destroyed all the phones when i had 976 <laughs> numbers constantly going yeah you could just pick up the other phone and that would work too right mm-hmm. that's that would be my suggestion 
But you never know. <laughs> like a little kid listening to your dad on the phone or your mom. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Are you, are you on the phone? And then you try to hang it up real, with your finger. Just press the button really lightly. It never works. You can always hear it. Like <laughs> or you try to stay on quietly. <laughs> you, you, you press it with your finger and then hold your finger over the button that looked like a little tooth. And then you'd put the whole handset on top of that. Every time the school would call my house, which was... More frequently than not, I would try to like listen in the middle of the line out here, like hang up the phone. <laughs> oh my God, damn it. So that should be exciting. It's gonna, it's literally gonna be hats off to Larry when that, <laughs> that interview happens, and uh, we'll ask both those guys a bunch of questions. Maybe uh, I'm thinking we'll, I'm thinking we should play crap not crap with uh, Spike and uh, Larry and Steve. Sounds good. I listened to the Woody Crap Not Crap, which is up on our website, by the way, if you want to go into that page. And I remember isolating, and I don't know why, and I got drunk the other night and listened to it. I'm like, this is fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that Crap Not Crap is great. It's hilarious. Woody just rapid fire crapping and not crapping bands and trying to get inside his head. <laughs> if, if you're wondering why uh, I'm, my voice is quivering, it's because it's fucking freezing in here once again. I'm trying to blow into my hands. It's yeah. like 33 degrees, again. which isn't bad, and everyone's going to start complaining now. It's not that cold. Well, you're not in Buffalo. Cold. You're not seven feet under snow. Yeah, because yeah, I won't live there. It's going to be it's cold here. It's going to be I water in a couple days. The well, whole place is going to be underwater. You just blew one of Tommy's stories tonight, so. That was my news story that it snowed. To to Garth Plinko on the chat box, nice name, by the way. Plinko is my favorite Price is Right game. Um, You can do me a favor and remind me of that question in about an hour, and I will ask that question for you. Oh, man, I just lost something. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, we have a lot of guests. We have a lot of show. And uh, there'll be no show next week, so let's all squeeze in it now. I'm going away, so don't try to contact me. On Facebook or via text or anything. Email me, I guess, and I'll get to it when I can. Where you going, John? You got pinched? I, I got pinched. I'm going away for a bid. Hendry got pinched. I'm going away for a bid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there. Where, where are you going there, Chiefy? Chief Big Upstate. To do a bid. Um, I'm going away. I'm going. I'm going to be on a boat. My wife told me not to talk about it. She's like, you're not going to tell everybody you're going away, right? I'm like, ah, well, it's kind of like, I'm like, I don't know how I could avoid it. Lorenzo's going to be here protecting my house, so don't come here. He's going to kill you. Uh, me and Lorenzo are tight. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to fucking put my penis on everything in your house. Oh, Lorenzo's going to hit you with his banjo if you come in. Are you going to bring your toothbrushes? Because if you're not, I have a, I have, an, I have a plan. Yes. My, whenever, <laughs> I, whenever I go on vacation, I bring my current toothbrush, and then when I come back, I open a new toothbrush. That's my move. Uh, it's pretty good. Shit. So there's no reason to bring the new one. At the end of vacation, I just tossed the, that vacation toothbrush off the side of the boat. Here you go, dolphins and sharks. <laughs> right, eat this. <laughs> I'm going to need it because I need to sharpen it to, to, to uh, you to know, shiv somebody. Yeah, shiv the other prisoners if I get in trouble. John's been thwarting urban legends since 1975. <laughs> so, yeah, no wood burning stove kazoo. We don't need uh, Mario lighting anything on fire, and I didn't have time to hook it up. It's a whole, it's a whole rigmarole in here. Mario called me today. He's on his way upstate to Albany, which is the, our capital, our state capital here. He's and doing uh, a bid for arson, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 25-year sentence. If you rape someone, you get a comedy special. Uh, Ars- arson, you go to prison. Arson, you go to prison. So <laughs> he calls me, and he's like, oh, uh, I'm on my way upstate to accept this art award for like teaching or something. And then uh, as he's talking to me, he told me something I can't repeat on the air that he was doing. And then a cop drove right by him. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, it's a cop just drove by me. And the phone hung up. So I don't know. <laughs> he might be doing a vid right now for all I know, but he won't be on the show. Fucking guy. He's going to accept the award for 
biggest student. I, I want to know what you can't say. Like, it's hats off to fucking Murray over here. What's going on? Hats off to Mario. You just, you know, you can figure it out. I've, I'm pretty sure I got it, but Thanks. it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to point he it out. He might have said, and I couldn't really hear him too well, he might have said something like he has a nice buzz going. <laughs> I'm drinking scotch as I'm driving, bro. <laughs> no, I don't think he was drinking, but, you know, whatever. No, I, I know. I, I don't know. think he was doing anything. Maybe he was on Advil. That's what. That's the story I'm going with. Advil laced with reefer. Red Bull. Oh, that's right. I have a Red Bull. Cheers yeah, I'm drinking mine. I hate this shit, but I, I, have, to, I have to try to stay awake. You got one, too? Yeah, no, I, it gives me a little extra pep. Tastes I'm like garbage. Man out. This is horse shit. Have some. <laughs> have some. Yeah, you want some? I, I didn't even take a sip yet, Pat. Welcome, Jonah. It's all you, buddy. Jonah finally listening go. to the show. Hello, Jonah. He wants to know if this is like a feminine car talk. Any relation to Boner <laughs> Stabone, by the way, Jonah? Yes, Jonah Stabone. He's uh, related to, who, what was that, uh, Growing Pains? That's correct. I believe that. Boner. I believe Boner offed himself. No. I think you may be right. I well, Let me check it out. What? To the internet I go. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's right, actually. Boner committed suicide? Yeah. Like, not as part of the storyline in real life. Right. <laughs> oh, it After. wasn't like a very special growing pain? <laughs> yeah. When they find him hanging in the closet? Exactly. He jumped in front of traffic on Jericho Turnpike. <laughs> Auto-erotic uh, asphyxiation? <laughs> he yeah. did. It's Subtastic Dan saying he did. Mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yep. He died in February 2010. <laughs> oh, he, that's right. He was Chekhov's kid. They found him. Uh, what? They found him hanging in the park from in Vancouver, I believe. Well, and he uh, didn't well, look like sense. Boner at all. <laughs> he had hair like down in, to his ass. In February 2010, Koenig was reported missing by friends and family. He was last seen near a bakery in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on and on February 14th, and missed a scheduled flight back to the U.S. on the 16th, which was the last day he used his cell phone to conduct any banking. February 25th, 2010, a group of 11 friends and family members found his body hanging from a tree in Stanley Park. Jesus. I know, I know Stanley Park. I know that guy. Uh, I went to school with him uh, in downtown Vancouver. That's a fucking shame. Poor boner. Do you think they were in the airport like, Stabone, last call, Stabone? <laughs> United Airlines calling Stabone. And he just he never showed up. That's, that's really sad. That's a shame. That poor guy. You know, he had the world at his fingertips, that boner. <laughs> He was going to be I the next big thing. I shouldn't be laughing. He had the world in his in the palm of his hand. It's four years the statute of limitations on is that it? Okay. Good, you good, know good, who good. the fuck good. I am? I'm Boner. goddammit. <laughs> Mike Seaver was my best friend. goddammit. Give me a loaf of bread. It's a Vancouver bakery, or I'll hang myself in the park. Show all of you. Oh, poor Boner. Poor Boner. You wow. think he was recognized everywhere he went for being Boner? Like goes into a bar, he's like. Hey, Boner! That's why. That's why he did himself oh, in. He couldn't take it. <laughs> Not many people can carry the burden of being Boner. He did himself in over phony phone calls. <laughs> all the neighborhood kids yeah. ringing at all hours. Is this Boner? <laughs> hey, Boner, is this you? Yeah, I got something. Uh, or, or people sending pizzas to his house. Uh, we got a delivery for Boner. <laughs> and they were found by 11 family members, friends and family members in the park? Well, no, 11 family members. Dude, so, so, if, would you, I was getting would, free pizzas. Call me Boner all would, day, baby. Would you consider that a well, not, Boner? You know, would a, you consider that a Boner patrol? I, I would, actually. Back, but it, you back know what? to Boner Beach. But if uh, if you didn't have the money to pay for the pizzas and they weren't free, you'd be fucking pissed off. You'd probably kill yourself, too. That's why you had to do that last I can't afford these here. fucking pizzas. I get nine a day. You know, Trey Poole was saying he has Bill Cosby in a suicide pool. I'm like, no way that fucking narcissistic cocksucker would ever off himself. And second of all, I, statistically, black people don't really kill themselves. Is that true? Thank you. Yes. I have to look that up. Uh, well, it's like white people a million percent, black people like two. 
<laughs> point, uh, that's, point two. That's facts. That's a little live from the barrage. Factoids for you. Oh, God. Black don't crack. <laughs> they don't do it. I'm telling you. And Bill Cosby, that guy will fucking that guy will take a submarine to Australia before he kills himself. He just, I keep seeing these stuff. That's, that's quite a fucking feat. <laughs> he always loved Australia and submarines. Hey, manager, get my submarine. We're going to Australia. This is, these are the same thing with all these politicians and stuff. When they get caught doing shit like this, they just don't. They just re- like uh, you know refuse to believe it, and they keep pressing on. Like he's playing a bunch of shows upstate. Right. He, he they just, just wait. They what? wait till something else happens. They just pretend like nothing's happening. Right. Wouldn't you just go hide somewhere? Well, who was that? Was Chandra Levy or whatever? I remember, like, uh, wasn't there a politician who was, like, being uh, probed into her death or disappearance, and then 9-11 yeah, happened? Yeah, Gary Condit. Right, mm. right. But there was a, then 9-11 happened, this guy was like, shoot. Guy was off the hook. Thank God, <laughs> man. Right, it was, like, it was like May before we... Did it? Wait a minute, hold on. What about him? Did he, he kill her? He was flying the plane. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I into the Pentagon. <laughs> he jumped out and went r- and ran to Washington <laughs> in his submarine. He bailed out. The only person celebrating 9-11. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't think he was flying that plane? Watch Loose Change, bro. <laughs> oh, you ever see Loose Change? I actually have. I keep seeing these recent photos of Bill Cosby now, and he looks like all fucking glazed over. He's got one he cataract. Like he's got cataracts. Yeah, and, yeah, he looks terrible. Oh, he really? looks like he's he been, looks like an old dog. He looks like he's been dipping into his own stash. Oh. <laughs> uh, Fucking guy. They were going to give him a sitcom. They were saying NBC was giving him another. It was coming out in, uh, I believe, uh, summer of 2015, That's and that was wild. pulled um, last night. I was up late, 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 late last night, and um, at around three or four in the morning on Channel 11, the CW for those of you at home, uh, the Cosby Show was on, and I was, you know, rolling through the guide on my cable television. And I said, cool, Cosby Show, let me see if... And I clicked on it, and The Honeymooners was on. So CW oh. pulled it. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Stay away from that fucking guy. They don't know, you know how many people Jackie Gleason raped? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, but no, nobody's alive to tell the tale. So there was an episode where he raped Trixie. Art Carney murdered 17 people. <laughs> if, there were, if there were any drinks around, Jackie Gleason was drinking them, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't giving away drinks to anybody. He used to hit his wife on the show, for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> he floored her once. Sent her right to the moon. I saw like a lame internet cartoon where like two astronauts were on the moon and, and they they like found like a woman's body on the moon. They're like, "Up, oh. <laughs> looks like it's Alice Cramden." <laughs> That's the one Gary Larson was afraid to draw. Exactly, <laughs> the most controversial far edgy. side. Larry Garson did it though. Larry Garson was not afraid. Gary Larson's oh. like, oh, I can't. I can't. Uh, if you buy that controversial far side book, you wind up on a watch list. Like if you get the Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah, it's like a deer with a target on its back and. Hey, what? Bill Cosby. Speaking of Gary Larson, you know I, I'm a I'm a redditor, and uh, I noticed that anytime anybody puts anything on Reddit of one of his cartoons, they somebody always links to an article where he asks that none of his work be shared on the internet. Oh, really? Hmm. Well, that's not going to happen. Well, I anybody I, with a scanner, it's a, it's a done deal, pal. I, I understand where he's coming from, but what kind of a Narcissistic cocker, you buddy. You know, like you, you had one of the most popular cartoons and 365 day calendars I've ever seen. <laughs> like, why would you like deprive the world of the, on the internet does to that have in, it? Does that include us talking about him right now? Is uh, the show suddenly going to go off the air? And- I don't know. That's right. I'm putting my whole 1995 Far Side calendar on a tumbler. Great Larson's <laughs> people are at the door. <laughs> It's Gary Trudeau. He's oh, got a no. baseball bat with a nail sticking out of it. We're going to get jumped by a bunch of... <laughs> it was all, all, that was the end of the beginning of the end for the farce. So that far side Doonesbury crossover comic ruined everything. <laughs> the Doon side. Bloom County. You ever, have you ever looked in the newspaper lately and read the comics? 
no. no, I did like six weeks ago. There's like nothing funny at all. It's all, it's all terrible. Isn't like Marmaduke still going strong though? I don't know even know. No, I think Marmaduke's out. Oh yeah, there was some like one panel cartoon. I was like, what the hell? What I don't the even hell is see this? It. Uh, the Boondocks, but uh, I don't know. That makes me feel real awkward. I don't like reading that one. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Because of the racial stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's angry at me. You get uh, white guilt. <laughs> it's angry at me. I feel like yeah. I'm listening to Public Enemy. <laughs> Yeah, what Mike? What would you say about public enemy, Mike? You didn't want to go to the concert because uh, no, you I've, felt like you were getting a history lecture. or something? No, 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 no. no. I, I've seen public enemy like six times. I, I always feel like I'm being yelled at by Chuck. Awesome D. when I saw them. Great. I don't dislike them. I, I sometimes though, every once in a while, like when I get deep into the albums, I'm like, why am I being yelled at by this guy? <laughs> I have an iPod. I'll just turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Yeah, chill out, dude. Fuck. I'm supporting you. Stop yelling at me. S1W is coming after you, man. Yeah, Professor Griff. That guy. That guy, speaking of racist. Mm. Well, there you go. There you go. Eat, yes. that, eat that, Griff. The S1Ws are currently organizing in Chuck D's basement in his mansion in Garden fucking City. Yeah. <laughs> Very cutting edge, that neighborhood. Is that he where he lives? In. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be uh, I mean, I'm not surprised. Call in to talk about race relations uh, in comic books and the rap world, 718-577-2716. If you have any car questions, too, uh, we'll take those. We're going to try. We'll try. That guy died, right, Pat? Yes, he yeah. did. We were, uh, that was a good show. I, I, was, I used to show. listen to The only place I listened to it was in your car. <laughs> car talk? Ironically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny, right? Yeah, it was good. I like that show. Yeah. What happened to that guy? He was just old? No, he had fucking Alzheimer's. Did, did the jack break? <laughs> he had Alzheimer's? Yeah. How long has this show been running for? Uh, well, I mean, he was he was still he was a young dude. I think he was only like 72. Was he was it? in his 70s, I know that. Oh, that's not like a young dude. That's that's a fucking, comparatively, yeah. yeah. I mean, like considering... Was Don he, Rickles? Was he still on Rickles. the show when he died? No, no, no. They they stopped broadcasting new episodes of the show in like because he's 20, like you're on boat talk. No, like, like no, like three, Something's like wrong. three, three years, three or four years ago, I think. And they've been rerunning episodes ever since then. Were those two guys brothers? Yes. That, yeah, they are. Okay, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Oh, that's sad. Mm. Yeah, no, it was drag. But uh, it was, I mean, it's funny that Boner hung himself, but it's sad that that guy died. Well, they did like. Yeah, a, where, where do you draw the line? It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird. That's a weird line to draw. <laughs> Let's see Boner change of. Fucking catalytic converter. They did like a uh, like a tribute episode there last week, with, and his uh, his brother was was actually like live doing it and going through his favorite memories of his brother and stuff like that. And they did a recurring bit called the um, the puzzler, and he always used to pretend that he couldn't remember the question from the prior week's puzzler. And uh, he goes, "Turns out he really couldn't remember the puzzler." Oh. I was like, "Oh man!" Did they actually <laughs> did they actually take like car calls and stuff on the tribute show? Like after he died, like like they're all crying and sad, and somebody's like, "So anyway, my Pinto, I got." The hubcap came yeah, off, no. and uh, so how far can I drive the... on a donut? No, it was just a, it was just a clip show. <laughs> Strip the pin. Him playing his favorite well, we can, we can moments of his brother. Yeah. Uh, sorry about your brother. Listen, I threw a ride. I got a '94 Honda Element. Is it bad if there's a pool underneath the car? Is that bad? Yeah. We threw a rod. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> uh, that kind of sucks. Mm. Feel bad for that guy. Old barrel ass. Oh, I, I was going to say, how do we know he's fat? He's, all, he's a radio star. All guys who sit on a chair and talk into a microphone are fat. I stand was, this. That's I stand why I stand. I was going to say, I stand one. this whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I never sit down. Keeps me keeps me limber over here. The other brother was heavier. Uh, a little later on the show, we'll have Spike from DRI, Larry Damore from Pegboy, and uh, Steve Albini from Pegboy. <laughs> he was? He was. He was. the. He did fill in on bass, I believe. Correct. 
I did my research. You're good. <laughs> Look at this guy. On an album or I'm pretty like, good. just live shows? No, just an EP. I, I didn't do that much research. <laughs> we got a moderator. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully he'll just take over the interview and I won't have to do any work. He's going to run the country. <laughs> Uh, do you know anything about... Where's my Jack's Taco, by the way, hairdo? Oh, fuck. Well, if you want to drive me home during the commercial break... You froze can... one for me? Uh-huh. I did. If, Like I said, if you want to drive me to my house, we can go get it. Hairdo went to... Uh, someone hairdo knows went to... Uh... Hairdo's girlfriend, you can say it. I didn't know if she wanted to be outed uh, smuggling tacos across the border. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the she way, brought home, like, what? 20 Jack's Tacos? 20 or more, and I ate eight in one sitting. Nice. <laughs> and I went into like a taco coma. I like, I like That's love. <laughs> you were taco-conic. I was, yeah, I was. I was, ta- I was like, I really overdid it. Uh, let me have that eighth one then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, phone's messed up, somebody's saying. Hmm. Try to call in, in again, Mr. King, please. We got more coming because hmm. my assistant is going home to California for uh, Christmas, and he's going to bring some back, he said. So, oh, I have yeah. money and a, a special container for him I'm to gonna, take. Oh, do you? Because I was going to give him a cooler, so uh, that's I, good. If you got something a little more sporty for the It's kind of like then. this. Okay, but, but bigger, right? Bigger, yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. Nice. All for right. those of you at home, there's something on the bar that resembles <clears> a <throat> cooler. <laughs> Uh, there we go. No, that's me. I'm I'm just testing the phones. The phones oh. are working on yeah, my end there. I tried it too. Sir. 718-577-2716 for yes. those of you. Need some help working your phone. Uh, Red Square, we are talking about Jacks in the Box tacos. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they we used to have two Jacks here, and they took them away from us, and now the closest one is uh, at least 500 miles away. So when uh, I was coming home from work and here, he sent me these pictures of tacos. It made me very jealous. Yeah, you got really pissed off. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how are you? Hi, how, how are, are you? you? Uh, how are how, how, how you doing? Good, how are you, sir? Great. Works great. Everything's fine. All right, who's calling, Good please? to know. Good to know. Great show, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Godspeed. Thanks hey. for calling. Just, just I... check it in. Thanks so much. Okay. <laughs> I didn't hey, know. I have a 1974 dart. <laughs> right? a weird sound. Is that... Uh... Where's the sound coming from, sir? Is it one of the push-button transmission ones? It's, uh... I threw you, didn't I? Caller hung up. He was supposed to describe the sound and like, make the sound for us so we knew what he was talking about, right? Isn't that how that show works? Yeah, it was a classic bit. Somebody's like, cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. Oh, well, I, I, never, I didn't want to say, Mr. King, you're on the air because I wasn't sure if he was going to call in in character or not. Oh, well. <laughs> he could have been any, any one of his. He's a man of many faces on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how we're not fat because we stand all night. <laughs> he could be, uh, you know, who knew, who knew else was calling? It could be Bill Clinton. Could be anybody. <laughs> so many characters. I'd rather Bill Crosby. Could be uh, what's his name? Uh, mean Gene. God damn it! The fucking what's his Orson Welles? Who knows? Could be anybody. Has Orson Welles called in? Uh, he hasn't. He's done. He's he's recorded some bits for us though. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Grandma. Pegging paws peas. Right, that guy. <laughs> so I didn't want to out Mr. King. He says the phones aren't working. He tries to call in. I tell him they are. He calls in, says nothing, and hangs up. <laughs> good. This is, this is, and it was brilliant. This is the show. Gonna hang myself in a park in Vancouver. <laughs> Why travel? Just do it local. Yeah, just go to Triangle Park on the corner. Yeah. I can't. They have it all uh, fenced off. 
Oh, I, I, I got a ride over here tonight. I didn't notice. Yeah, they're uh, they're digging up the sidewalk there. Wait, and- wait, do you mean that I'm going to have to walk an extra quarter of a block to go home? That's right. You this cannot is- cut through the park. Bullshit. Oh. Fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> fucking parks department getting in my fucking way. <laughs> That's it. Of the year. They're on the list, Mike? No, oh, they're totally on the list. I have a, I have a list, number 27, <laughs> parks department. This is the He's worst. joking. He just pulled a pad out of his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's writing this down. This is worse than uh, when they closed Nerd Bird Alley on us. That is that. That's another half a block I have to fucking walk. Yeah, we used to be able to cut through, uh, like take two blocks out of out of our trip between me and Hairdo's house. There was this little alley, and then some guy uh, took <laughs> took over the building and closed it down. <laughs> Explain to the people why it's called Nerd Bird Alley. <laughs> Somebody just took like a piece of chalk or a white spray paint and wrote Nerd Bird in huge words inside the alley and drew like an. Awkward looking like fucking uh, ostrich or something. And just wrote Nerd Bird. And we were like, so we named it Nerd Bird Alley. Yeah. And then, and then they just they closed it. That's, that's you know, usable space. It was a good alley to walk through. Bastard using his own property. It, the fucking, the thing is, it's not being used for anything. It's not. <laughs> it defending the it landlord. <laughs> it hasn't been filled by any real estate, though. It's just fenced off on both sides. Or it's got like a, a um, one of those store Gates, yeah, yeah one like, of those metal gates, rolled down gates, safety gates. You sell I, those? I'm pretty sure they just hump garbage into there. Yeah, I think they use it for storage. Like it's a, a an awning place, and they throw all their garbage and, and crappy awnings on the side. I saw it open one day, and I tried to cut through. But the, other, <laughs> <laughs> the other side, first of all, it was completely covered in shit, and the other side was closed, so I couldn't go through. I was like hoping I would see the other side lift up. I'm like, keep it open. You were just doing it, it for again. nostalgia's sake. You were climbing over garbage and stuff. I'm going to make it through Nerd Bird <laughs> Alley. I'm back, baby. I wanted to see if Nerdbird was still on the fucking wall. <laughs> I would have taken a picture of it. I, totally back is. then, we didn't have cameras in our pockets like we do now. So, yeah, oh, I'm getting in there tonight if it kills me. <laughs> That's it. I need a fucking 12 foot ladder, or maybe higher. Maybe give me like a 40 foot ladder, yeah, and, an extension. Yeah, all right. Yeah, or just you know, we, six guys can boost me. Whatever we got to do. We're getting, six guys. We're getting, Why are we fucking? I can't get three people to show up to the show. Where are we gonna find six guys? Come on, Chicago. I'm getting on brothers Karamazov. Look at the fuck are we yeah, going to we'll, do? Bunch of fucking acrobats. We'll gonna... carve it out of the wall like a fucking Banksy. We'll, we'll have like Carmine from Migliati boost you up on yeah. over. I, I want to get one of the Walendas to help me. We'll he get can, Spike he can from DRI. Rope. He can tightrope across that shit for me. <laughs> with his dunk. Tommy Rockstar stand on his shoulders. That's true. If he puts on his Frankenstein shoes, I'm good to go. <laughs> Wherever the hell he is. He texts me like 40 minutes ago, on my way. And you know on my way means like on my way out of the shower or whatever he's doing. He's on like, my way to the bathroom. You know, the, <laughs> yeah, the, you know, it's built in. You're a built in liar when you're always late. It just comes naturally to you. Yeah, I, I, I can't really hang with that. You know, he just, he'll just make it. A, I'm, I'm on my way. I, I, I'm, I used to work with a guy like that. Even if he was a block... From a, he would just all right. Say he was on 170th Street. He would say he would was on 168th. Just to like it makes no difference in the timeline of the day. Yeah, just fucking get there. You just have to lie about how far away we are. <laughs> we're late. That's it. Yeah, we're already late. The lie and you was just, inconsequential. You but just stop to text or call me. Yeah, thus making you later, making me later. This is horse shit. Fuck. God damn it. Sick of this crap. How are you, Ryan? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I went through all my notes. Oh, you had notes? No. Oh. Well. I wrote phone, beer, 
I need I need both those things charged up before I go on the air. Yeah, I, <laughs> I gotta charge up my beers. I just have a picture of Spike from DRI and, and Larry and Steve Alvini on my on my desk. That's all I have. <laughs> I drew I drew them on stage. Oddly enough, they're uh, next to a Far Side like <laughs> a day calendar. They're playing in a, a Superman supergroup in my picture that I drew here. Those are my notes. <laughs> what are they called? Uh, like um, oh, what the hell is the name of that? Savage Animal. <laughs> damn Yankees uh, Yeah Damn Yankees with uh, Ted Nugent And the guy from fucking what's, What was that stupid band? Sticks Sticks was he? Oh yeah Night Ranger Sticks, Night Ranger That was fucked Brad Gillis right? Well, he Brad wasn't Gillis. in Sticks no. was he? Or was Brad Gillis in it? Brad Gillis was in uh, He was in Night Ranger yeah, Wasn't there a dude from Bad Company in it too? No it was Tommy Shaw Tommy Shaw was in, in Damn Yankees? Jack Blades Oh, Jack Blades is who I'm thinking of. Jack Blades. <laughs> birth Nuge. name. Uncle Ted. <laughs> birth name. Please, call me Jack. Mr. Blades is my father. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brad Gillis did play with Ozzy after Randy Rhodes passed away. That is mm-hmm. correct. Yes, he did. He, I think he did the Speak of a Diary of a Madman tour or whatever. I'm not sure. I have the records right here. I could look it up if I really wanted to. I guess you have the internet, and I don't have to thumb through LPs anymore. Well, but he didn't. He didn't play on any albums. He just did the tour. Oh, I think maybe he did a live record though. Well, isn't uh, Speak of the Devil a live record? I think he is on the live record. Yeah. yeah. No, that. Ultimate Sin's the live record. No, right? Ultimate Sin no, had that's way later. Lee, and that was '86. Way later. Wow. That's you're the... way off, pal. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, someone on the chat box. Oh, it's probably Carlin Reed because it's it's just a bunch of letters. Uh, talk of the Devil live LP, Speak of the Devil in the U.S. Huh. Hmm, that's interesting. They that's call it Talk of Where's the Devil. Where's Woody? Fuzzbob got that, too. Thank you, Fuzzbob. Holy shit, it's cold in here. Talk of yeah, the Devil. fucking bullshit. <laughs> they don't like to speak in England? I gotta do fucking exercises to keep warm. There's some fucking asshole sitting in a, on a board in a boardroom going, let's name it Talk of the Devil in England. Like, what the fuck? That's your job. Really? Fuck you. I, I never heard that. Maybe he's pulling Not the boardroom guy, but I meant the Talk of the Devil. Maybe he's pulling my leg. Who knows? I got a leg you can pull. <laughs> so how are you, Ryan? <laughs> Not too good. Why? What happened? I got I got pinched today. I got pulled over. Again? Really? Yep. Again. You, you're having a fucking bad time. Last week rough, you got into I'm a, having a, rough time with the a car accident, and this week uh, yeah. you got pulled over. I, I'm cruising along on uh, Division Street up in Peekskill. Right. And, uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they call it up there. And uh, okay. I pull up to a light, and then a cop pulls behind me, and the lights go on. Like what the fuck is this? And he says, "Oh, you were going fifty and a 30. I was like, "God, Jesus Christ!" And he gives me a ticket, and I said, "Am I going to get points on my license?" And he said, "Probably." Mm, so nice I, guy. Between last week and tonight, I'm never going to be insured again. So thanks. Dick. I'm depressed. The, the Geico yeah. uh, Geico Gecko is at your fucking door <laughs> <laughs> with papers for you to sign. Like, you better get out of here, man. You better yeah. fucking pay up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking like it. <laughs> I know I appear all cuddly in a commercial. I'm fucking pissed, mate. Right. Goldeneye. He's got a Gold, fucking chain. Goldfinger, uh, to live and let die. Um, Dino of the day. Tom Drucker does the voice light. of the lizard. Um, Thunder, Thunderball. Um, Moonraker. I never knew that. <laughs> you got your car back? No, it's at the shop now. I got a rental car. I was doing oh. 50 on my feet. What kind yeah, of car they like give nothing. you? Going like fifty, it feels like you're just cruising along. It doesn't. Uh, oh yeah, in a new car, you don't feel it. Yeah, it's a yeah, Chevy Captiva. I've never <laughs> heard of that before. It's like an artificial sweetener. Yeah. I've never heard of that in my life. That's exactly. It sounds like something you put in your coffee. Like, what the fuck is this thing? It's diet uh, Coke like Plus with it looks Captiva. Like a giant blue roller skate. It's horrible looking. 
The whole boardroom got together. Let's call it the Captiva. Yeah. Why? Because the hatch is so big, you could fucking murder a prostitute and hold her captive in it. And we're going to call it... You could kidnap three people. We're going to call it Talk with the Devil. <laughs> Fuck you! Sharon! Right, in Europe it's called Impound Diva. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meet the Beatles. We've already met them. And we didn't like them. All right. With the Beatles. You fuck. <laughs> they came out there first. Right? Right, calm yeah, calm down. <laughs> Meet this. That boardroom is really hostile. Over Very hostile. Uh, Very hostile. Record oh, really? <laughs> yeah, God. it's cutthroat industry. I wonder if people are so upset about the record industry. Yeah. <laughs> These guys seem like real fucking hard-ons. <laughs> the problem with music. Get down from them <laughs> rafters, you hard-ons. We'll be getting to that. No, we won't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so what else is new? I should have worn two pairs of socks. I got pulled over for a crack in my windscreen. And your, your windscreen? Yeah. We're getting caught a fucking windscreen. And I got a windshield. Windshield. Sorry, windshield. Were you in the car park? in my windshield. <laughs> and they fucking got me for the, uh, uh, my fucking inspection had just inspired the day before, too. I was like, you got to be fucking shitting me. Uh, Ding me like for the, both of them. That's $193 for, them for one. Oh. And a hundred and fucking eighty for the other. Where was this? In fucking faggot ass Nassau oh, County. Oh come on! Don't fucking say those words dump. on the show. <laughs> Shit house fucking losers. You I heard apologize, me. Apologize, everybody. Nassau County can suck all the dicks. Well, the, wor- the worst except part for the is, Islanders. The worst part is that I gave him my uh, my my cousin's a copy. He gave me one of those get out of jail uh, cards uh, and. Uh, I gave it to the officer. He's like, "This is expired." And he just like threw it back at me. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, they don't. They don't care if you're outside of the five right. boroughs. They don't give but a fuck about that. But then when he gave yeah. me after he gave me the ticket, Good. he said, "Who do you know that's on the force?" And I said, "My cousin." He goes, "All right, uh, here's what you do. Just uh, give him a call and ask him what to do." And he kept tapping where it says "not guilty" on the ticket. He's like, "He'll tell you what to do. Don't worry about it." You basically, and, show up to court, and I'm not going to show up. That's what he's saying. I think that's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll see you in a year and a half. I have no idea what that meant. So I think in a year and a half from now, I'm going to get in trouble again. I'm watching you, Collison. <laughs> <laughs> when you, when you turn 45, I'm coming after you, you prick. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hey, Tommy. Hi, how Tommy. you doing? Put that windscreen on your microphone, please. <laughs> okay, you got it. Or just shove it directly into your mouth, whatever you prefer. There's a crack on that windscreen. Cut out the middle, man. Um... First of all, I'm not late. I'm fashionably late. <laughs> right. no, Tommy not. was it's obviously not, listening to it. There's no fashionably late. Being late is rude. Hey. Yeah. Second of all, I've been sitting in the LIE in a parking lot for 30 minutes. All right? It's a car so, park, asshole. You're, you're, the, you're, you're the parachute <laughs> pants if you're not late. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I can totally relate. I was upstate a couple weeks ago, and I got pulled over for the dumbest thing. They gave me a ticket on the New York State Thruway. <laughs> Driving? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had a hole cut out in the top. Oh, his head was sticking out of it. I had to go to the police station with you to get this ticket resolved. Remember that? Yes, we went together. But uh, no, they gave me a ticket for the little tiny light bulb above my license plate being out. Isn't that garbage? Oh, sorry. Whoops. That's breaking news. <laughs> the light, the light above your license plate. Yeah, yeah. A little bulb. I've never heard of that. One. Right, but yeah, meanwhile, I see people driving around with these uh, lenses on their license plate that are darker than sunglasses. I don't know yeah. how they get away with mm-hmm. that. How is yeah. that legal? It's, well, not. it's Ray Charles's car. I also got a ticket for for having the tints on my window and a yeah. uh, alcohol stop in Williamsburg. The guy was like, "Oh, you're sober, but wait a minute." And he hold, he took out like a tool and he put yeah. it on the. Yeah, they have like a light yeah. meter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why remember. do you have tinted windows? Because I told them it's factory. The car was Oh, really? Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. In New York, uh, it's uh, some kind of fucked up tinted windows. Yeah. Lost. But uh, the, the ticket for the light. Uh, the, did, did you get it taken care of? Yeah, I got it taken care of. You just, you know, you basically bring it to a mechanic and they uh, they fix it. Does anybody have radar detectors anymore? Is that even legal? So. 
Yeah, apps uh, for that. Know. You don't even need it. Waze on the That'd iPhone be... does it all. Waze told me that the cop was hiding by the park on. Uh, Right, right. That works? That's, that's legit? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, well, I know what I'm installing after this. <laughs> well, no, it's other, it's user, you know, generated, so other right. people will, will, will tip you off. Or you got to be the first guy to <laughs> give the graces to everybody else. Right. Well, I just got nailed. But there's even, they have apps now, they have, they have radar detectors that will, that go, um, that uh, pair with your phone via Bluetooth. Right. And will speak through your stereo. I have one of those. Oh, really? And warn you, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I can't sit there trying to, uh, Pay attention to ways while I'm driving. Oh no, it's just busy playing Scrabble. No, no, it speaks to you through the. the, (laughs) (laughs) Too busy playing Scrabble to pay attention to ways. That kind of time. I know that feeling. Doing fifty and a thirty. That's a word, you motherfucker. Like me and Facebook. I know. I know that feeling. Wasn't texting while I was driving. I was playing playing words with friends, (laughs) officer. Yeah, someone was asking me about that. Uh, You know, if you're looking at a map, they're like, "That's not illegal." Yes, it is. You're looking at your phone. Yeah, they'll say all the same shit. The law is you're not supposed to be touching your phone at all. Mm, right. You know, I was I was navigating. It doesn't I, I, matter. I actually had to drive upstate not too long ago myself, and I had to use the fucking map because I don't know where the hell I'm going up there. And uh, I, I swear to God, I couldn't hear the fucking lady. So I <laughs> didn't was the having... prison bus driver know where to go? <laughs> no, he asked me to. He said, "Hold my phone," and you know, I did it for him. And sure enough, they gave me another ticket while as soon as I got into jail. Sons of bitches. <laughs> my brother, my brother got pulled over for a Z cigarette. They accused him of being on his phone. He's like, "What are you talking about? Really? What? He had uh, one of those things? One of those big square badge? They're good. He's got a square <laughs> box. Square yeah. badge. <laughs> I don't know why I said square badge. There was a, there was an auxiliary cop block in my driveway today, and I almost I almost put a note on his on his window that said, "Hey, square badge, fuck <laughs> off." <laughs> but he but actually when, but by the time I went to go do it, he was gone. So. That'd be funny, Tommy, if you got like a really dumb cop who uh, he's like, "Hey, your your window tint is too dark." And then you're like, no, it's not. And he takes his billy club and smashes it. Well, it is now. Yeah. And you're like, wait. Oh, now I have to take the ticket away because you don't have tinted windows anymore. What is this, Porky's? <laughs> yeah, it is now. Looks like you got a taillight out. But actually, speaking on what Pat was saying. Oh, New York plates. Mr. City. But everybody has them here. What are you talking about? Oh, God. I'm picturing Tommy driving oh, the Oh, Mr. Truck. New York City. This is Brooklyn. <laughs> actually, Big speak- city fancy boy. Speaking on what Looks Pat- like we got a wise guy. Pat was saying, <laughs> so your brother got pulled over for having like an, uh, a vape, basically, right? Yeah. So when I was 18. Smoking machine. Joe Latex and I decided to drop acid. and I got Only I'm allowed to make fun of my father, you fuck face. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's a real fine line. We, we just trip we just trip balls as kids, and I got behind the wheel and started driving, and I got pulled over. Good idea. <laughs> the Dude, nerve. You're, you're, a, you're a mental, like, you're mentally, like, challenged in the sense that, hold on, I didn't mean it like that. I meant, like, you always have a lot going on. You meant it in a good way. I, 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 no, 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 but I didn't mean it like that you're, you're not slow, but I meant you have a lot going on in that right. noodle of yours. <laughs> I think the last person is to trip balls. You yeah. have flashbacks where you start seeing like uh, bugs and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I just dropped the spider on a fishing line in front of Tommy's face again. again. He jumped out of his seat. Two weeks after Halloween. <laughs> oh, three weeks. Um, it's no. the Thanksgiving spider. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. No, I was 18. I haven't tripped since tw- for 20 years. I haven't done acid in a long, long, long time. <laughs> okay. But uh, I was really just tripping balls. And Joe and I were driving around. And I got pulled over. And uh, the reason they pulled me over because I was drinking an Arizona iced tea bottle and they thought I was boozing. So mm-hmm. the, the, the guy comes over and he puts the light in my eyes. No, you know? no, no. You got it all wrong. I'm tripping. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and he's just, he's just trying to get me, you know, and he's looking at my eyes. They're all dilated. But all I can do is focus on his uh, red and blue lights in the rearview mirror, just right. gazing, you know. Dude. I feel like I'm in a rave, bro. <laughs> I got out of it, though. You got out of it? Yeah. How? 
He just fucking looked at me. He was like, "You weren't. You're not drunk." So get he out. dosed him. He gave you a breathalyzer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like the time when I got pulled over for eating tacos. <laughs> are, you, are you always doing everything but driving? <laughs> Drive. you know, it's the one. It's a singular focus. You know, fucking. Game. You know why I pulled you over? Because I was taking a shower. That's right. <laughs> I was in the car with Tommy one time, and he started recreating the story of how he almost got into an accident, and he starts doing it right. with the right. steering wheel while we're flying down the highway. I'm like, dude. He's like, and then we went like this. Word, word. I'm like, <laughs> exactly. Right. And we almost went into like oncoming traffic, hit the fucking divider. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Is there any truth to the why you're driving like an asshole story? That is actually a very true story. Do you know? Should I tell it yeah, or you, you want you to tell it? You tell it. So uh, uh, Gallagher and Tom and Joe. Uh, are, and Joe are out in the road. And Tommy, Tommy, they had this, Tommy would always put his seat all the way back. Mm. And he'd he's lean nine his feet, head back. Nine foot two. Yeah. But they're, they're out in the road and they're driving in the south. And, and Tom starts nodding off. And they start bitching at him to put the fucking, they, they had captain chairs in this particular right. van. Right, right. And so he has it extended all the way back. And he's leaning all the way back. And he starts dozing off and drifting out of his lane. And they all start yelling at him. They're like, stop driving like a fucking asshole. Yeah. One by right. one. And, right, and they're like, put the seat up. And he's like, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm good. And they're like, no, stop driving like a fucking asshole. And again, he fucking nods off and weaves out of the lane. Tom, stop driving like a fucking asshole. Next thing. Fucking. Yeah, exactly. They get pulled over, right? And the state trooper gets out of the car and he walks up to the side window and he goes, son, why are you driving like an asshole? <laughs> True story. Uh, what you, what, what'd you get a ticket for? Driving like an <laughs> asshole? That's what it says <laughs> on Georgia, that. Macon, Georgia. That's a checkbox, actually. <laughs> Gallagher and Joe just looked at each other like, hands up. Like, we told you. We, I know. That's what we've been telling them. <laughs> he fucking sold you out instantly. Yep. No, but when I got pulled over for eating tacos, that was when... Uh, <laughs> driving while intoxicated. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I only had two tacos with dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was me and Tony Lynn. And I was drinking a case of beer. I only had two tacos. I was, with a case I was drinking a case of beer. <laughs> I was drinking a case of beer. I only had two tacos with no, that no, case no. of beer. What are you talking about? It was it was me and Tony Lynn and uh, Dave Westron and Alana, and we were all going to San Loco, and then I had taken my food to go. Tron, bro, <laughs> and. We, we were driving down Delancey Street, and uh, I was eating tacos out of my lap while we were about to get on the Williamsburg Bridge, and I got pulled over. And the cop comes over, and he's like, uh, you know, how many have you had? And I was like, I don't know, a couple? <laughs> 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 and I was like, what? And he's like, get out of the car. And I'm like, what? And he puts me up against the back of the car, and he gives me a breathalyzer, and I fucking blow like zero zero point zero zero zero. Wait, let me get the taco on. <laughs> Hold on, wait, I didn't get You're off the, the map. <laughs> and he starts freaking out that like nothing's blowing, so he... He orders. He gets another one and he gives me a second breathalyzer. It's zero zero point zero zero. And it's like, get out of That's here. A, yeah, right. It says you're mild, hot, fire, <laughs> stupid sauce. How many did you have? A couple. A couple. <laughs> Fuck's it to you. <laughs> Fuck do you care, fat boy? Just mind your business. Have as many goddamn tacos you, as I want. You want one? <laughs> Jealous? Hands a taco out the window. Psych. To the Are you bribing me, son? <laughs> It was like that. Just like I don't that. take payments in tacos, sir. I love car talk. I wish I got paid in gum. <laughs> My taco music. Ah, Jack in the Box, I love you.
<laughs> Quesadilla. <laughs> what do you think? We should t- think we should take a break, Mike? Yeah, I think sure. that's a good idea. And when we come back at 9 o'clock, we'll be talking to Spike Cassidy of DRI. And we'll have some new music, actually. Some snippets, rough yes. mixes of their new EP that's coming out. That's nice! Right. Little snippets of brand new DRI. The first music in, I believe, almost 20 years. That's correct. 19 oh. or so years. So, And we look forward to that. Hopefully, uh, there are some DRI fans listening, and we'll uh, get a sneak peek at these new songs. I'm listening. What do you think? I'm right here. Yeah. I'm right here. I'm a DRI fan as well. I can't wait to hear. I hope it sounds like DRI and it's not like Jazz Odyssey or something. (laughs) (laughs) The puppet show's supposed to go after us, mate. It's not just like, uh, you know, keyboard interludes. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to sound like thrash metal. You don't play Jazz Odyssey in front of a festival crowd. (laughs) (laughs) DRI, Ro, Gyra. Uh, <laughs> you got music or you want to do it? I uh, got yeah, it. We'll be back after this. Is that a 1977 Travis Bean TB1000S in your pants? Or are you just listening to Live from the Barrage podcast? Knowing this audience? Probably both. Live from the Barrage, every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Livestream.com.
Talk. This is uh, that was stolen a while by minutes. Welcome back to live from the barrage. Uh, hopefully, be, we'll be talking to Spike from DRI in a second. I just took a slug of bourbon. The Buffalo Trace is still around, so only thank you. Oh no, I think uh, Joel Frost brought that. Joe Latex. Oh, Joe Latex. Thank you, Joe Latex. Uh, that's good stuff. That'll warm me up, baby. It'll warm me up nice and Buffalo good. Trace is my favorite Nana Cherry song. The Buffalo Trace. Put it back in your face. If you get each guest to bring a bottle of Buffalo <laughs> Trace every time the show. Well, works. that's the whole scam of my Christmas party, <laughs> is that everyone brings a bottle of whiskey, then I have whiskey till like the summertime. It's I actually great. got something really special cranking for that Christmas party. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Surprise? Surprise. Big oh, surprise. Big surprise. Big. By the way, if you're listening and you're not invited to the Christmas party, uh, please ignore me. There's no <laughs> such thing. It takes place on... Uh, January 2nd. Pat, I won't be at your house for New Year's Eve. Why? What are you doing? Uh, I'm going to spend New Year's Eve with my kids. I think they're old enough, and uh, that's been the discussion. If they're old enough, bring them. Yeah, I'd bring them. Yeah. They're old enough to party? Throw a couple of beers in those brats. Yeah. Absinthe, whatever you call that stuff. <laughs> no absinthe fountain this year. I don't Sugar think so. cubes. <laughs> you have Bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we woke up, everyone was married. It was terrible. I bought an ice machine. Getting sick of this lack of ice. You bought an ice machine? Like a yeah. hotel-style ice machine? No, like an undercounter ice machine, so I'm extending the bar. Nice. No, so the bar is going to be longer. How's that going to work with the uh, stone? you going to replace the marble? You're I'm going gonna... to I'm gonna have to replace the top piece and one piece on oh. the edge. I was going to say, gonna re- you don't seem like what? the kind of guy who would want to put a seam in there. I'm going to reuse them. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to put the... I'm going to put the one that's currently the bar top downstairs. I'm going to put that upstairs because I did want to extend that, so there's a bit of an overhang. Uh-huh. And the uh, the short piece I'm going to use in that little alcove to the right of my television. We're talking home talk with Pat Walsh. You yeah, that's you right. You should get Pat. What? Get one of those tabletop arcade games. You see, you see him <laughs> buys like asteroids. Or I thought you were going to say a wife. Yeah, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> That'll be a good idea, too. That'll be the end of your bar. <laughs> Texted text Greg one time, hey, I got a pool table. He's like, get a girlfriend. <laughs> well, <laughs> like the... Um, the uh, arcade games you used to sit at, like two right. two people could sit on e- either side and play uh, Breakout or whatever. It was. Oh, yeah. Asteroids. So the kids could play there while their dad's getting hammered at the bar. Right, and that's and what I used to. Okay. We used to play that yeah, when we were tabletops. waiting for a table at I Lenny's miss- Clam Bar. Right. I miss this. I'll have a Shirley Temple, please. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> 1982 was a great year. Miss yeah. Pac-Man, baby. That was the beginning and the end. Those Shirley Temples. Once you, you know, that's bad. Once you, your parents try to get you used to drinking, it's a bad move. It's not I, cool. I used to go to the Five Corners pub with my father back in the day, and the, oh, yeah? and the girls would give me Andy's candies. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love those after dinner mints. My mom used to love those. <laughs> Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, is this Spike? Yes, it is. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. Spike, what's up, my man? How's it going, Mike? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? Pretty good. Wow, sound- Hanging in there. It's a little cold over here. It's like 60 degrees and freezing my ass off. <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> We're freezing our asses off in a garage. Screw in you. It's like 30 <laughs> degrees in here. <laughs> Where are you calling from, uh, Spike? California? Yeah, I'm in California. 
I mean, that you live there now, is that correct? Correct. I live in uh, the Bay Area or the Northern Bay Area. And you guys, all, you all live in different spots all over the country. How does that work? Uh, well, you know, we, we kind of just uh, dispersed and went back to where we came from after uh, spending about 20-something years in San Francisco. Kurt went back to uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, let's see, our drummer went back to Florida, and I wound up moving up to Washington and just uh, to get my foot into a house like where I could actually pay a, a mortgage rather than rent in California. Right. I didn't move back to New York. I just, uh, it was it's too cold there. So <laughs> I just said, you know, I, I, I need to uh, find a house that I can actually uh, buy and pay a mortgage on it and stop paying rent. And I had a, a family, I had a kid and everything, so I, I had to start looking out for my, the future of my son. And, right. and uh, I had to buy a house, so I went up to Washington, and like one of the only places in this area that I could afford to buy a house. Nice. And so you live there now with, with your fiancé, am I correct? Right, so now I moved back from Washington, to back to California, um, and um, kind of in like uh, the uh, Napa area or whatever. It's like Northern California or Northern Bay Area. Uh, are you a wine drinker? No, not at all. Never was. <laughs> Beer? Even when I drank alcohol, which I don't anymore, right. I, I, I never really liked wine. I don't know what it was about wine. Yeah. Well, I actually that that one of my one of my silly questions was: Am I am I correct in saying that the last beer you had or and or enjoyed was with me in Mexico? Is that correct? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Last beer I enjoyed. I tried drinking. I think two since then, and they both were. They tasted okay, but within three or four minutes, I began to have a, a intense migraine headache, and it basically just made me sick. Oh man, that sucks. Uh, well, I guess it's good though; better for your health in that sense. How is your health? It is good. Um, you know, besides the, having to deal with things like I can't drink alcohol anymore, um, and and you know the, the other weird side effects about eating certain times and and having to watch my diet, I guess, or and what I eat and when I eat, everything is fine with that. You know, I'm done with the cancer. It's it's basically can't come back where it was. Wow, nice. Uh, which is a good thing, you know. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I guess I can get cancer in the brain or something next, but uh, I don't have to worry about it coming back to where I had it, and I just have to deal with, I guess, uh, the side effects now and, and the new medical issues that pop up from having uh, cancer or whatever and taking, uh, like, antibiotics that were, they're called the big dog antibiotics, and they wind up giving me, like, uh, tendinitis and stuff like that I have to deal with now. Yeah. So, but you're cancer-free. That's great news, man. That's awesome. Yeah, cancer-free. Um, that's all gone. And all in the past history or whatever, I'm still trying to, to pay it off and, and pay off the medical bills from that. But uh, right. so the this cancer's would be a- gone. I'm in remission. It can't come back. It's where it was, and that's all good. And like I said, now I just deal with, I, got, I get tendonitis in my Fret hand, my left hand, which is horrible because uh, you know playing guitar—that's yeah. the fingers that need to move—and it winds up like my middle finger it either locks in a straight position or locks in a bent position, and kind of makes it hard to play guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could and the tendonitis that could like come on at any time, or do you uh, stay off the medication before you play before you go on tour? Uh, it's it's something that I. It, came on strong out of nowhere like about a year ago and it kept me from playing guitar at all for about seven months and then since then i went to rehab and and been 
working with it, uh, and it's been getting better and better ever since. I I used to wake up and and the finger was bent and I couldn't move it, and it took all day, you know, or, or hours to to straighten it out and get it working again. But that doesn't happen anymore. Um, it just gets stiff once in a while, and usually after I've been playing a lot and then stop all of a sudden, it kind of gets stiff and I have to loosen it up and 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 whatnot. But it, it's it's I guess it's becoming a thing of the past too. It's going away. It's getting better, and that's great. And now uh, that that's going away, I'm dealing with uh, kidney stones. That's my next thing. Uh-huh. Is that from the medication? A little more fun. Kidney stones. Oh. Is that is that from the medication? Uh, it's probably more of a diet thing. Um, since I, I had my large intestine removed, they say you know, uh, just pick up the uh, intake of salt. So I probably have these uh, uh, sodium kidney stones growing in there, and they once in a while want to come out, and it's it's fun. Oh yeah, my dad had those, and. Uh... He was he 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 would never complain about anything, and uh, he complained about that because that's, that's like the supposedly the worst thing ever. You don't pa- think any less of them for that because man, they can really be a pain in the ass or yeah, pain I had, in the dick. I had one once, and it, I ended up passing it. Ugh. They were going to put me in like one of those sonic uh, sonic boom tubs or whatever. Yeah, they, they blast up- it with sonic uh, waves or something, right? And they yeah. break up those stones. And, uh, in the hospital or, or whatever they want to. Yeah, I guess it was a hospital. I guess uh, at the beginning of the year, or, or I don't know, eight nine months ago or whatever, and they went in and and blasted one apart because it was just too big to come out, and they said you're gonna really have a problem problem passing that one. So oh, I can't imagine. I can't. There's imagine. a bunch more in there, but they're, they're kind of small. So have fun with those. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> that sucks. Um, actually, you mentioned you know you're now in your California, but uh, if, just for the audience, unfortunately, a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you, me and you have talked many times on the road, but I know a lot of these. But can you explain to the audience how did you end up? Because you're from Long Island, how did you end up from Long Island into Texas? Because this is a good story, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess good question. Um, let's see, I. I... My parents broke up when I was a kid or whatever, and uh, they separated. I was living with my dad, and so was my sister. Uh, and she wound up uh, hightailing it to Texas for some reason or another. That, and and she was there maybe a couple of years, and then I was living with my dad, you know, still. And then he said, you know, I'm going to move to Texas and spend some time with your sister. And I was left alone in. New York, uh, on Long Island by myself. And, uh, you know, I was probably 17, 18 years old or so, and uh, got in a lot of trouble. Well, you know, I, I didn't have a, a steady job. I was still going to school and, or just out of school. And, and what, wasn't it? I shouldn't have been left alone there, but, uh, you know, I, I, I got in trouble. I got. Uh, to the point where, okay, it's, I have to go to Texas, too, because I, I need a place to live. And I went down there, too, and started uh, work, like, the next day I got there. And after a while, I started going to shows in Texas at a place called The Island, which was, uh, you know, the punk bar there, and another place called The Omni. And just seeing, you know, bands like Black Flag and Minor Threat and whatever come through, and, and I ran into... Um, uh, some other guys that were doing the same thing that were there going to the shows. Actually, I had a roommate that um, they ran into and and 
got his phone number and wound up calling my roommate and saying, you know, uh, hey, we, we talked at uh, we talked at the Nami or the Island last week and said, you know, uh, you play guitar and we thought maybe we could get together and jam or something. And I was like, uh, well, that guy moved back to New York and. Uh, uh, I don't know anybody that plays guitar, even though I did. I was like, uh, you know, bring me on by. And they, they wind up just keeping me on the phone and, you know, saying, you know, I like this band and that band. And I was like, yeah, same with me. And eventually I was like, okay, yeah, I play guitar. Let's get together and we'll, we'll you know, jam and have a practice or whatever. And that was the beginning of DRI. That's fucking awesome. I, what, was the, what was the original name of DRI? Did you have like a, a different name, like DRI the USA Beatles. or something? <laughs> It was when we first uh, started, we called ourselves um, Us DRI, which meant Us Dirty Rot Nimbusols, US DRI or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't because there was like a European DRI and you had to differentiate yourself. Like, you know, people get they're like, hey, man, that's my band name. And then you have to be like DRI Texas or something. <laughs> we became the new originals. <laughs> right. People thought that and uh, we wound up dropping it probably because of that. And we actually almost became a BLM, bunch of morons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, that I didn't know. That's the name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was one of the things that uh, Kurt's dad, who's the madman who named us the Dirty Rotten Imposals, used to call us. You know, he'd come home from work and say, you bunch of morons, get the hell out of my house. Right. You, you know, you Dirty Rotten Imposals, what are you doing here? Well, I remember. And so it was like toss-up bunch of minds, dirty rotten imbeciles, and we went with DRI. Good, good choice. I remember sitting in Mike's, in Hairdo's house, listening to the, you know, those albums, and that's what, the, those those skits where, you know, Kurt's dad would come down the stairs and yell at you guys for playing. Well, that's what, I was going to ask you, like, was, you know, Kurt's dad, that, that's really, like, a legit recording, is that correct, with Kurt's dad yelling at you, telling him to get the fuck out of your house, I've been home for four hours and all that stuff? Yeah, that's completely legit and uh, live and, and as real as it gets. The that's only awesome. thing that we did with that recording was the banging on the door. We we simulated that ourselves because you couldn't really tell that he was, like, banging to get in, you know. <laughs> the jam room door was so insulated, you, can't, you couldn't really hear him banging on it. So we were like, we wanted to emphasize that, you know, he was on the other side of the door trying to get in and slamming the door when he left, you know? that Because I, I think about that, and he's like, I don't even know who the hell this guy is. And then Kurt's like, that's Spike. That's our guitar player. And you hear like, Meh. like that cracks me up every time. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's a big thing for us. Everybody asks about that all the time. Like, is that Madman thing real? Everybody thinks like we staged it or made it up or something like that. Like, but no. That's real. Nice. <laughs> I, was, now, Kurt's dad, I mean, I, I know he's passed away since then, but uh, it was Kurt's dad really a tough son of a bitch, or was he just kind of aggravated with the loud noise coming out of his bedroom? He, uh, he was, you know, he went both ways. He, he was nice to us on occasion and, and would be really cool, and then he would just, you know, be in a bad mood most of the time. And, 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 and you can't blame him, you know. He comes home to relax, just like he said. I don't want to hear this crap. I don't want these dummies in my house. Get the hell out of here, you know. This is my house. Are you saying, own house. Are you saying DRI isn't relaxing music? <laughs> he definitely didn't think so. <laughs> he didn't share that opinion. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Where, oh, go ahead, John. What's going on now? You guys are uh, you guys going on tour uh, in the U.S. Right? We've been on tour, I guess, straight since uh, we started back up. I guess in 2009, after we took a little hiatus from my uh, cancer, uh, we've been going straight. I guess the whole time since the end of 2009. I had mentioned 
we took like a, a break about seven months off when I had to deal with the tendonitis. I had a couple uh, surgeries because my cancer came back after we started back up, and I had to have uh, uh, my large intestine removed and then put back together a couple times and had uh, a blockage at one time. And so we've been trying to go since we started back up, but uh, it hasn't been easy. But when I'm not in the hospital and not rehabilitating and, and able to play, we've been going straight basically the whole time. We try to take off maybe a, you know, a month around Christmas or so, but besides that, we keep pretty active. And we've been touring all over the United States, all over Europe. Um, we go down to South America and Mexico. We've just recently gone to uh, Australia and New Zealand, and it's been like the first time back in Australia since 1987, and the first time we've ever played New Zealand at all. And that was at the beginning of this year. Right. And, uh, you know, we're trying to just uh, keep going and going and going. You know, that's all we have. We don't, haven't been putting out records and anything since 96, I think it was. I thought it was 95. And, uh, what do I know? Yeah, that's all we have is touring, and so we do it as much as we can. Would you mind if I plug the uh, Spike Cassidy Cancer Relief Fund? Is that okay with you? Yeah, that, that's fine. It's, it's all um, uh, coming to an end. Like I said, uh, uh, the cancer's gone. I just have to pay the bills. And basically, I've uh, spent all my, my savings and, and paid off the bills, and now I just have to kind of uh, try to keep afloat. Right. We haven't so, talked about uh, this. I don't, I don't think wanna... it's going to carry on for too much longer, but it's still there, and we still appreciate um, people helping out and donating when they do. Right. If you want to donate, you can go to SpikeCassidy.com. I haven't talked about this with Spike, so I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable here. But the, if you go to SpikeCassidy.com, you'll see a PayPal link, and you could donate to his uh, relief fund if you would like to. Yeah, that's all cool, man, and I appreciate that. Spike, what I want to know is what what's it like touring with hairdo? <laughs> hairdo is awesome. I I don't know, like anything that needs to be done, and he he's on it. He'll do it. Like the worst jobs, you know, he he's got no problem with uh, taking it taking it on and and doing it. He's uh he's good to have with you, and like if so be it, like. We were going over to Czechoslovakia to play a, a festival, and I wind up getting sick and not being able to go. The day of the show, I'm, I'm at the airport and I have to turn around and go home. There he is. He's up there on stage playing bass and filling in, and it's awesome. Go figure. Yeah, that was pretty awesome, actually. I got to play in front of thousands of people, and you know, with, yeah, with little little to no practice. I've known Mike since high school, and if you if, you know that that that's. You guys made his dream come true right there, I'm sure. It's one of the best photos I've ever seen of him playing in front of Prague. He, wa he wasn't plugged in. That's what Harold told me. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys all get along on tour now. You've been a band for like 33 years or, or you know, or with this lineup, I don't know, you know, maybe almost 20 with uh, Harold, right? It's got to be a long time. Is yeah, I think Harold uh, was 98. Yeah, wow. Social Chaos Tour, right in the middle of that, Harold joined up, so that was 98. Right, so Harold's been in the band since 98, and you guys haven't recorded one new song. <laughs> How does he feel about that? <laughs> Is he like, does he want to record? He's like, hey, man, let's let's do some stuff. I know you guys have new stuff now, but... Yeah, he's he's been dying for it, and, and we've been teasing about it the whole time. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, as soon as we find out we're going to record, we're going to... Uh, get a new bass player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jokingly said, I'm like, so is this my shot to record? Oh, <laughs> you know, and Harold's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> for those of you know, who don't know, Harold is also an amazing photographer. And uh, I, I'm not sure what his website is, but he's taken some of the greatest 
photos of like early Metallica and other thrash bands, and and you should really check out his stuff. It's really good, and he's a good guy. Yeah, he's documented the Bay Area music, uh, metal music scene for years, decades, and uh, he's got some amazing photos that you wouldn't believe. Like these, you know, bands that uh, are mega mega bands nowadays when they look like they're like, fifteen years old. You know? Yeah. Hey, hey, Spike, we got a guy in the chat box here who's wondering if you remember playing in Mishawaka, Indiana a few months ago. I remember the, the city name. Well, no, well, the reason he, he, Mishawaka. Um, he was the sound man for he your says show. He, he did your sound, and he said, uh, Spike holds the record for loudest guitar player I've ever done sound for, and loud good, not loud shit. He borrowed so the back. Very cool, very cool. He borrowed the, the back line from the other I'm bands. I remember that. The name of the venue, uh, Garth Plinko. We'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see if the chat box will come up with that for us. <laughs> Uh, I guess, let's see, uh, I've asked these questions. I'm, I'm all over Smith's, uh, Smith's Downtown is the name of the video. You know, it was funny because I was looking at your your Facebook uh, like a week or two ago, and you guys were supposed to be in South America or something, and there was visa problems, and then the, uh, you know, you guys explain what happened, and then, the, then I see the promoter come in or something like broken English, and he's like, you guys get visa first, then money then, then play, and and you're like, uh, no, listen, pal, that's not the that's not the way it works. I don't know who runs that website, but <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it was uh, actually the place you're talking about is Mishawaka uh, uh, Smith's downtown. Yeah, ah, Smith's I remember downtown. that now. Yes, it was an awesome show. <laughs> there he is. But yeah, going back to uh, Brazil. Um, we, we have a lot of problems down in South America getting paid, and that's one of the conditions most bands nowadays uh, demand before they even deal with anybody down there. Is like you know you pay us fifty percent in advance just to hold this month. Like basically, you wind up down there for a, a couple weeks, so you're basically giving them a month of really taking off and letting them set up some shows. And you demand that they give you some sort of deposit on that because more than likely it's going to cancel because they're not going to send you plane flights. They're not going to be able to set up the shows. They're not going to pay you, you know. Really? And so one of the first things you do is try to get a deposit, which we worked with this company before. So we, we said, okay, you, we'll let you go without a deposit. But... You pay us in full 30 days before we get on a flight, and they said, fine, everything's cool. And then two weeks after that 30 days came up and we were supposed to be paid in full, they, and then we said, you know, what's, what's going on here? They said, well, you have to get visas first, and then we'll pay you the day before you leave. And we said, uh, we don't. Play that game. Well, I remember one time we were supposed to go to Costa Rica and whatever the bordering country was, and I was at the airport, literally on the check-in line, and I got a phone call, I believe, from you. They said, "Do not get on the plane. Do not get on the plane. Our only our only our their flights have been paid for. Our home flights have not. Don't get on the plane." <laughs> well, this is what happened. The whole band gets on the plane, they fly there, and then the gig gets canceled, and there's no money, and you're totally screwed. Yeah, I was I was going to say I did a show for Faster Pussycat once in Williamsburg. They actually came to play Trash Bar. And they came. I'm sorry. <laughs> they came to the promoter like five minutes before they were supposed to walk on stage, and they were like, "Pay us now, or else we're not getting on the stage." And the promoter was like, "You know, we did it. Me and the owner. We I've, were like, s- I've seen Spike go head to head with a few promoters. It's really, really it's it's good yeah. stuff." And they were like, "What? No, you 
playing? And they're like, nope, we're not playing until well, you pay Well, this is tough. This is the, the, the these guys' livelihood. You know, you're not going to... Right. What, what happens, Spike? If you go down to Brazil and there's no show, you guys get just get stuck with the plane fare and everything? Well, yeah, we're stuck there for, in Brazil for two weeks with no place to stay, no shows, you know, and we have to hope that we even have plane flights to go home or they don't cancel them on us or whatever the hell. And so, you know, you don't get on a flight out of, and go to another country and, and expect, you know, the best or, you know, hey. you have to expect the worst. So you try to at least get the money up front and you have to have your plane flights and make sure your return plane flight is actually paid for. And, you, you know, you can't just be waiting around to get paid. And who wants to go to a different country and walk around with thousands of dollars in your pocket? Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, if you, you'd be selling merch on the side of the road somewhere and somebody will rob you. Who knows, you know? Right, and you know we've been down in Mexico and, and been sitting in a hotel room after the show, and, and they come on with Uzis and rob you. Spike, what? Are, what is? And you have your instruments with you. Oh, that's yeah. the worst. They don't want that shit. They want the they want the souvenirs you bought. They're like, give me the silver bracelets. Well I, well, I remember one time we were in Mexico together, and uh, and there was we went to, we, a couple of shows. There was bootleggers literally in the venue selling bootleg shit in the venue, in the venue. And 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 when we walked up, we were like, "All right, give us one of everything, and you can sell everything." And no T-shirts, no stickers, and no hats. And they were selling shot glasses and you Get name out it. Of it was here, really with the logo on it and everything. Yeah, and I asked wow. the woman who made the shot glasses, and she said, "Well, I said, what do you do if you don't sell them?" She goes, "I it's paint. I rub it off, and I, I put on uh, creators coming next, <laughs> creators wow. coming next month, yeah, and yeah. they would put creators logo on it. Yeah, it's a living, I guess. I was going to ask Spike, what's the your biggest quote unquote market? Like, where are your biggest crowds in the world? Huh, okay, well, I guess um, it. it in the states, maybe like Los Angeles and Texas or whatever, um, Chicago area is usually pretty good for us. Denver's always a great market for us. Uh, and then I guess maybe in like South America, Colombia has been really good for us lately. We've been going down there and playing some pretty big shows and and whatnot. Um, Mexico is usually pretty good. Mexico City or whatever. Uh, let's see what else. Um, and in Europe, uh, we go over and do those festivals, and it's pretty good. Uh, well, you know, Czech, we have a few. The Czech Republic's good, you know, because I played. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that well, was actually. A, in fact, I just got an offer. We just got an offer for two festivals in the Czech Republic uh, coming up in 2015, and it looks like we might do them both. Oh, well, Spike, you were, you were talking earlier about like like well, you know the whole Brazil thing and getting visas and blah 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 and getting fucked. Like, um, there had to be uh, something happened where you got fucked big time. Uh, what was the the worst fucking you got that learned learned you on this whole thing? <laughs> Excuse our language. Uh, I believe it was Argentina. Oh, we really? Right down there, and it was a whole same deal. You know, oh, I'll pay you in advance in thirty days, and then. You know, oh, well, we don't have any money right now, and the last minute, come down and we'll pay you, and we go down there, and they didn't pay us. You know, we, we pay you before, we pay you when you get off the plane, and then we get off the plane, and they're like, oh, we'll pay you with sound check, and we'll pay you right after the show, and then we'll pay you at the airport as you're leaving, and then we'll send you a check in the mail, and then fuck you. Yeah. Oh man, and you're oh, a fucking man. drag, dude. You know, uh, uh, Ryan, our co-host, his wife is from there, and he's very offended. 
<laughs> you know, that kind of answers. We had a couple fan questions, but that answers. Uh, I'll give a shout out to one of your fans, Christopher Andre uh, Cesares Vasquez. That was his, you answered his question. So there you go, Christopher. You got your question answered. Uh, I guess speaking of other countries, hey, Spike, why can't we play in Canada? Uh, Canada wound up being uh, a, a bubble fuck. I mean, we started going up there right from the start, and we didn't have any problems. And I think the first thing that came up was somebody had a DUI or something like that, and Canada just started this thing where, you know, if you have a DUI, you're not allowed in. And we've already been in and out of it about 100 times or whatever the hell, and all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute, that DUI is from like 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, now you're not letting this person in because I have a DUI or whatever. Uh. And I was like, okay, we'll let you in, but, you know, we're going to give you a hard time getting in, and we're going to start searching your van, and we're going to find a joint underneath the rug in the back. And, oh, and then it was like, you know, when Rody got busted for having uh, crack. But it wasn't crack. It was like he was wearing uh, back then uh, stonewashed jeans, and they come and they, they wash him with like rocks or something. And he had this weird-looking rock in his pocket because he just bought a pair of stonewashed jeans, and they busted him for having crack. It wasn't crack. It was a, a stonewashed jean color, and he wound up, you know, was getting that, away with it. Was that Lance? Out, was that Lance or Jared? I don't remember who that was. I don't. It was. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure exactly who it was. It was neither of them. Oh, f- but anyway, um, Stonewash jeans. It was totally Lance. When, when they knew we were coming, and when they when we got to the border, they were like, "Oh, this this band again. Let's search everything." And they were always trying to find things, you know, to bust us with. And they did. You guys should dress up in like uh, you know suits and have bassoons and stuff and wear glasses and be like, "Hello, <laughs> we're the uh, you know the fun time good old boys band." You, you should have called yourselves Band of Morons or just <laughs> gone across the border <laughs> or Doctor I. Right, we're not DRI. We're a bunch of morons. Don't you know anything? Half the times the customs officers are big fans and they're like, "Yeah, yeah," and we you know give them a shirt and they're like, "Fuck yeah, you get right on too." And then sometimes you know you get the the, the main guy who's eighty years old and he's been there all his life and he's uh, like you know okay. going through everything with a fine tooth comb and you know finding things to prevent us from going in. And so you know we have like a tour set up and try to get in and they'd say no you can't come in because you know this guy's got a DUI and that guy has a DUI and we don't like the way you look or whatever and. And then we go, okay, and, and we try to sneak in and get caught. And that's a big no-no. Yeah, and we got yeah. caught a couple times. And and so, you know, we really don't have any big criminal problems like with getting in. Like it's because we're murderers and we you know, terrorists or anything like that. It's just that uh, we had small problems. It's the only country in the world that won't let us get across their border. That's crazy. And and we were persistent. We just kept trying and trying and trying, even though they're like, "Don't try, 
just forget it. And we kept trying, and then we'd try sneaking in, and we'd do anything we could to get in there because it was one of our best markets, and uh, we haven't been able to get in there for like 20 years now. That's a shame. You ever try going in there one by one? Maybe they don't, uh, <laughs> they don't catch you. Did you ever try speaking French? Well, Mer- Mer- uh, Spike Merch is one of the is the, is the big thing that you're selling. So then, if they if they if they catch you with the merch, do they want you to like have work visas, and they want you to have this? You're going to be selling stuff in Canada, blah blah blah. Pay taxes on it. Well, we got work visas to go to Brazil. You have to, though. I you think one of the to things, to someone there. told me that they check out, and they, if you have, like, a merch bin, even with a, with a bunch of T-shirts, they bust your balls. It's true. Yeah, we've tried it all. I mean, we, we've done all the official routes, and we tried speaking in one by one. I actually got into Canada once um, with my family. I wasn't with the band or anything. I, we just walked in, or we took up a ferry, you know, whatever, and walked off the ferry Over and the just walked in, in across barrel. the border, and all I had to do back then was show your driver's license. And I got in, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in Canada. And this was like after 10 years or something of not being allowed in. And I'm like, all right, we're setting up a tour. And, I'm get in, you know? and then sure enough, like a year later, they're like, now it's, you have to have a passport to get in. And I was like, oh, yeah. right end of that. Ugh, terrible. Uh, Richard Bailey, sorry, I have a fan question for you here. Richard Bailey on your page wants to know if, and I want to talk about the new EP uh, how what format will it be released in? Will there will be there any will will there be any vinyl? He wants to know. There's going to be everything. We're nice. going to have uh, a couple different versions of vinyl. As far as I know, we're probably you know normal black vinyl. We'll probably do colored vinyl. We're going to we're working and talking about picture disc, which uh, I've been talking to you about. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be a CD. Actually, the guy that I was talking to you about is sitting across from me right now, Tommy, about the vent. He wants to do a step into my office. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, don't listen to this man. He's going he's gonna to grift you. Tom, no, Tommy's good people. Uh, he, he's, he, he can, uh, he's the guy to talk to about the ventricular art, you know, to make the it lenticular, look like lenticular, lenticular, whatever the hell The heck is. are you guys talking about? We What's got, that? We got merch deals on the side. We gotta, we'll talk after the show. Don't Spike. use my show for a merch uh, <laughs> vehicle. Tempo. I want 10%. At least. <laughs> you still owe me right. finder's fee. I owe you nothing. Um, I get, all right, let's let's move on. Um, we'll I get, talk merch later. S- s- How sp- many songs on this new EP? Somebody else wants to know. Cariano. You know Cariano. <laughs> You're very Wait a minute. I'm, I'm not done yet. I'm, uh, we're still back here. I'm going to release it. Oh, we're going to release it with like a CD version, an EP, a small thing, maybe even a tiny little CD. I don't know if you've seen those mini bits. You know, since it's all going to be an EP anyway, we're going to do a little tiny, uh, I think it's like a three-inch disc. And then we'll probably do, um, you know, the digital release as well, where it's just downloadable. And who knows, maybe it'll even be a cassette. That's a lot of shit for me to buy, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, that would be cool if it was on cassette. That's like real DRI, like yeah. uh, have the tape. Tapes. I want to do eight track yeah <laughs> dude that's what you do take the master recordings and sell it for like 150 bucks uh, we, we've never released anything on a track and then like that's, that's either that or a 78 record that's what we that's what i want to do i want to do the 78 78 so we can make the we can make the make the skanker run yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the plan. i'm gonna crank up my phonograph dude eight tracks would be badass imagine having a dra track in 2015 or whatever it's gonna be when when is this album coming out i got a guy for that that we don't know. We're still putting it together. Kurt is just uh, going in to finish up vocals on Monday, and then I have to get with Bill Matoya, and we're going to sit down and mix it sometime after that. So I would, uh, you know, I can guess it's the beginning of next year. It doesn't look like it's going to be done by the end of this year, which is what I'm really hoping for, but 
Um, I'm just happy that we're actually doing something. Do you, hey, Spike, do you, do you have a second for us to play one of the clips, you know, while you're on the air? Is that all right with you? I'm out of here. No, uh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, of course. All right, well, you know, hang tight, and we're going to play one of the clips from the new album, uh, the new EP. It's just a small, rough clip, and uh, I guess we'll do Against Me first. World sneak, premiere. Sneak peek. Sneak peek. Here we go. That's DRI, all right. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, and it, it, Spike, I, I mentioned this to you the other night, and, and whenever I hear the line, when you're always fighting, there's no time for fun, it reminds me of being in the van with you guys. You know, we're always arguing about GPS and this and arguing about that. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all fun and games. <laughs> so uh, I guess, um, I guess uh, you have a new drummer, is that correct? Brandon? Correct. Brandon Carnes from uh, Northern California here. Oh, so now there's three of you in California. Ah, uh, Spike's the, uh, I'm sorry, Kurt's the weirdo out in, the, on, out in Texas being a hit. Exactly. And uh, I really, it really works out good that we're all in one place or that most of us are in one place because we can get together and practice, which we never used to be able to do in the past because we'd have to fly people in from Florida and from California. And then I was in Washington and we'd all fly to Texas to meet up with Kurt and, and practice for uh, a couple hours, you know. And then it was really uh, not. Uh, uh, easy to do. So now that we're, we're at least uh, you know an hour away from each other, three of us, we can get together and practice when we need to. But we don't really still do it like the average band or whatever. We don't practice every week or anything. But uh, we're able to get together and do some work now and then. And hell, there's, there's a new record coming out because of it. That's awesome, and you know, I guess yeah, that sounds really good, man. It sounds Actually, awesome, the, yeah. It, it sounds uh, it, the production-wise, I think, sounds better than the the other the old albums. Well, I, actually, that brings me to my next question. I, I noticed you went back to recording with Bill Metoyer or Dog Ears Bill, and I know you recorded with him on Crossover, Four of a Kind, and Definition. And what made you go back to him? Obviously, besides price, I would imagine. But I mean, what? You just the guy knows your sound and knows how to record you, and that was just good. Um. Well, yeah, we've just been friends since back then. Um, I've always been in touch with Bill. Uh, he comes to our shows uh, when we play in uh, Los Angeles or whatnot. Um, we've been uh, since we've been with Beer City Records. We have sent things uh, like releases. You know, Beer City has been re-releasing our CDs, our back catalog, and we would send them to Bill to. 
uh, touch up and remaster, and we'll be adding bonus tracks to all that kind of stuff. It's to be called the Millennium Editions or whatever, and now some of them are like 45 tracks on a CD. And we excited to be able to, you know, remaster and touch things up and, and normalize all the levels and all that kind of stuff. And so we've been working with them for on and off forever, just about. And, uh, you know, if we're going to do it with somebody, who's going to bring somebody in to do it, why not? And he has his own little uh, studio. We were going to be in L.A. We were having a hard time uh, picking uh, a Monday and a Tuesday on a 10-day run of shows. And instead of just, like, taking the day off or playing some place where you know, 10 people are going to come out and see us. We're like, hell, let's just go into the studio and record, you know, a couple hours here, a couple songs, and, and hope for the best, and that's what we did. Well, that and then thank you for leading me to my next question, <laughs> and you, you, you're you a great fucking Segway guy, I'll tell you that. Um, um, I noticed, you know, I know now you're on Beer City Records, and I assume that's who's going to put out or promote the new album, or the new EP, excuse me. Um, but I've been to record stores, you know, which... They still exist for those of you at home. And I noticed that Metal Blade still has some of the albums in the racks. And how do you feel about that? And do you still get any royalties from the Metal Blade stuff? Yeah, um, that's that's fine with us. We have some uh, albums still with Metal Blade and Enigma, who kind of are, are sisters or whatever, and Roadrunner and all that. Um they have like four of a kind in Thrash Zone, and they wound up uh, still putting that out. They have the, the rights to those albums, to the recordings themselves. I mean, we have the rights to the songwriting, so we get royalties from that, and we get royalties from playing on the records, but they own the actual recordings. And uh, they keep putting it out, and... Uh, us and we have no problem with that at all you know that's okay. what it's all about well it's that's good to know because whenever i go to a record store and if i see the cd or whatever uh whatever format not a track obviously i will take the metal blade ones and throw them in the back and and, put the, <laughs> and i'll put the beer city ones up front yeah thinking, yeah thinking you know oh well, doing a little record store uh mission there right i i try to you know you know i, I try to keep the lower east side Record store manipulation. <laughs> right. I try to make it work for you guys. You know, if, if, the, if it's a record that Bear City is putting out, then we probably don't get any royalties from it. Like the old Dealing With It's and Crossover um, that were on Metal Blade, what you see, if you see, if you see something in a rack at a record store, that is probably old stock. Somebody found a box in the back or bought a box or whatever the hell, and... That stuff is, should have been out of print a long time ago. Right. That's kind of what I was asking, and that's why I was I was wondering: Am I doing the right thing, or am I fucking you over by <laughs> putting them in the back of the goddamn <laughs> pile? You know, because like the DRI pile, I'm like anything Metal Blade back, back, back. All know? I know is Metal Blade uh, just sent us a cease and desist <laughs> for playing uh, those songs. Up yours, Johnny Z. <laughs> that guy's still alive. Yeah. Well, the truth, I really don't even know. I mean, as far as I know, that stuff has been, like I said, out of print. I don't know if the record stores report sales of any of that stuff, and I don't know even if they did, then it actually trickles down to us, you know, because yeah. it's supposed to be out of print. And it's not available. I mean, if you try to buy it directly from these labels or whatever, they say it's out of print. But who knows, maybe uh, somebody's... 
Somebody's putting it out and making money off it. Who knows? I don't know. Are you guys doing any kind of pre-order or anything with this new record, or are you not sure yet? I don't know about that either. Um, I'm sure it probably could be done, but uh, we're not even into the yeah You've... mixing part of it yet. So you guys are... we're just still talking about uh, formats that we can do it in and, and all that kind of stuff and, and how to do it and trying to coordinate some sort of release date and all that kind of stuff. So. I think that uh, you're going to sell the shit out of this record. I think that people are dying for the... I, I'm not, I'm not, you know exaggerating at all. I think that you guys, if you put out like a pre-sale or something, it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I want a vinyl copy right now. Yeah, I want my vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you the truth, I I disagree. I mean, we put out records, we full speed ahead, basically didn't sell at all. Since the internet's come out and there's all this sharing and everything, we basically don't sell much and that's been one of the problems we've had with trying to Put out something, and yeah, it's kind of hard to spend twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars putting out a, uh, making a record and putting it out, and then waiting fifteen years to make that money back. Right. Well, your idea of selling a lot of records in mine is a little different. I think in this climate, you know, it's it, you know, it's it's great that uh, you're able to reach more people, and it's been so long since the last DRI album. You don't think you have such a hardcore fan base, and is you know. Almost like a half a million people like your page on Facebook. There's got to be, you know, come on, you're not going to sell a hundred thousand uh, uh, physical records, maybe not. But I think the vinyl will help. Maybe the eight track too, but the vinyl will help. <laughs> definitely. The go by. There's going to be no eight track. There's no way. <laughs> I, don't don't put it past him. I know this guy. No he, wonder you're losing it. money. You're selling it in a format listen, that it just doesn't exist. Listen, listen. You guys want to put all your money into t-shirts? Trust me. <laughs> They know. We want to make T-shirts that you can play. <laughs> exactly, playable T-shirts, playable merch. That's the new wave. That's the next technology. <laughs> flexi disc. We'll sell them on. Yeah, instead disc. of the flexi disc, it's a T-shirt disc. <laughs> well, I have a flexi disc of a DRI. The, the new like DRI, it. distributed exclusively by Mad Magazine. Well, you know, it can't cost that much to record. Uh, you know, four, five, six, seven songs. How many songs are on this new EP? It's a big secret, but I'll tell you, it's going to be five songs. Three of the three of the songs are brand new songs, and there's two bonus tracks from uh, that are songs from the '80s that are staples in our set that we play every night when we play live. And uh, we just re- recorded them, and they're going to be on there as well. So wow. five songs total. Awesome. Maybe you can text me those songs later. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, secret, secret hairdo text. <laughs> so three brand new songs, two uh, unreleased songs from the '80s. And we we actually have the three clips of we have we have two more clips to play after we get off the phone with Spike, uh, and uh, you know we'll we'll do that after. Um, Spike, I guess I have a couple other questions for you, and these are going to be. Uh, you want to talk about the al? I want to talk about the albums. What's up? And on the first Dirty Rotten EP, first of all, were you, were you the one that came up with the main haircut? Is that correct? It was an accident, but yeah, I think I was the first one to have it. I was just trying to shave my own head back then, and uh, without a mirror or whatever, just a buzzer, and you know. And then I walked into the room and was like, hey, how does this, did I get it all? And everybody started laughing, and it was like, uh, you got to see this. And they brought me into the bathroom, and I, you know, looked in with another mirror, and there was all patches all over the back of my head and whatnot. And I was like, looks like mange. It's awesome. And just left it. You know? I did that with me and John over here, my co-host and buddy. Uh, I cut, we had long hair when we were kids, and we cut each other's hair in the bathroom. And 
I we, we have. <laughs> that's not we, all we did. We, yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's for that's for another story and another time. Um, we cut each other's hair, and I I had a thing where I did a mange on him, not knowing about your mange. And I, we called it the three-day haircut. I, off, <laughs> I, I offered him $1,000 to keep it for three days and have to go on public, and he wouldn't do it. I'm way too vain, and I know you didn't have $1,000. <laughs> Smart move. So, uh, all right, good. I need that. Yeah, about- we all started like, cutting our hair like that, and uh, I guess maybe for the first or year or so or whatever, uh, especially Kurt and Eric, his brother, who was playing drums, had that hairstyle, and we went on tour. I think we went on tour uh, in '82 or '83, '83 maybe, where we all actually had that hairstyle for the whole tour, and we we called it mange because that's what we thought it was like. But people were saying like it's the Kino kids, you know, and and we're like uh, maybe this isn't the coolest thing. <laughs> you know, I don't want to make fun of cancer, but Kimo kids is a pretty badass punk rock band name. <laughs> In the 80s. I know. I just I was just thinking that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know the side project now. Um, <laughs> what the hell does FRDC stand for? Uh, first round draft choice. Oh, it's, is it about football or like like something else? Uh, I I believe. It, well, it's it's probably uh, not about football, but a kind of you know. A play on words, but it's about you know the army, about being drafted into the army. Ah, your first round draft choice in the army. A lot of people, uh, you know, you will notice that in Vietnam they had a draft lottery where you would be drafted into the army. My father-in-law drafted like the last five guys. It's like, oh fuck! I'm gonna try to speed through (laughs) the last couple of questions. Yes, go ahead, Mike. Uh, On the first album, the Dirty Rotten EP, I noticed you had a lot of solos, which was unusual. I'm not saying you can't do them, but. Uh, it was an unusual play on you. And then, is that where you first figured out that you were the best fucking harmonic guy in the world? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I used to have a timing thing. That's, that's how it came out for me, is I would, I would make this noise, and that would mean on the next measure is when we changed to the bridge or the chorus. Oh. And it was just a timing thing, and it was the cue other people like in the band, too. When you hear this, that means... The next thing is change to the chorus or change to the bridge. Oh, that's awesome. Q, I didn't know that. Q via harmonics. Um, okay, now let's move on to dealing with it. Uh, dealing with it, the album, it goes out of tune during halfway through the album. And can you tell us why and how that happened? Uh, bad, uh, bad production. <laughs> In 1985, I guess, when we recorded it or whatever, you know, and it's, you know, the big old reel-to-reel two-inch tape machines, and if you don't keep them um, maintained and whatnot, once you push record and you start that tape, there's like nothing on that reel, you know, you're just starting to pull the first piece of tape onto it, and the thing's spinning pretty fast, and then all of a sudden, once it has... 200 feet of tape on it, it starts getting heavy, and this thing weighs like 40 pounds, and it starts turning a lot slower on that reel. And I think uh, that's part of the problem with that whole recording. All right. I have two questions about it. Uh, excuse me, Michael. I, I, have, I have it. You're not a fan of the format then, the reel-to-reel uh, recording because of that? Well, maybe the guy just didn't have his machine calibrated correctly, you know? Like I say, you have to keep them maintained, and it's supposed to compensate for all that. Right. And, uh, you know, these guys come in and they, they 
work on them like monthly. They maintain them like a maintenance guy comes in and every month and adjusts it, adjusts the machine and whatnot. And so maybe when we were recording, you know, and the guy wasn't supposed to come in until the day when we were done or something, and it was at the end of that, or maybe right in the middle of the session it got fixed. <laughs> maybe it was out of whack a little bit, and so you know, things happen. Fair enough. I, I, moving on to the, the album crossover. Um, first of all, somebody's asking, somebody from our chat box, uh, I don't know his name because he's got a bunch of letters here. Phil. He's, uh, oh, Phil from the chat box is asking, what does IDKY stand for? I don't know yet. Okay, there you go. No, but what does it stand for, though? It's no, an internet question. That's what it stands for. <laughs> Who, but who's on first? Who's on second, right? right. What's on second? Um, uh, at the end of crossover, you you end up doing a bit of uh, the intro to Four of a Kind. Uh, is it's kind of like Halloween one into Halloween two, <laughs> the movie. And and did you plan that in advance? Yes, um, it was just a riff that I was working on, and it didn't become a song yet. And when we were recording that record, um, and just like playing around and getting ready to record a song or whatever, we started playing it, and I was like, you know what, let's just record this riff. Gotcha. And let it fade out, and then when it came to do the next record, it was like, hey, that's that riff again, and let's put it right into the first song. So the one record fades out with this riff, and it fades in with the riff on the next record. I like that. I like it. Um, moving on to Four of a Kind, uh, Gone Too Long. Is that really Kurt's wife, and did you really prank her in the beginning of the song? Yes. <laughs> Lightning round. Uh, Is he still married? No, he's not. <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, and then my next question is, Slumlord, Dead in a Ditch, and Suit and Tie Guy, were they kind of written to write, uh, to bleed into each other like that? Was that yeah, it was completely uh, written like that. We've been running songs together, you know, since we started, and it just made sense. You know, uh, our songs are so short, or they used to be, shorter or whatever, but they're short in general, and we run five, six songs together and then stop and then you know, uh, tune up and run five more, six or songs together. So when it came to writing these songs and, and, and getting ready to record them, it was like, these songs kind of run together, let's just really make them run together like on the record too. So cool. And leave breaks in between them, so if for some reason it needs to be yanked out, it can easily be, you know, taken out of context with the rest of these songs and still be, you know, playable. Awesome. Uh, well, I guess my last question, I have no questions about Thrash Zone. I know all about it. <laughs> uh, my question about definition, and, and I'm asking this question because we're neighborhood friends or neighborhood guys with the Jerky Boys. Did you end up having to pay the Jerky Boys or ask permission to use them on the song, The Application? When when I used that in the studio, I had no idea who it even was. Um, we were just I was been working in studios all over the place. I was recording uh, or producing other bands. I wound up getting it from somewhere. I don't even remember where. It was just in some studio, and it was just a recording. I had no idea who it was. It didn't like it wasn't in a package or anything. It was just a, on on a cassette tape or on something. And it was like play, you know, listen to this. This is hilarious. And it was like awesome. And so we used it. And it wasn't until after we released it and other people heard it and said, you know, this is the Turkey Boys. And we found out who it was and we approached them and said, you know, we used your, we used this, you know, and, uh, well, you know, we, you know, uh, 
we think it's awesome. You guys are awesome. You know, the whole recording, we just we bust out laughing. In fact, it was interrupting recording our record because we just wanted to sit around and listen to Jerky Boys rather than record. And they were That's all we wanted like, to do. We're fans of DRI too. Everything's cool and everything's cool. All right. Awesome. And begin. <laughs> I would be uh, I would be failing uh, the rest of our guitar nerd listeners if I didn't uh, ask you about your equipment. I was, uh, I was, I'm assuming you're still uh, uh, rocking a Les Paul. No, I had put the Les Pauls down probably right after crossover. So I'd say maybe eighty or eighty nine. I was diagnosed with a rotated collarbone, and they said it's from wearing this forty pound guitar all the time. So I, I I still have the Les Pauls, and I play them on my knee, but I don't play them live. I play like a Stratocaster type uh, uh, copy or whatever. I play on ESPs currently. Um, I have uh, a couple of custom-made guitars that are uh, made by smaller guitar makers with just like BRI stuff embedded into them and whatnot, and they're awesome. But the Les Pauls have just been... Uh, Use in the studio and on the knee because of uh, the heaviness of them. They're so heavy. I understand. Destroyed my shoulder. On that same note, what gear do you have in your rack and where do you get your sound from? Okay, that's another big secret, but. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell us, then say fuck off. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> no, uh, you, you should try wearing a belt instead of a strap. <laughs> it's easier on your back. Yeah, so I wind up with my, my pants and my guitar down on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the women would like that. <laughs> I use a uh, Navy Wireless, and uh, we're sponsored by Navy, and I got to uh, say thank you to them. They're awesome. Uh, we use Navy gear, wirelesses and whatnot. Um, I also use a old, old Roland guitar effects unit, which is, uh, uh, I guess, probably a staple for my sound. I've been using that since 84 or 5 or whatnot. I used to use the old Boss DS1, and uh, for anybody that's into this kind of stuff, Boss is basically a spinoff from Roland. Blah, blah, blah. So I use this distortion unit, and it's basically the same thing that they use in this uh, guitar effects rack mount that I use. Cool. cool. I also use a 32-band uh, EQ, because I like to play through, uh, like, two amps at once, and I can EQ them slightly different, or if the head is too low-end or too heavy, I can pull some frequencies out and keep it from breaking up, or add some if it needs some. And the way we do things nowadays is we're flying into play, you know, wherever, and then flying back home. We don't bring much gear with us, so I wind up playing through a Marshall or a Mesa Boogie, and sometimes it's a Crate or a Randall. And I never know what I'm going to be playing through, and I have to be prepared to be able to make it sound good. And that EQ helps so much. And well, for anybody who's thinking of getting one, it's, it's really, uh, unless you're able to play through your own stuff and, and tweak it all the time and, and, and keep it, you know, the sound that you want it to, 
an EQ will really help out. Well, like we said, that the sound guy who was uh, who did the gig in Indiana and in South Bend there, uh, he had remarked in the chat box that uh, he was amazed that you managed to get your exact sound out of a borrowed backline. So, <laughs> yeah, evidently it works. He dials it in. And- it really helps with that. And so then the, the last unit is basically a, a nice suppression or a nice gate, so I can uh, I have a lot of gain coming out of my rack. It's kind of noisy. Uh, and turning up amps to 10 all the time, it, they just hum a lot, and a noise gate, will, you know, it helps uh, keep that from being overwhelm, overwhelmingly annoying. <laughs> well, it, it can even, I can't even say that. Overwhelmingly <laughs> annoying. That's a, that's a tongue twister. Hey, Spike, that 10 times fast. Thank you so much for calling in. It's, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. We really appreciate you doing it, man. I appreciate it too, and uh, it's it's been awesome. I've been like uh, listening in once in a while and whatnot, and it kind of, oh, I was going to say it's like the uh, Howell's Stern show. <laughs> that, that's, that's another Howell tough thing Stern. to say. <laughs> Howell Stern. Spike, is there anything uh, before uh, before I go to break? Is there anything you want to plug besides SpikeCassie dot com, the relief fund? Is there anything uh, Google DRI? And <laughs> is there any uh, plug you would li- you'd like to uh, any anything you'd like to shout maybe, out there? Maybe we'll have you on when the album drops. Oh, I'd love to have you in the studio. Yeah, that sounds good. We, we can do this again next year, early next DRI year. I just want to let me plug uh, the, our website, our official website, dirtyrottenimpulses.com. That will give you links to our Facebook and to our tour dates and to our booking and anything you want. DRI, basically, that's like the hub. That's where you start from. You can also get to that same website by just doing DRI number one. So DRI1.com. And uh, we'd like to thank our fans over the last 33 years for being our fans. We have, like, the most awesome fans, and they come out to all the shows, and they've been supporting us. And, you know, even when I was putting out records for 15 years or whatever it's been coming up on 20 years, and, and they're just there, you know. DRI fans are awesome, and they've stuck with us forever, and... Without them, you know, we wouldn't be here. We would have been gone a long time ago. And 33 years is amazing, and we thank them for that. Thank you, Spike. Thank and, you, and we'll man. catch you later. We're going to have to hang up. Unfortunately, we have another guest calling in. And you are your priority number one, and we love you, and thank you very much. Thanks, Spike. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, dude. Thanks, pal. All right, there is Spike from DRI. Go to uh, DirtyRottenImbecils.com, and we'll be back in like two minutes. I'll play uh, with uh, Larry Demore of Pegboy and Steve Albini. Thank you. Everybody. We have more clips. Oh, we can play them. Hello? Hey, it's Steve. Steve? 
Albini, oh. fuck off. <laughs> hey, I'm going to put you on hold. I want to try calling from the other line, see if we can get two phones going here. Hold All on. All right. See, let's see. Here's Steve Albini <laughs> trying to work a phone. He, you're on the air, Steve. <laughs> All right. Hold on. What? I want to see what's going on here. Who knows what's happening? Well, I want to make sure we're, I think I'm, we're I'm in on the action. Larry Damore and... Uh, I'm giving right. you tips on how to... Hello, you're on the air. Recording studio. Okay, I'm on the other line now. We have what is that noise? Actual insulation, the pink insulation that they use for sound. What is that up here? Hey, what's going on? It's the good stuff. Nothing. I'm hearing you talking about pink insulation Uh, or something. This this wall right here is just filled with that insulation. It has just got insulation at the wing wing. I mean, you couldn't get any more in there. It's just packed, so it helps keep the sound. From, uh, give one line, give Larry line one. Yeah, give Larry line one for crying out loud. Yeah. Hello? yeah. Okay, here's Larry. Hang on. <laughs> That's Stephen Soley. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, Stephen Soley trying to set up the phones because uh, obviously Steve Alvini is helpless when it comes to anything without Soley. And they got the. Uh... Hey, I only work on expensive stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I told them. We got we got millions of dollars worth of gear here, and we're and we're doing a conference call. Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen him try to operate a pair of headphones? <laughs> do no, have, I haven't. Do you have pink exhalation up the wing? Right. Larry, Larry, <laughs> will you be giving a keynote address in Australia anytime soon, Larry? <laughs> Not me, no. Oh, okay. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I got a feeling tonight I'm uh, like a sheep going to slaughter. So. No, no, no. Not you know, we're not going to ambush you, Larry. That's not going to happen. Unless Steve right. does it on his own. That not, has nothing to do with me. We're going to so, uh, Larry we, was telling me that he's had, that he's had a very eventful uh, employment history recently. Is that true? A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you've been uh, you've been working uh, sort of at your own pace, as I understand it, for a while. Yeah, well, uh, that would be the pace of uh, I haven't worked for two years. Okay. <laughs> and as uh, little money as the band ever provided for me, I was broke for a good long time. But right. I'm I'm back now, so we're gonna hammer. I should explain to the audience quickly that we're talking with Larry Demore of uh, Peg Boy, the punk band Peg Boy, occult punk band, the if great you will. Punk band Peg Boy. And, yeah. uh, Did you say the occult punk band? The occult <laughs> punk band. They're into witchcraft. <laughs> they love it. Uh, right, right. And uh, we're happy to have you. Thanks for calling in, Larry. Appreciate Thanks. it. Man. Thanks for having us. Anytime. So as long as I've known Larry, Larry's had the. He's had one of those like uh, invisible lifestyles. Like you can't figure out how the fucking guy can how he can make rent ever. Like, you never see him working. He never has to, yeah, i got to go to work. Is never, ever, ever. But he's always, like, always there. Like, he never never completely goes down the drain. Well, he's a big guy. It seems like he could do any kind of physical work, like dig a hole, fight people for money or something, you know. He's a big well, dude. he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, did you ever get in, uh, you ever get in fights on stage? I, I could see you're, like, a physical, uh, you're a commanding presence up there. You know, I can. You know, I. I think probably it only happened one time ever. Uh, I think some guy in Florida was like bouncing around and elbowing girls and stuff, and I, you know, jumped off stage and grabbed him by the throat. But that happens all the time at punk rock shows. So, <laughs> so you're. I mean, you, it's partly genetic. Your dad was a Chicago Bear. Am I right? He was. He was a you're Chicago kidding. Bear for a few years back in the days where you could fold up your helmet and put it in your back pocket. <laughs> so who was the coach? Who was the coach? Papa Bear. Papa all Bear right. Hallis. 
Wow. Amazing. Yep, yep. And he made a staggering wage of $7,000 a year back then. <laughs> Well, that was the, uh, you know, you had to have a straight job back then if you were a defensive end. You did. Uh, you went uh, on to, the you practice played football squad. during the season, and then you got done, and you and you worked uh, the rest of the year. And you know, came back the next year. Not unlike being a, in a cult punk rock band. A lot like it. <laughs> a lot like it. <laughs> or Larry, you, you know, I, and, and forget everything about music, and forget Steve Albini. The uh, Larry... During my research, I realized that you make fly fishing rods, and this is really what I want to talk to you about because I love fishing. And I, you know, it's funny. It's always been uh, Joe, our drummer, and myself have always, uh, you know, we've got, you know, like this dual life. We're like crazy city uh, punk rock dudes, and then we would disappear for the weekends and mellow out and go fly fishing. Um, Also, Herb uh, Rosen, uh, who was in a band called Rights of the Accused back in the day. we found out that he was also into fly fishing. So it's like the three of us idiots from uh, the city of Chicago going up uh, and uh, getting on everybody's nerves. Out yeah, I'm country. checking out your website. Half of it's under construction. I'm trying to buy a fly rod. I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> no can do. Like, like Steve said, I'm not working real hard at it. <laughs> I've never fly fished, and uh, I, I, you know, I fish all the time. And yeah, it, you know, it's 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 almost. I hate to insult the regular fisherman, but it's almost like another level of you know, right. it's like a, it's real, real relaxing, and it's a whole a whole different outlook on and it. When you're fly fishing, you really have to find the areas and like think like a fish and float <laughs> this thing. For my audience who doesn't know, you know, I've played really? poker with Larry, and he has no trouble thinking like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Hey, fuck you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get to that, Steve? You, do you have Larry's chart of uh, microscopic losses? You know, I didn't bring time? my laptop, but there's a, I have there's a, a, a delicious screen capture of the there's a there's a poker site there's a site that does uh, rankings of all the poker players in the world. Like you can look anybody up by their screen name and see how they did. There's a, a truly tragic performance graph for the, the, the poker stars and full tilt player peg boy one if you go to uh oh, sharkscope go to sharkscope.com and in the search field you have to you type peg boy one and uh the numeral one not the not the word right. peg boy one and you'll see the public history of the performance of Larry Demore, online poker specialist. <laughs> yeah, you know how they you know how they show how there's a graph that shows how you know like uh, shows the line or performance line goes up or goes down or goes up or goes down, right? There's not a lot that goes up on the peg boy yeah, one graph. Like they had yeah, to hit one once in a while and then back on the downslide. <laughs> it's like they had to come up with a new uh, section of graph to show Larry's downslide. And it's all, it's all like, it's not big money. It's all like quarters. Whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, you know, to the tune of about 20000 over a couple of years. So oh. it, wasn't, it wasn't just quarters. Yeah. <laughs> well, at a time, you, Larry. Well, it was quarters, but it was a lot of quarters. It was quarter after quarter after quarter. Well, Larry, you're a local Chicago guy. You, you don't play in Steve's game? Uh, I have a couple, a couple times, but not, not often. There's, you know, I have a story. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. The big uh, bluff. One time, one time, Lair shows up at, at, to play in our Tuesday game. Ah, this bring, story. Bring, yeah, he brought uh, Johnny with him. Johnny Hotz, our guitar player. Um, I, should I finish this one, Steve? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell us what you? Okay. What you, well, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this from the beginning because this this really is a funny one. Uh, so we we finished practice one night and. Uh, 
And uh, we're sitting in, in uh, Johnny Haggerty's uh, living room. We practice in his basement, and I was parched from singing all day. Uh, I didn't That's have any. I was singing all night, and I didn't have any gum. So I reached into my jean pocket, and I had one of the uh, like a remember the old time sugar wafers that used to come Nickel wrapped wafer. up in a Nickel roll. Nickel wafers, yeah. sure, yeah. Mario so just I figured gave me that a would, pack of I those. figured that would kind of you know get my saliva going again. So we I, I ate that. And it worked, um, and then we were going to go to Steve's to play some poker. So we get there, we start playing. I'm probably on my second beer, and I'm thinking to myself, like, God damn, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting drunk. I don't know what, what the hell's going on. So I, about 15 minutes go by, and I'm, and I'm thinking, now I'm really, really drunk. So just by chance, I, I reach into my pocket, and there was a second uh, – wafer in my pocket uh, i look at it one. and you could see there were how one side of the wafer was completely eaten up by some liquid acid that was dripped on oh. it hey i should point out <laughs> that these were not this was not a roll of necco wafers this was individually wrapped wafers as though for sale or distribution that's what i'm that's, that's the key they weren't even wrapped look at that cost in a store so it didn't come in one roll of wax paper they were individually, individually wax i just figured somebody was being nice and gave me two wafers I, I don't know how they got in my pocket i must have been like blackout drunk one night and somebody slipped them into my pocket so when i realized what was going on i, I looked at the whole crowd I, I said guys i would love to stay here uh, and play some cards, but I just ate accident on accident. I'm leaving. I got up, v-lined right out of there. <laughs> but the best part of it was his parting shot. Like on, he's he's wobbling pretty bad, right? And uh, Johnny says, "So uh, you going home?" And Lair says. No, I'm gonna be up all night. I'm going out. <laughs> you gotta make the best of it. That's Johnny as uh, the dudes from Naked Ray Guns. Right, yeah. right. Our right. guitar player. Right. Yeah. Hey, is it tough being in a band with two brothers? They're always like fighting and bitching at each other and stuff. You know what? Not at all. I mean, uh, to bring it back a little bit. Not at all. I mean, there's, there's probably two brothers that are more supportive of each other. Um, about everything, so we've all, and that's why we've been together for so long. I mean, our band absolutely gets along great, always. I mean, we would go on tour. Really? We would literally go on tour for you know two months and then come home and that night call each other to go out for a beer. So, oh man, that's great because it I'm was a, great. I'm, I'm in a band great. with Pat, who's hey, here, and we Blair, can't did you stand play each hockey other. with them? I didn't know. <laughs> I never. No, I never did. The Haggerty's played on the exit hockey team, the All Blacks. The the exit the bar the punt bar exit sponsored a hockey team and they had black jerseys black pants and their names were in black on the back of the black jerseys black numerals on the black jerseys and a skull and crossbones <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they uh, Joe was real but he was the littlest guy Joe's a sm John's a normal sized person regular normal six foot tall normal Chicago guy Joe is a little guy he's like what five eight five six yeah. Something yeah. like that. Uh, but Joey apparently uh, was a, a real Tasmanian devil on the ice. Like, he would go after, pick the biggest, meanest-looking guy on the other team and go after him, try to take him out at the knees, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And Napoleon that was the reputation of the team. Well, yeah, there's a, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of hockey players like that. We have one on our on, – I'm a Rangers fan, so we have one on our, our team who's a small Swedish man with an Italian last name, and he'll go after anybody, and he's like five foot nothing. Well, it was great. In this case, it was great because it was all these, you know, the league was basically all pretty solid, 
you know, dedicated hockey guys with the short hair and everything. And then the exit crew from this punk rock bar was a ragtag bunch of idiots with piercings and, you know, mohawks and everything else. And they come in and they did pretty good. They had pretty good seasons. Steve, you played bass for these guys uh, for Peg Boy for, for you filled in, For about right? 45 minutes, yeah. yeah I, you, know, you know what's weird to me is, like, I really like, it, it's a strange thing that Peg Boy's, uh, punk rock music can be considered like kind of pop punkish or whatever but what separates them is is something different i can't quite put my finger on and i can't really see you playing in a in a pop punk band you know what so i think it speak. is i think it, i was inspired by the fact that every goddamn song has the sentence sometimes when i'm all alone I think that's what it boils down to hey steve go fuck yourself <laughs> i like this guy no uh the, yeah there the, there's something older like when I say older, I mean like from an older generation of punk rock about Pegboy. Like the the you can tell like their their music wasn't made of the sort of serial commercial like Chips Ahoy punk that was like where a lot of the other pop pop punk bands come from. It, I mean it's right. I mean you could have similar music and the sentiment is completely. 100% diff, uh, you know polar opposite La- from- Larry I get, I get a tremendous vibe of uh, of like stiff little fingers and, and and misfits off of what you guys do would would you agree with that or uh, I would to a degree. I mean, those are all bands that definitely influenced us. I mean, early on. So I mean, you know, you can't help it but have some of that come out during the course of your career when when you were influenced by. Those <laughs> I like how you call career. it a career. That's exactly. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just gonna say. God something. damn! You say career like just rolls off your tongue too. Aww. Hey Steve, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so rough. The calls are coming from inside the building, Steve. <laughs> Larry, you keeping your shirt on nowadays or what? Uh, I always go. <laughs> it was an ugly sight when I was in shape. Let's put it that way. Dude, you're... now I'm now I'm I just turned fifty. Shirt ain't coming off. <laughs> now, Pegboy, uh, they're uh, supposedly this uh, rumored to be last show was in 1999, but you guys continue, don't? You? We do. Yeah, we do. Uh, we, you know, we've done. I wouldn't even call them tours. We've played out of state uh, several times, but we haven't per se toured at all. And we we keep it going in Chicago. We play a few times here in Chicago. Keep it just, local. That's you what know, you know. We I still draw that. pretty well, pretty decent crowd. I know and we you have fun do. with it. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to suck up the pack because I won't tour. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it local, my ass. He's like, let's go to Ohio. I'm going to go to, drive eight hours, 16 hours there and back to play for half an hour to 10 people. Get the fuck out of here. I'm done. So Larry doesn't, I don't, he doesn't, he's not going to cop to this, but the, the real reason they don't play that often is because he gets winded after two songs and they have to, like, you know, pull the plug and he has to, he sits there panting for five minutes waiting, waiting well, to get he, his breath. He lies he's trying down. to do that every night. He killed a man. He lies but, I, but I did do that every night. I was winded back then, too. <laughs> he gets back up. He lies down on the floor for one song. He gets back up. That's right. That's right. Well, he's moved to the moved on to the vape from the two packs a day. I think that's uh, helped a lot. You should talk Can about that. Can you guys Pat. tell I'm vaping right now? Yep. <laughs> Pat uh, Pat Walsh, who's here with us, is a big vapor. He's way into it. Like he's got, yeah. He's Pat like, Walsh. Pat has this like this this you know burnished brass and leather steampunk contraption. Like he's <laughs> got like a pull start on the right side now. of it and some bicycle chains. It's a rip cord. Yeah. Karis, no, no, Karis no. See, engine. I walk into the vape shop, but I don't go for all that. I just say, give me the stuff. 
Give me the thing that burns it. I'm out of here. It smells like blueberries in here. Vape right shot. <laughs> I do. Hey, wait a minute. I do smoke cotton candy. I'll have to cop to that. <laughs> what? Oh, cotton candy? Oh, you're not, in, you're not into the ecto cooler? Um, no, no. That's, and it doesn't really, you know, you know, for the punk rock image, it, the vape really, you know. You know what's good? It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get much mileage. Albanian vape I, rock. Albanian First time. First time I saw Walsh sucking on that thing, he's got this thing. It's like a, it's like a fucking, like a sousaphone with a nipple on it, right? And he's like, and he's squeezing this thing, and this steam is coming out of his nose, and and I'm like, why do you, why do, you do that? And it's he's ridiculous. Like, I got this new liquid. It smells like snickerdoodles. <laughs> Albini can laugh it up as much as he wants, but he just bought Michael Jackson's oxygen tent off of eBay. What? (laughs) Greg Greg Norman's currently rebuilding it for him. It came with bubbles. What am I going to do? I'm not made out of wood. It's not a bath without bubbles. (laughs) It it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous smoking out of these things. Uh, You know know what? We're all going to die. Just smoke fucking cigarettes and let's call it a day. Mine was more for money. Mine was more for money. I, I I couldn't afford rent, and I was smoking six hundred dollars a month in cigarettes. What is so cigarette? I, I didn't even care if I die. It was more about you know having a yeah. place to sleep than anything. What are cigarettes costing in Chicago? It's pretty comparable to, they're to up, here. They're, well, they're up way now. They were ten bucks when I quit. Now they're up around twelve twelve yeah. bucks a pack. So about, when about, you're a two pack a day smoker, it's like uh, being a junkie. I know. And That's as what... you know, and as discussed, out of work, you know. Or at leisure, is however you want to put wow. it. Wow, Steve, do you uh, do you resent Larry's lack of work ethic? No, I mean I admire the man. I, I mean, when you can see when somebody can make it through life with no visible means of support oh. and see, and you know, still manages to like you know pull abundant pussy and has like absolutely no trouble getting on in life without ever having to bow his head and say, hey, yeah, I'll come in tomorrow morning. That I, you have to you have to admire that. All right, when it's I, called being your own boss. Yeah. Doesn't Soli need an assistant? Can you hire him? <laughs> Poor Soli was here. So actually, I, there's. I want to get. I, I wanted to ask Larry about about one thing. One one of the one of the ways that a man of leisure can support himself is by uh, you know being involved in the sporting lifestyle. Can we talk about that a little? Sure. Yeah, we can chat about that a little bit. I think the I think the East Coast guys can understand what I'm, what we're what we're going to get into here. So, uh, you know, Lair, for every now and again, Lair would be alone in an apartment with a telephone, and people would call that telephone. And tell us what happened when people would call that telephone. Well, I, you know, of course, I grew up in, you know, in the, in the suburb of Chicago that was very Italian, uh, shall we call it, and um, I was exposed to uh, a way to make some quick money. Uh, and uh, how, do we even, how, how do we even make this interesting? I was a bookie. <laughs> so I had, I had, the, had the old big bag phone with the with the aerial on it, the the rice paper that when you dumped it in the water it disappeared. Get out of here! What were you uh, taking? I, football bets? What's that? Football bets? Yeah, yeah. Well, football, basketball, golf. Oh, who bets you on basketball? It, we did it. People so who bet on basketball are fucking not retarded. Have to work all that much. I thought the generals were due. Don't bet on basketball, people. Don't bet. Listen. I hope I don't hang up the phone and get whacked after this, but uh, <laughs> we should be okay. That was a long time ago. I bet they'll score over 100 points tonight. <laughs> Stay forward. So any, uh, any memorable occasions from your, uh, uh, from your working in the sporting trade? No, you know what, Steve? I, I mean, for the most part, I went under the radar uh, and 
part of my when when my real work stopped and that stopped was when the FBI came knocking at my parking no. door and said, uh, "You guys are all in trouble." I figured it was probably a good time to quit at that point. You're kidding yeah. me? Uh, I don't oh, care how much the, money you make; it's not worth going to jail for was, six or eight or the, nine years. The so, op, the uh, that was the end of that. The operation was that big, huh? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, man. it was big enough that they were interested. Let's put it that way. Listen, what do you what are you thinking this week, Pittsburgh? You know what? <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, I used to be a football fan. Uh, my my stomach was in so many knots every weekend when I, for the ten or twelve years that I did that. That now that I don't do it, I don't even care. I could give a shit about right. football. Well, you should I, take, I would rather not watch it. You should take so, bets. You should take bets from Steve because I'm looking at his celebrity net worth. It says ten million dollars. Well, I saw that. I, I was going to ask him for a loan. I, we could probably—he's Italian. We could probably start a business. Totally. Yeah, my wife saw that. My wife Googled up my the celebrity net worth on me, and she's like just doubled over laughing, pointing at the thing. You know, right. it's pretty well, entertaining. And you, the thing is, like, she—and then she started looking up all of her friends who are actual celebrities with actual money. You know, like for real millionaires. And she's looking them up, and I'm ranked higher than all of these people who are like. You know, like own multiple buildings and businesses and have Oscars and shit like that. Like, how does how does that happen? Where does this yeah. come from? Me, me, meanwhile, I, she's sitting on an unfinished floor in an unfurnished room. Right. Right. I want right. to know who he's who, bringing her spaghetti and meatballs at three in the morning. He's worth ten million. He's been very frugal with his money over the years. Spaghettios and meatballs. <laughs> frugal is like that's like a polite way of saying busted. Chef boy at these. I want to know who who does those celebrity net worth things. Like who who who, who checks into that? Like. Who fact Nobody checks, checks anything. <laughs> right. It's just like, how could it's, you possibly know? How could anybody possibly know? Right. Like at no. the time that was going down, I have like I had like eighty bucks in the in the bank and you know forty in my pocket and that's it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I think I, you know, know unless not, you're a public figure. And that's 119 more than me. Big contracts, there, there is no way to know. Yeah, there's no way. They, just, no. they just throw that shit out there. Just make a guess. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but but Steve, your Q rating is through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a Q rating is, Pat. You... The, the Q rating is uh, like has has to do with how far you have to carry the groceries before someone will offer to help. <laughs> <laughs> the higher your Q rating, like the more people leave you alone. Now, I mean, you're not a poor man. You do have a heated sidewalk let's face it but uh, i mean you're, you're not rolling i you know the, the couple times i've met you you're wait a minute wait always a minute. crying He's got about a heated my... sidewalk <laughs> I, I wanted to ask the same question and a dumb a... waiter <laughs> it's not that dumb don't call sully, don't call that. sully that oh you beat me to it you prick. oh wow sully's gonna quit any hour now i'm surprised <laughs> if he's not on his bike right now <laughs> he, just, he just wrote on the chat box fuck all of you oh man <laughs> all, he, he had me sign like I, he had me sign 100 checks this morning so i don't know what that I, you know he might very well be starting a second life now. It's gonna, it's gonna make a hell of a dent in that ten mil, like Steve Martin and the no, jerk. But eleven it, cents. In all seriousness, Steve, <laughs> is the uh, is the studio doing okay? Are you uh, is your head above water with the new house and everything? Or, you know, you don't whatever. Have to I mean, it's always a fuck. It's always a struggle. Like you don't ever, you never feel comfortable. It's like you know, I'm, I'm. For the exactly the same as it's been for the last twenty five years, I'm two bad months away from absolute bankruptcy. Yeah, but I'm for about the time to check being, away. I'm fine, you know. Yeah, I, had a, I, I had think a... I heard the Koch brothers saying this very same thing about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Although doesn't I did believe stumble it. into a really good PLO game last night. That, so now, there, there we go. I, that's and it must be good for me to say that about PLO, a game I hate. Right? Oh, it's the worst. What, so stupid. For, for those of us who are not cards uh uh inhabited uh, uh what, what is right. plo 
uh, pot limit. Pilos, pot limit Omaha. It's a very gambly poker game. It tends to bring out the the degenerate and even the most level headed of poker players. Well, I'll tell you, hairdo. The the hand just changes as the flop comes out, and it's so it's, it's, it's like you, you it's have like hats off to Larry. It, yeah, it, you it have <laughs> exactly. You have very little wiggle room, and then you get stuck, and you have to stay in, and it's a bunch of bullshit. Which is why they make the thing about limit. the thing about pot limit Omaha is that every hand has so many potential ways to improve that people don't want to get out of pots. So you end up like a lot of pots end up being contested all the way to the river. Somebody makes the nuts. Somebody makes a second nut. Somebody goes broke. Somebody's real happy. It just goes. The money just flings back and forth all night. Yeah. It's bad. And don't bluff Mario is the lesson that you're trying yeah. to say. Here. It sounds like you're going to a I have that tattooed on the back of my left hand. <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve, who has played in the World Series of Poker many times, and he's cashed in huge, huge events. And he's played here. Uh, still right. failed to bluff Mario. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, bad read on my part. I always play with sticks. Mario is on his way up to uh, Albany to accept an award for being the best art teacher or something uh, like that. Oh, he's not coming tonight? No. He's, he, I, I swear to God, I'm not even kidding. I, 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 and, and they do that in Albany. They do that in Albany. And he, he uh, said to me that he was buzzed up driving, and then a cop passed him, and the phone hung up. So I don't know what happened to Mario. Oh. <laughs> he might be in jail right now. Hey, everybody, look. Homer's so there's somebody out there doing worse than me, is what you're saying? Oh, no. Mario's been kicking ass. The last, like, six weeks, Mario's uh, cashed every time. He's probably up uh, about $1,000 the last six weeks. Uh, you know, and it's This done. is in a quarter game. Yeah, very quarter, nice. quarter garage fi- game. Quarter yeah, 50 cents. Nice. Very nice. See right Very through nice. you, Steve Albini. Curse <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, fucking Mario. He sits there and he lies in wait, a- and he never bluffs, and he makes his money. And I, I want to learn. And he always buys in for, you know, usually people buy in for about fifty or something like that. He buys in for thirty every time because it's his 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 uh, terrible number. terrible strategy of uh, of buying in low, but it seems to be working for him. And the only time he ever stops talking is when he has a hand. The problem is you should never buy in for less than the maximum amount because then if you actually have the hand, you're cheating yourself out of that money. Well, I mean, there there's a short stack advantage. Like In a big bet game, there's actually a structural advantage to having a smaller stack because then you can get it in and with reasonable equity and you have some fold equity so you win pots that way and you right. don't have to worry about losing as much when you get stacked. It's There, there are some reasons to, to buy in short. I mean, it's it's kind of a feeble way of playing cards because you end up pot committing yourself intentionally in spots where you know you're behind, but you're getting an overlay. So, but you know, it is. I mean, it is a strategy. You can play that way and be profitable at it. Listeners are loving this right now. <laughs> Larry from Peg Boy. I'll talk about phone. poker and fishing all day. Fuck the listeners. <laughs> Fuck the audience. <laughs> So I have to thank Larry for introducing something into my vocabulary that I had never heard of before. I'd never heard before this described before. But Larry described it to me. Let's say your uh, let's say you you your punk rock band has played a show, and two young ladies from the audience have decided to accompany you back to the to where you're going to be spending the night. Yeah, there's actually okay. a question here. Steve is such a dick. <laughs> no, Larry invented a term. I want to hear this. Okay. Let, all right. Let's just suppose that that's that much of your evening as our. Is, we'll take that as a as a stipulated condition that you have p- played a punk rock show and two young ladies from the audience have decided to come back with you to where you're spending the night. Okay. It almost sounds like a poker term. Right. And uh, you're uh, you're seated, 
at the time at the, when this is transpiring, and with with each hand, you're stimulating the, the young la- a young lady. Okay, you wait, 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 this is this is just this is just you know consensual adults here relaxing at the hotel room. All right. right. Okay. So you're in the middle, so and there's here. there's a lady on either side of you, and you exactly uh, right. Exactly. You're seated between two young ladies who are you know reclining. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're simulating <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Right. Larry's term for that has entered my vocabulary. One of my favorite terms of all kind, all time, the double smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I would, have, I would have called that a full house. <laughs> well, it was a little bit of a full house. <laughs> I would say you got a high pair. So, double spin. Now, understand, Larry is of my generation. Larry's 50 years, years old. He's a, you know, he he was pulling trim in the early 80s like anybody else, right? Another another terrific expression Larry introduced me to, you know, when you're stimulating a young lady. Yeah. <laughs> feeding I- the pony. Oh, I don't know if I came up with that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's only if you, that's only if you do it with a carrot. <laughs> you oh, know, the double smoothie, by the way. Steve, this another, is the, another term for the double smoothie. This, also, I'm also going to credit Larry for this one. Right now, Larry is signaling his assistant to fetch him a beer, just so you know what's going on in the background. Uh, that my assistant would be our bass player, uh, Skinny Mike. Oh, uh, Mike Thompson, he's, sure, he's yeah. Just, uh, hovering in the background, you know, smiling. Mike and I are friends on Facebook, and I have no idea why. Uh, hey, but well, hello, Mike. Yeah, let, let, me put, let me put Skinny Mike out for one yeah, second. I like Just Mike. Wait, He's a bartender. Facebook friends. Uh, Facebook like friends, and he doesn't know oh, why. I'm sure Mike blocked me years ago, just like Steve has blocked me. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> I haven't blocked you. I ignore you. It's oh. different. <laughs> you don't have me blocked on Facebook, Steve Albini. Say what now? You have me blocked on Facebook, Steve Albini. I block. I block everybody. What are you talking about? You son of a bitch. <laughs> He didn't block me. Yeah. I know, because he's always commenting on uh, Pat's stupid things, and he Pat's like the biggest dick in the world, and I'm the greatest. And, well, no. Uh, yeah. what a, Pat has these all, all these Let's, like half-assed Japanese guitars he's so proud of. Somebody has to take him down a peg. <laughs> I saw half-assed Japanese I'm, at CBGB's. It's okay. I understand. I, I, I'm too much on Facebook. I, I understand it's not for everybody. I actually saw half-Japanese open for Nirvana. <laughs> I, oh, I missed half-Japanese. And uh, I went to see Nirvana and uh, at the New York Coliseum, which never breeders, had shows. Yeah, and uh, Jesus Lizard and Half Japanese opened, and I missed both the opening acts, and I'm I kick myself every day. No, we saw we, we, we saw them, a knife, wasn't we, it? We saw them with the Breeders. Uh, I don't know. I've seen the Breeders the a million times. Well, that's they did sh- not see the Who. No, not the Who. <laughs> I love the Breeders. They're I the saw best. I saw the Who at Radio City. Hey, uh, that new uh, that new uh, Kim Deal song was that? Did you record that? Uh, the song Biker Gone I recorded. I yeah. Think that, there's a flip side I didn't record, but that's a, yeah. Kim's been putting a bunch of singles out recently, and I really like them all. They're so yeah, I, like I, didn't, I didn't even know anything about that song, and then uh, I, I don't know why I saw it, but that, that song rips. It's good. Good stuff. Yeah. I, th- did you see the video for it? Yes, yeah. I did. The video's hilarious. Every, I know. Every shot of Brit concludes with him making a, like a face like, oh, God, that's, he just, this is terrible. He what just seems terrified to be there. It's so, it's so oh, funny okay. because the, uh, the, actual, the, you know, the Brit's drumming, it sounds like Slint. It's like you can't take that out of the drummer. It's, he's got that style. 
And uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about uh, the guy Matt Sharp from or whatever his name is from the not Matt Sharp whatever his name is from the Weezer band. Yeah, you you a, are you are fucking you are him. You can't take you could take the slint <laughs> out of the drummer. You play just like him though. It's amazing. God, I will follow those Deal sisters to the ends of the earth. Jesus Christ! Really? <laughs> so the look on John's I'm, I'm, eye I'm, right now. I'm, Musically, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're romantically. Running, I'm, 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 if this is just, I don't even know why I'm laughing. I'm just. I'm if, this, if this has just turned into a sex thing, I'm gonna. No, like, no, 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 <laughs> not sex at all. Not sex at all. Total music appreciation. You brought up the double smoothies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Jesus. We're Christ. feeding the pony here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what right, I'm trying I'm to say is, uh, I, think, I think Steve's. Uh, I think you did a uh, good job recording a band. <laughs> All right, mission accomplished. Yes, uh, you can. Uh, uh, Steve would like to plug his new album, Dude Incredible, which you can get on. Uh, he sucks at building a house. Touch and go. Which uh, uh, hey, uh, Larry, the uh, the. Uh, Album still available on Touch and Go? Is that still a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we'll always, as long as we're together, if we ever do anything else, it's going to be Touch and Go. That's that's where we are. That's what we do. And, cool. And and it is what it is. Now, if I so if I, if I play some Peg Boy songs, uh, Corey won't sue me, right? He might. All right, cool. I'm in. It'll be a little tiny suit, though. You won't I, even notice. I, I don't plan on living much longer, so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a suit that Albini puts bubbles in. Yeah. Since he purchased Man, it I didn't even think about this. Larry was talking about getting whacked earlier for mouthing off about being Zeke. Right. You know, like, it didn't even occur to me. Now there's got to be a whole new bunch of ways for to vape people to death now. They've got to be able to figure figure that out, right? Well, I haven't quite, well, I haven't gone, I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, I, I do, I can't not work forever, so I, I do have to figure out a way uh, that, that I can work that into the Is, the routine. Isn't Bill Cosby a vapist? <laughs> you know this fucking guy. I don't. I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but the, you know, I've been saying that this guy's a scumbag for years. He's a piece of shit, and it's finally coming out. I John's, ha- I John's been shouting it from the rooftop. Did you? Did you not interview Eugene from Oxbow? We did. Yes. Did you talk to Eugene about being an extra on Leonard Number Six? We, we did, did indeed. Yeah. Did. And did he share with you some of the filthy things that Mr. Cosby would say to them? To I, him? I don't exactly recall, but I. Jesus, I hope he did. Uh, I know I, he didn't. No, I you're recently, not going to tell me. No, who's Eugene, and was he fucking Eugene? Yeah, do tell. I recently, <laughs> no, 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 no. Eugene oh, okay. is the singer okay. from Oxbow. Yeah, he's, okay. you know, he's a MMA guy. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah, he ain't fucking uh, Eugene then. He's probably not fucking <laughs> Eugene. That's my guess. Eugene's <laughs> a great guy. Eugene Pro- didn't take the Kool-Aid. Probably uh, <laughs> almost as narcissistic as Bill Cosby, Eugene S. Robinson. <laughs> but a great guest. Hey, uh, so, Larry, is I just... It- I Go just ahead. recently watched a thing with uh, with Keenan Thompson, and uh, and he said that he was working on some movie with Bill Cosby, and Bill Cosby brought him upstairs and told him, he goes, when this movie comes out, you're going to need two dicks. That's how much pussy you're going to get. He's like, man, this guy's a pervert. This guy's fucking weird. What the fuck oh, is he talking Lord. about? Oh, Lord. Mm. Wow. But I think... I have no comment for that. But I think he dropped the same line on on Eugene. He said something about you're gonna need two dicks because you're gonna be getting so much pussy. I like when you say what you say he's saying. You do that really sad impression of him. That's like a thing that white dudes do whenever I'm, they're talking about. Uh, whenever, good. I'm not. I'm not an impressionist. <laughs> it's like a. It's a tragic attribution affect that you guys have. I'm sorry. I have a French horn in my mouth with a vape on the end of it. <laughs> Seuss upon that. I've been waiting three I'm hours a for a horn with a pull start on it. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I was too cheap to buy the push button start. Any new uh, Peg Boy music coming out, Larry? 
Uh, no, not not right now. We're just uh, what are you like, doing? Like I said, we're not working, and we have you know I don't know if you know this, but we Peg Boy's been dubbed the laziest band in uh, rock and roll. Right. We got the, we got that name a long time ago. By and Steve we're, we plan on keeping it. So who knows? It's kind of a maintenance program with Peg Boy. <laughs> It's like uh, you don't really smoke weed, but you take a hit every once in a while just to right, keep it right. Right, right. Just to, just, 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 just keep just you to lazy. remember what it's like. Just to keep you lazy. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I have I have a weed story. Oh, good. Good. Uh-oh. Okay. I don't remember when this was. Like a million years ago, We were, I, I got invited to, down to Larry's basement when he was living with his folks. <laughs> You were in my basement. Oh yeah. man! He invited, invited me. He had the. I won't. I won't call it a man cave. It was like a. It was like a, a boy cave. It was like a caveman cave. Peg boy you know? cave. And uh, down in the basement, we're and I can't remember what some sporting event was going to be on pay per view. Mike Tyson. Might have been. It was a Mike Tyson fight. I remember it. Oh. Yeah. So anyway, we're down in his basement. We're watching the fucking big screen, and. Uh, his mom opens the door to the basement and says, Larry, we got a company coming over. Can you take your bong? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, on the way upstairs, I realize there's, a, there's like, a closet or something right next to the, to the basement stairs, down in the basement. There's, like, a closet or, like, a boiler room or something, and there's light just pouring out from <laughs> under the door. <laughs> It's like, it's like, you know, obviously some light has been left on unintentionally in here. I kick open the door. The fucking Christmas tree of marijuana in this in his folks' <laughs> boiler room, like under the stairs. I'm absolutely certain Ma did not know he was growing <laughs> no, weed. No, no, wait, wait. Mom did. Here, here, here's the funny part about it. Mom did. Uh, Dad did not know. So one day, I'm, uh, they were in their budding phase, so, I mean, they were... They were really stinking up. One day, me and my buddy walked up to the front door, and my dad was just getting home. He looks at me and my buddy, and he goes, he sniffs in, he goes, he's like, what is that? What is that smell? That smells good. What is that? Me and my buddy just kind of looked at it, you know, gave the gave the half turn to each other, smiled, and from the, he never, ever knew, other than, other than that one little thing, he never knew what we were doing in the basement. But he knew, though, kind of. So you. Think. So your dad. You nah, were, he was oblivious. It's an unmistakable smell. It's very distinct. You're, you're totally comfortable. Your dad sounds like a wonderful man, right? You have a good relationship uh, with your dad. I didn't. But yeah, we have yeah, no yeah. Uh, no qualms setting yeah. your dad up for felony weight in his own basement <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I had no qualms with that whatsoever. Uh, how old? Are, both of your dads are alive, right? How? Oh no, Steve, your dad's my dad passed gone. away. Sorry, uh, my dad just turned uh, eighty-one. 81 wow. years old. Yeah, man. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, Is I he okay? I get along better with him now than I ever did. Yep. I mean, so there's not my, many left. My, so my dad's mean. right there. He's, uh, I think my dad's 78 or something. So. And he's got all his faculties, and it's it's a blessing, really. Well, st- it is. It is. <laughs> so let me remind you, I wasn't living in my basement last year. This was a long time ago. By the way, Steve Albini's back, dad. Back when there was Mike Tyson, when there was a thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, such, it was a yeah. thing that Mike Tyson would be and fighting. Pay-per-view. And also there was a thing called pay-per-view, yeah. For those yeah. of you who don't know, you should look up Steve's dad. He's a legitimate genius. As smart as you think Steve might be, this guy was like 100 times smarter. He's- yeah, my dad is, by, without a doubt, the smartest man I've ever met. No shit. Yeah. 
No shit, Lair. What did he do, Steve? What, what did your father? He went to the moon. Uh, he was a he was a forest fire scientist. He was a an aer- he was an aeronautical like a he did aerodynamics for Hughes Aircraft and a bunch of defense contractors. He worked on the Titan three C missile, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then he, the last probably the last thirty years of his career, he worked for the um, the Forest Service uh, as one of the preeminent people in the science of forest fires. So, like, he was, they were studying the behavior of forest fires, predicting how they would spread, where they would go, how to fight them, uh, what the condition, fuel conditions were that would, you know, change the behavior of the fire, all that kind of stuff. Kind of makes uh, kind of makes like what you're doing seem like a bit of a waste. Well, this is the thing when you say the last thirty years of someone's career, the last thirty years. Like and Larry can't wait, write one more new Pegboy song, <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's blowing up his parents' grow room. Thirty years. What do you expect? <laughs> hey, there. I'll give you the I'll give you the first line of the chorus. Sometimes when I'm all alone. How about, how about we start there? Oh. Oh. What a dick. How did this guy become my friend? <laughs> I don't know, man. You gotta you gotta choose your friends wisely. Yeah. Exactly. You gotta you gotta crop. Hey, the point I, is, can, I have a can, great can, idea for uh, this. Is maximum how to get maximum productivity out of Pegboy. Okay. Okay. The book. Uh oh. This was their this was their bright idea. Ask for Andrew to, Mason for a million dollars. <laughs> they go to France to record an album, right? On a farm where they grow marijuana. Right. That was their that was how they decided to be productive in the studio, right? <laughs> so far I like this. Go ahead. Continue. There <laughs> yeah, and uh, the whole it. thing about like writing the songs before you get to the studio, don't even bother with that. Just get there and you'll figure it out. Right. On the plane. On the plane. <laughs> we had a six-hour ride over there. We figured we could get it done. <laughs> Steve, uh, as a, you know, when you record, isn't it great when a band shows up with no ideas and no plan? Isn't that the best? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you just know things are going to go like clockwork, you know, (laughs) especially when the singer is in the corner breaking another ounce off the branch of weed that's hanging in the corner. Now, here, wait, that was not necessarily the problem. (laughs) The late great Ian Burgess, however... What's By that, one o'clock would be three bottles of wine in. So we would get like a, a, a window of about 11.30 to 1, and then we were done recording. We flew all this way, and nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, he moved to a place where good wine was $3 a bottle. Can you blame him? <laughs> really? I, I don't blame him. I love him, and I don't blame him. You know, in all honesty, Larry, the songs aren't that complicated. You guys should, you, you've been playing these shows. You should show up and be able to knock it out in like a half an hour. You know, it's funny. That's that's what we were thinking on the plane ride over. <laughs> <laughs> so didn't Pierre have a seizure or like his back froze up or something? Well, that was on tour. That was that was a tour deal. Uh, I remember it wasn't. No, John decided to take uh, our engineer's uh, dirt bike out on the France on the French uh, Riviera roads oh. and. Uh, <laughs> This added to it. Uh, it took a spill and broke his wrist. Our lead guitar oh, right, player right, right, right. broke his wrist Ugh. right in the middle of recording. So that was the end of that. Is that how Albini got in the band? <laughs> no, that was that. That was like before. one bass player later, right? Yeah, that was before. Yeah. Well, it was uh, our first place a bass player quit uh, to do his day job, which he later lost trained uh, some Chinese gentlemen to take his job and then got fired, so that didn't work out for him. Another bookie. And then uh, Jay Robbins um, with Jawbox sat in on a tour with us, but we knew oh, that nice. wasn't going to really, you know, oh. that was just a one-tour deal. 
And then we were in the middle of, uh, we wanted to record, and Steve, being a good friend that he is, uh, offered to sit in. And we asked him, and he offered to sit in. So that's really kind of how I can't. And the, the main thing was that they explained the, that the cover would be us in golf garb, and so I, and I had I had to go for it. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> I don't know if you've, there's a, the, the EP that I played bass on is called Four, and yeah. the artwork of it, all of it is all like golf putzes, you know, like dudes in like golf you know, like the, an old yeah. school golf garb. New, old school golf garb. Newsboy caps, pulled is, up pants. His, yeah, you know, with the pants tucked into the, like, support hose and the... Argyle you know, socks. Sun hats and, and the whole yep, shit. Yep. Spikes. Right. His dad had all of that stuff in the closet. <laughs> this, this was not wardrobe. Is that the same this, closet? Like, with no, the, that's true. That's 100% true. Is that the same closet with the weed tree? <laughs> <laughs> now, my dad weighs about 300. My dad's about 6'2", 300 pounds. To see Steve in that guard <laughs> was really something to behold. And I, have to, I have to say, Steve, I was pleasantly surprised by your bass playing. You're better than I expected. Hey, eat me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being sincere. Why you got to be a dick? Uh, if, well, I was gonna, okay. if I was going to be Thank a dick. Thank you very much for having a low expectation of me. <laughs> that, yeah. You've, you've warmed the cockles of my cock. Way to, uh, <laughs> way to slam out those pop punk songs. You really did a great job. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, that's a blow on me. Oh, man, Larry, I didn't mean offense to you. Sorry, but I was trying to insult Steve. You guys yeah. want... You guys I mean, want... I, I, the first, my first interactions with the band, I show up when my, my bass amplifier at the time was not a conventional bass amplifier. It was just it was some equipment in a crate. And John Haggerty looks at me and says, what the fuck is that flute box? <laughs> at the time, you want to play they would refer to any instrument. I don't know if this is still true. Oh, any great. instrument other than an electric guitar or a snare drum was considered a flute. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they still, like anything, like an old Overly involved guitar amplifier, that is a flute, flute box. box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flute box. <laughs> you guys? Oh, the good old days. They oh, would the good old days. They would regularly deride any band with any instrument other than an electric guitar as a flute band. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make sense What do you got, the Ampeg SVT flute uh, that's box? That's true. That's 100% true. Well, Hairdo and I had a friend named uh, Dan Manning who played bass, and he was a great bass player in a bunch of bands and he would walk out of the house and every time he walked out of the house his old man who was like a union electrician would sit there and go what are you going to play that banjo with your band <laughs> what is that a banjo you got to go play the banjo with yep, your yep. band sitting yep, in his yep. easy chair like smoking a pipe <laughs> you guys remember wanna, same difference you guys want to well, play uh, John was working at a uh, I can't remember if John was no his roommate ran a bar ran an exit and somebody was asking him about a band that was playing and John was like yeah it's another one of those fucking flute bands you know <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to play some rapid fire crap not crap? Sure, I'm in. Yeah. Ooh. Larry, crap you, not crap. You I have to answer crap or not crap. All right, All right, so uh decide who's going to go right. first. So Larry then Steve. Larry okay? go first. What do I do? Just so uh, give you something and then you say crap or not crap. No I'll explanation. Give you something how? I'll, I'll do one first. <laughs> let me do one. I'll give you the name of a band and you declare them crap or not crap. I'll go first. Okay. New York Dolls. Got to be bands or it could be anything. No, could I got I got a list okay. of bands here. Oh, it could be anything. Sure. New York Dolls. Crap. Thank you. Oh, I got you. Crap. Metallica. Say again? Metallica. Crap. Eh, I got to go crap. 
Operation Ivy. Crap. Who's banned? Come on, Larry. You must you must have played with these digital. You know I wouldn't know an operation this is funny. I would not know an Operation Ivy song if I heard it. Come you on. know the funny thing is that That's the only true. Re- and the, people can't even fathom that I that I feel that way. The only reason And I, my I, bass player is giving me the finger right now. I haven't heard any Operation Ivy song in my life, and the only reason I brought it up is because uh when, when you YouTube your band like that's, they're that's, in the recommended list. They're very oh, related. Yes, they're recommended. Exactly. Uh, Along with that Chips Ahoy commercial, no doubt. <laughs> guys are missing out over there. Uh, All they know is the I band they were in body. after. What's the band after that? Flute the band? most horrible band, the Clash ripoff band. Flute band. Come on, skinny. <laughs> Flute Rancid. That's the worst oh, band I've ever heard. I agree with you. I like the Rancid. Crap. You know, people think that like, oh, they they think they have some kind of street cred or something. They're awful. Uh, They've always uh, been awful. Uh, Fuck you, awful. Tommy Rockstar. No, I like Rancid it. sucks. Good awful. band, good band. Okay, Deep Purple. Not crap. Not crap. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> Steve Albini and Larry Damore. Not crapping Deep Purple. The Rolling Stones. Crap. Crap. Crap, crap. crap. Ted, Ted Nugent. Crap. Mm, I'm going to go, you know, I hate his politics, but I'm going to go not crap. No, we're talking about uh, the records. You like not yep. crap? Okay. I'm going to go not crap. I just posted some of that shit on Facebook. <laughs> Stranglehold? Yeah, yeah. Live. Live stuff. Live strangle. Uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Not crap. Crap. Wow, Steve Albini quickly not crapping Grand Funk Larry Railroad. It. Fog- had a couple of incredible albums. No, Larry not crapped. Right? No, Larry crapped Grand Funk. You crapped Larry it? says crap on Grand Funk. Okay. Foghat. Crap. Crap. Credence Clearwater Revivals. Crap. What? <gasps> uh, I'm going to bring out my hippie side. Not no. crap. Not crap. What about... I'm hey, with Larry. Larry, like the Minutemen? What about the Minutemen influence? That oh, old deal. man. That's so not crap. Not crap. Godhead <laughs> not crap. No, I'm just saying... So that, not crap. Well, Minutemen are uh, heavily influenced by Credence. John, anyway. yeah, well, you know, you know what's weird about that? They're not Credence. Who are <laughs> that's, that's actually the best part Good of them. Point. Yeah. Good John, point. John, let me throw one in. Go ahead. Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Not crap. Never heard of them. Don't wow. I like Larry. Come on. I'm I big, don't know Mitch big Ryder. Fan of Larry. All Mitch Ryder hits? You don't know this record? I don't know any. No, no. All right. I like don't to know. think I know where like these are going to go, but I don't, which is, which, was, which is what makes this. Are we throwing you off? Uh, no, it's great. Game fun. I need some more whiskey. I'm so drunk. Let me throw uh, one in there that's not on your list, John. Uh, go ahead. Pixies. Oh, we I'm going to say crap. Yeah, see. Well, I, Pixies, I, Pixies were one of my biggest. I mean, I love the Pixies back in the day. I'm going to go not crap. Right. Well, I intentionally left that off the list, Ryan, because oh, I didn't want to put Steve in a bad position. Oh, with his, you know. Well, you know Steve wrote that record. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Listen, Dylan. I, had, I got along fine with him. I thought, you know, whatever. He that music all... is not for me. If you, if Pixies were obviously like an influential band for a lot of people, I can't really... Steve, I can't really shit on them that much, but um, the Breeders are ten times the band the Pixies. Absolutely, were. I would much rather listen to the Breeders than anything the Pixies it, have ever done. Steve's like Steve likes all the noises he put in between the songs. Listen, I love the I like the Pixies. When I grew up listening to them, I would not put on a Pixies record. I would put on anything uh, uh, Kim or Kelly Deal did right now before I put on any of those old songs. Yeah, boy, I'm, I'm I, I still I still listen to the Pixies. Everly Brothers. Eh. <laughs> It's not called the real cleaner for me. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say crap, just because uh, I never I ever think of their music. I think with Steve on this crap, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. All right, Bob Dylan. 
I'm going to say not crap. Wow. What I'm going to say not crap. You, you know, there's confounded. a thing. Like, a lot of people think that they don't give a fuck. You know, like, oh, I don't care what other people. You know who doesn't give a fuck? Bob Dylan does not <laughs> give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. I'll give him that. I, I agree. see him next I week. Agree. Yeah, ever, ever seen the way he dresses and looks? He doesn't give a fuck. What'd you say, right. Tom? You're going to see Bob Dylan? Are you guys. Neil Young. Yeah. Oh, not crap. Complete total crap. Whoa. Wait God a second. I'm in, I'm in the not crap camp. Oh, God, he's one of my favorites. Hairdo crapping Neil Young without hesitation. I got I, I to gotta ask one here. Absolutely. I can't stand that guy. And not, oh. he's not, not, not for politics. Put him outside. Let him die in the cold. No, I will not go outside. Stuff it up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold enough in here. Oh, man. Okay, right, we uh, had a little discussion about this earlier. All right, I got Bull one. Fighters. Wait. Nay, that's my last question, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a problem because now I know. Uh, let me just say something quickly. No. Let me say something. Okay. I know that uh, I think Dave Grohl's a good guy, which is the quantifying thing you say before you say the Foo Fighters suck. Before you destroy <laughs> now, somebody else. Yeah, I, kn- okay. I know as a band who's recorded with Steve that he's fiercely loyal to his friends, and I won't put you on the spot with that. All right. I, you know, I don't think Dave Grohl is under any delusions about what my opinion of the Foo Fighters music is. <laughs> really? So, okay. So we're in the same boat because I, I'm pretty, you know, that's the one question you don't ask while you're recording is like, hey, what do you think of the songs? You know, it's, it's dumb. <laughs> oh, I think they're, uh... There's no way you know, Steve likes my that, Like when you play a show with a band, like let's say you you find yourself with a band that you're not familiar with opening for you. Like some right. some local promoter has decided he's going to strap his cousin in or, or something like that. And so, the, and then the, the, the band shows, the, the band is playing and then they come backstage and they say that the words that you do not want to hear, which is, what did you think of our set? God, that's oh. such a, a rude thing to First do to all, somebody. who would ask I got, that? Yeah. I, got, I got a little anecdote. We're in, don't we're ever in ask New York. Those we're from touring with the Jesus Lizard. We play with Was the- Mario there? <laughs> I don't know. He, he may have been. I'm here. I'm waiting for the so crash like coming. Their, uh, their first tour, our first tour. I mean, we're we're we're, we're relative virgins to to our bands. Uh, we play with this absolutely horrendous, like just dirty heavy metal band. You know, look at we. You know, we're not even staying in hotels. We're looking for places to stay. So after the show. The one kid from the horrible heavy metal band, you know, uh, is talking to Dave Sims, the bass player of Jesus Lizard. And uh, the guy offers, you know, generously offers for the Jesus Lizard to stay at his house, and they graciously accept it. And then, uh, and then the, the kid looks at Sims and goes, What did you guys, so what did you guys think of the band, huh? huh? Dave Sims looks him straight in the eyes and goes, You guys are the worst band I've ever seen in wow. my life. <laughs> well, you know. And they stayed at the house. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's what they you got to be. It's something for honesty. Listen, now, there's a, everything an art. To, you see some people negotiate this thing without embarrassing themselves, without putting the other guy on the spot, but making it clear that they don't want to entertain any further discussion about it. Like uh, my friend Tim Midget has his his go to is hey saw you up there saw you up there saw you up saw there, you up there. Yeah. yeah or uh, all or, right or immediately I really I I really like that was a show <laughs> that's my favorite one or you or like, you're not lying you end the conversation and then you can move on everybody right. nobody's embarrassed 
Or boy, that was really something. Or you immediately <laughs> go to uh, the gear questions. Hey, what kind of amp is that or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. about the show whatsoever. I like, uh, hey, you guys look like you were having fun up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys had a great time up there. The best was uh, the, the guy that I cut my teeth uh, learning recording with would go, that didn't suck. You know, it's funny. The, same, the very yeah, same show. Steve. Wait a minute. Let's go back to all these. The very, the very, very, very same show. We're in sound check, and Yao's doing his, you know, Yao's, Yao's sound check, and then the sound guy, the sound guy, look, he, he gets on the, on the mic. He goes, you know, uh, if you cup the mic like that, you're never going to get anywhere. If you cup the mic like that, you're never going to get anywhere. you got to take your hand <laughs> off the mic. Has the sound man ever seen anyone get <laughs> anywhere? He was very gracious. He said, ah, okay, all right, thanks, thanks. <laughs> like there was, some, there was some famous band he get, the sound man gave a device to and went on to this illustrious grit. Like, oh, Kiss was in here, and they, they didn't cup the mic. <laughs> and look what happened. Yeah. Oh, God, I almost died. Crap, not crap, bad brains. Not crap. Oh, that's a no-brainer. Steely Dan. That's a bad brainer. Guns and Roses. See, the thing that's weird about when you say bad brains, I think of a period of about three years where they were like the most blinding and, and amazing band in the world. And then they, they went and to there's, the like, I've paid almost essentially no attention to them since that period, right? And I'm sure that if I had, I would not have liked what had happened in the, in the interim. Right. But up until about like 1982 or whatever, they were an incredible band. So that's when, it, when you say bad brains, that's what I think of. I think... Valid point. Well, Clearly. This, is, this is the tough thing about crap, not crap. Like, uh, uh, you know, obviously you have to take it to the, uh, or do you? Maybe yeah, you I mean, have there's to take probably, the whole like band's said, input. Like the intervening 30 years, I probably would not enjoy. Right. But. There's people who are, uh, you know, uh, you know, religiously in favor of Aerosmith and just ignore the rest of the output after the, like the first two albums. <laughs> You know, right. if you were, yeah, and if you were around for that and that happened to you, God bless you, you know? You you have a thing in your life that you love that I don't, and you so you win, you know? Okay. Right, I want to go on the record for the uh, Guns N' Roses uh, crap. Crap. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Kinks. What, uh, why obviously? Doesn't have to be obvious. Uh, Kinks. Uh, Kinks. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going against the grain. Crap. I'm a Dave Davies fan. I'm a. Cra- da- I'm a uh, I Davies figured we crap. had one in the crap. I'm a crap. In, I'm crap in the kinks. <laughs> you know, ten percent of any population. Right. Exactly. I'm, I don't know. I have to say, I'm going to say, kinks. God, that's rough. You know, they seem like such nice people. They seem like they really are. <laughs> Some like, of my best those, friends all, are in horrible. They inspire bands. such loyalty in their fan base. You know, but I'm going to have to say, crap. Right. Yeah, he's going to have to crap. It's okay. Larry, Larry just it? gave the gesture again. Skinny Mike, please. Correct my alcohol imbalance. One, one more, cousin. <laughs> uh, Steve, is it because all shellac songs sound the same and all King songs sound the same that you uh, have? A, all right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I admire consistency. <laughs> all right. All right. How's oh, this? Like twenty guys back there. I have no. Well, hey, cool out. Yes. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I have one. How about ACDC? Oh, what? Come on. I'm asking. Right, that even the, a question? The, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cross no. the line on this one. Crap! Oh my God! I am not an what? ACDC fan. What? I don't even. Led Zeppelin. I don't trust. Crap! I don't trust. Whoa! Blair. Led Zeppelin sucks. No punches this evening. <laughs> Wait a second. Time out. He did you? Just, Larry just crapped ACDC and Led Zeppelin in a row. And yeah, well, I do. That's a double. That's a double crapper. Wow. Kind of like the double smoothie. Uh, only a little different. <laughs> oh, wow. See, this is what makes this game fun, because you never know. Like, I left ACDC and Led Zeppelin off the list, because who would crap them? Larry. Now we know. 
Now we know. Bell Biv DeVoe. Yeah. All right. ZZ Top. Not oh, crap. Not crap. Not crap. Not, 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 not crap. James, never, never crap. James Brown. Oh. Not crap. Crap. James Gang. Not crap. Black not Sab- crap. Black Sabbath. Oh, whoa, whoa. Wait, Larry time. just crap James Gang. Time out. I have the list. I'm the host <laughs> of the fucking show. Good for you. That's right. And we're all the co-hosts. And they're all good. But I'm surprised. You know, I, I read somewhere that, Steve, you didn't care for James Brown as much as you think you should or something. What? Uh, no? I mean, he. I mean, he. He hit women. He was a horrible person. Right. And but you know. No, he, that aside, musically, uh, you can take it or leave it. I'm going crap. I'm going crap on James Brown. <laughs> You're crapping James Brown. <laughs> what about the Beatles? Not crap. And yeah. I'm not a Beatles fan, but I respect uh, what they did. Yeah, I, got, I guess cr- not crap. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm, okay. Interesting replacements. <laughs> I know Steve's gonna crap. <laughs> what? I'm a not crapper on that one. Yeah, crap. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I what are you? You're like a 14 year old girl now. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> he had his heart broken. He needs he needs a uh, you know closure. Yeah. Here I am all alone or whatever. <laughs> Here I am all alone. That's the beginning of every Paul Westerberg lyric too. <laughs> all right, I got one. How about the Beastie Boys? Crap. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean, crap. If you, if you crap. had to. It, there, if you like programmed a computer that had to, to like make music and culture that I was guaranteed to hate, <laughs> what came out the other side of it would be very much like the Beastie Boys. I'll, I'll, I, I can accept that as an answer completely. That's it. That's a good answer. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, I'm gonna go not crap. Jesus, fuck, Larry. <laughs> yeah, Larry. <laughs> Come on, we, we don't have another not crapper here? Oh, I'm totally not crapping. I'm with you, Larry. Right, right, John, okay. this crap not crap needs more sound effects. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't have any sound effects. I haven't played a sound effect all night. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Black Sabbath, guys. Come on. Uh, that's not crap. That's a no How about Dio era? Say, say that again. Oh, uh, crap. Dio, Dio era, Black Sabbath. Heaven and Hell. Oh, uh, crap. I'm going to go crap. Really? Heaven yeah. and Hell? Okay, crap. Old school no, crap, it's crap. not crap. It's if crap. you're, you're going to parse it like that, then I have to say, yeah, Dio crap. You know, you know everyone's like, like Dio's the, the best singer and this and that. Who gives a fuck? Ozzy's oh, Black Sabbath. I'm it's, about, in. it's about I, I, I'm just interested to see what you guys think. They just like the cars. They just, not crap. Not crap. I'm oh, going. Okay. Larry, I'm, I'm in go- the not crap. I'm in the not crap camp. Larry, I'm back. David Robinson, like- fantastic drummer. They just like Dio because they could fit him in a road case. I would like to say, uh, Larry, I go back and forth in the cars like all the time, and it's sometimes I, it, it, you know, like ten years ago, I thought they were totally not crap, and then like five years after that, I t- thought they were crap, and now yeah, I'm back to not I'll crap. I'll go with that. And then, and then they come on the radio and you go, God, this song's good. You, you know, they had an attention, yeah, to, yeah. attention to detail, which I admire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, heavy. Uh, there was a little heaviness in there. I have two crap or not craps. You ready? Go. The, go. the, the Ramones. Oh, no, not crap. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's, All right, I had to uh, ask. I'm going to maybe shock you guys. No, don't do it. You hang up on you right now. Okay. I'm leaving this room. How about now? Steve, punch Larry in the face. No, I shouldn't. All right, I, I'm going to back off of that make, a little make bit. Make Sully punch Larry. Bit, I was not. Uh, the Sully had punch Larry is my favorite. And how about, I don't have anything to say. All right. Instead of controversial bullshit, let's get on to the next one. You ready? How about Prince? Crap. Crap. Wait, really? Wait, time out. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, Steve flew to Australia to do this keynote address, which I watched half of because I'm lazy. And the, <laughs> and the, you get the gist. I believe, yeah. uh, I believe you called Prince a small purple troll. <laughs> a purple uh, I a did purple see that on Facebook. Chaps. I did see that on Facebook, yeah. But like, you know, because uh, Steve was talking about intellectual property, which is my next not crap, not crap. And... Uh, what was it that, like, all of a sudden you'll play Listen, some song? I, this is not a recent development. I hated Prince from yes. the beginning of the Crap. whole thing. I hate his music. His music is absolutely toxic to me. Okay. I, it's Agreed. fiddly. It's It sounds synthetic. Everything about it is, like, the, the, the ugliest technological developments in music all displayed uh-huh. in his music. Hideous, hideous music. I won't. Dis- and he hits women. I, I have nothing he hits to women? say about that little shit. Oh, I didn't know that. I agree. I don't. I, I, agree. I don't know about that. But I don't. Is that think, on I record? Don't, I don't dispute what you just said. You're absolutely right. But I happen to think he's a great guitar player. So I. Oh, I think he's not here great. comes the guitar player. Now, now, okay, now, okay, now I'm going to take issue. <laughs> Everybody, right, let's, I, let's, I let's go, like Larry. This, this, my my Facebook page. All these guys posted this this Saturday Night Live. Oh, look at Prince. Shred, look, look, look how good he is. He's average, average at that. Absolutely artless, and his guitar soloing has nothing to do with the music that surrounds it. You hear better shit, more interesting shit at the fucking guitar center. I'm not, I'm a way better, I'm a way better guitar player with than him, and I don't hit broads at all. Oh Jesus, Pat. Hats off to Larry here on Live from the Barrage. We're talking with Steve Albini and Larry Demore of Pegboy. I don't dispute what you said. I just had to ask. That's it. Hats off to Larry. She broke her heart. Oh, God. Um, all right, all right, all right. One more. One more. All right. One more. Nirvana. Listen, I make the rules here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to not crap Nirvana You, if you're asking me. Yeah, it's weird. I would have when I first encountered Nirvana, I would have it would have been an easy crap for me. But then after uh, getting to know them and see them in the studio and all that sort of stuff, I, I got to go not crap. I think they were a solid band. Okay, I'm going not crap. It was the only band that I was I was milling around Wax Tracks Records so. in Chicago, uh, looking at the records and they had it playing. It was the only time I ever went to the guy at the counter and asked who this who this band is playing. Right, blew me away. There's a Absolutely million times you go into a record store and there's some record playing and so, you don't care and then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, so that's you, the one time. You not crap them after working with them, which is fine. I understand that. Oh, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no, saying no. now, not crap. If you had asked me when I first heard them, I would have said crap. No, and I'm not, again, I'm not disputing what you just said. I'm just clarifying. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know. Steve, Steve was kind of saying up until even five years ago that he thought they were crap. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> You know, I don't think crap. I think maybe like Steve thought maybe, uh, and, and because I because I'm in Steve's brain, that I know what he's thinking, and I will speak for him right now. You're in it. You know. You know that's what makes you such an there. excellent interview. You know, is that you can, uh, you know, you can empathize with your subjects, and you can get inside their heads, and you know, ask yourself what it would be like to fuck a dolphin. You know. Well, listen, I don't want to be the dolphin fucker guy, but you. You what, do you, admit, what, do you, what do you think about the band Dolphin Fucker? <laughs> <laughs> they opened for Pegboy in '91. Big fan. Oh, crap. <laughs> there was it was X Hey, Lair, does, does, does anybody did anybody ever like like point out the uh, the 
perverted undertone to the name Peg Boy? Did anybody ever get? The, oh, anybody I would ever like bring to, that up? In I would like to point or, this. No, surprisingly, Larry, no. I mean, there's people that have asked. I get and, it. Though. And we tell them, Wait. but nobody. It's no no big deal. Okay, Larry. So, am I, if I'm doing my research right, a Peg Boy is someone was a young boy who would be on a pirate ship, and he would sit upon a peg, which to uh, be ready. To be ready, so that would open up his uh, would be right, his Mike. butt, uh, and sure. any any time the uh, you know, so he'd always be open, and any time the pirates wanted to like you know, yeah. stick their wiener in a young boy, yeah. he yeah. would be, he would be ready eyes. to go. And I can thank myself for that name. <laughs> <laughs> Our drummer was going through the slang dictionary for names, uh, and he said "pegboy," and I said that's got to be it. Crowley. And then and then when he read the definition, everybody in the band said, "No, no, we can't do that." I'm like. Fuck you guys. That's our name. That's the band's name. That's a great name. I, love, I, I love. just want to point out this exercise of somebody going through the dictionary at the last minute for something critical. That's Larry's lyric writing technique. Larry, I just want to point Larry out. Larry sold his dictionary that, for crack like two years ago. Out of, out of everything that's going on, uh, everything hey, that's transpired. What he doesn't realize is I'm a, I'm a tortured soul. I, I think. Deeply, deeply about my lyrics. Larry, let me I'm... give you let me give you a tortured soul moment from in the studio with Lair. Okay, we're we're recording some some fucking Pegboy record. I don't remember what it was. We're recording some Pegboy record, right? The music the music is done. It's time for Larry to do his singing, right? He shows up the day we're supposed to do Larry's singing, and he can't talk. He's talking like this. It's like he's got a speech impediment and also brain damage. <laughs> Right, and I, I, so I say, Larry, what the fuck? What's going on? He says, Oh, I'm a fucking asshole. I'm a stupid idiot. I, I last night I was toasting a marshmallow on a fork, <laughs> and I ate the marshmallow and burned my tongue with a fork. <laughs> oh, what a deal, though. I for, I forgot that a uh, uh, metal conducts heat. <laughs> I'm toasting a marshmallow I do, I do over the stove at home, not at a campfire, not, you know, like with some pals out by the beach. He's at home over his fucking stove with a fork and a marshmallow. Been there. I do remember one, I, I do remember one time being in this very studio. You dummy. I go to Steve. I got my bag. I got my bookie bag and my and my my book. I'm you like Steve. Slips. I'm like You're... Steve. Do you mind if I take a couple phone calls here? <laughs> he goes, what, what? 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 What are you doing? I'm like, uh, well, and he didn't know what I did at this point. I'm like, well, um, I got to be honest with you. I'm a bookie, and uh, the games are coming up, and I, I need to take some bets here. <laughs> He's like, dude, no way. No way is that shit going down in my studio. You can't do it. You can't do it. Right. Well, the, the FBI will show up and seize the whole operation. Come on, I could have had this place seized. <laughs> well, that's the problem with running the studio. Like, all right, a, a band shows up, and they got a mountain of Coke or something. They're like, what the fuck? And then, yeah, like, the it's not often that a bookie comes in to, yeah. to work. Exactly. I, that's, not ex that's not how you expect the whole thing to go down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, hello, officers. Oh, no, no, no. The, the guy with the speech impediment, it's not really a speech impediment. He decided to cook a marshmallow at 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. We're recording a record, man. <laughs> the singer. Yeah, that's the one that can't talk. It's a singer. Yeah, quit being a square. Crap, not crap. Johnny and the th uh, Johnny and the Thunderbreakers. <laughs> the Thunderbreakers. That's a pretty good name for a band. Yeah. Johnny and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, crap. Yeah. Crap. Uh, the idea of intellectual property. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
Like Larry, if you had an idea and I and I, and I run with it tomorrow and make a million dollars, you can assume ha- me. I'm gonna ask one. I got me. no ideas. I just uh, I'm gonna go crap though. I'm, I'm I, love, I, I love that the one thing that that Larry hasn't denied throughout this entire interview, he's like he's like, oh yeah, I came up with the idea that uh, the band should be called Peg Boy after a guy who sits on a fucking <laughs> dildo on a ship. He he a peg. There were no dildos back then. Yeah, but he proudly a peg. He could have let it go, but he he insisted yeah. upon. Yeah. Uh, he's like to. Oh, Oh, no, oh, no, that was all me. Credit where due. <laughs> all right. You remember that? He did of- say that he wasn't the one looking through the dictionary at the last minute for something important, <laughs> as is, you know, that's, that wasn't his, that, you know, he gave credit to Joe. That's Joe true. was looking through the dictionary. You remember that uh, pedophilic pirate boy who sat on a hump? That was all me. <laughs> uh, we, that. we have one from the chat box, crap or not crap, the residents. Not hmm. crap for me. Interesting. Uh, you know what? I'm not familiar enough to say either way. Me too. I'm not. I'm not. I don't you know, know I'm too not, much resonance. I give a hearty. I understand crap. the '80s, and you know. Eh, mm. eh, Here's mm. a polarized it's one. Just a man. Uh, Frank Zappa. Crap. Easy crap, crap for me. Uh, Easy not crap, crap for me. And not, not, not crap. crap. All right. So Steve Albini many, is on your side. I missed that. How many not craps? Uh, Steve crapped them. I I crapped them. Ryan is a big fan. I'm not crapping them. I'm crapping. Okay. All right, I'm a not crap. Crapping, crapping who? Zappa. Zappa. Oh, so, yeah, crap. You don't like. That. All right, so the craps uh, have it. Time for that horse shit. <laughs> Mott the hoople. <laughs> this is the dumbest yeah, thing I ever came those, Like I wish it was not crap because I would like to say that I liked Mott the hoople, but it's crap. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, not crap for the simple fact that they were a huge uh, influence on the Clash. Mm. Well, I'm, here, here's... I'm, I'm going to go crap for the simple influence that they were a huge influence on Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no. fair Death enough. Leopard. Fair enough. Kiss, crap, crap. The Beatles. Well, we did that we already. Did already. Velvet Underground, crap, Not crap. crap. Wait, crap. time crap. out. Lou Reed. Ugh. Ugh. Let our uh, guests don't answer. Get me started. Don't get me started. You know who doesn't give a fuck? <laughs> Lou Reed did not give a fuck. <laughs> All right, so Steve Albini not crapping Velvet Underground. Larry Demore of Pegboy crapping thought, Velvet Underground. <laughs> I thought I was cold right now. Lou Reed is freezing. <laughs> By the way, go to uh, shellac.com and order Excellent Italian Greyhounds, I think is the new album. <laughs> All right. No, Steve, seriously, where can, we, where can we go? We could go to uh, Touch and Go, right, and buy the new album. Yeah, whatever. Cool. No, go to go to PRF District. Go to a record store. Go down the street to a record store and say, "Hey, can you get a record for me?" You're a record store. They, they you know, they'll probably know what you're talking about. Right. Will Tim Midget ever forgive me for making fun of Lou Reed the day he died? No. <laughs> he defriended me in two seconds. He defriended anybody that was that was bad rapping Lou Reed when he. Died. I know. I, you know. I think I, I would have bad. you in two seconds. I feel bad because you know Tim. <laughs> As far as guys on the internet go, uh, Tim Midget is 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 boss. He's the best, and he's a good dude. I feel bad about. It. Is Tim Midget a midget? Uh, I no, had dinner not. with him and his family this evening. He's a good man, and I feel bad that he he defriended me from making fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sonic Youth. I'm gonna say not crap. Uh, Feedback. I'm crap. gonna go crap. Yes. Yeah, easy flute band for Lair. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good. He doesn't play guitars. Me and no. this guy Larry. Guitars with out. two strings on it are not guitars. <laughs> and they have drumsticks in them. That doesn't no, make sense. But he put it through a delay pedal or something. You know, Fleetwood Fleetwood Mac. I mean, there's a, here's a direct quote from John Haggerty about the about Sonic Youth. 
I, you know, because I, I, I had put on a Sonic Youth show, right? And I asked John if, if and John, I saw John there, and I asked him what he thought, because it didn't seem like it was his kind of music, but he showed up. So I was like, hey, what, what did you think of the Sonic Youth show? He said, you know, I just don't get playing out of tune. <laughs> hey man, tune it up. And I'll stand by that too. I'm in John Haggerty's court on that one. I don't even like tuning down. Right. Forget it. Right. You guys are in uh, standard tuning all the time. All right, let me throw one at you guys. I think I know where Steve's going to be on this one. Yeah. Okay. Who's Do? Not crap. 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 I say not crap. Production. Oh, oh. Pr- production wise. I'm going. I mean, Who's is one of my favorite bands of all times. I thought I'm, Steve was going to go crap. On you know, that. I, again, I'm it's like the, like the first couple of my you know the first couple of things I think about when I think about Who's Do. I think about the good records, and that's all that matters. Production wise, you know, the they're bad terrible. records dramatically outweigh the good ones in terms of like. You know, if you stack them all up, yeah, you have a lot more bad records, but that doesn't matter. You know, you know La- Larry. Uh, I think they're about fifty-fifty actually, as far as bad records go. Larry, I got to tell you, I had that was uh, about two bands more down on my list, and I totally was was with you, and I thought Steve would crap who's gonna. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought it was coming. They're pre- I thought wildly it was unpredictable. Coming. Game. They're, they're cynical. I thought it was coming out with it. All right, just like two or three more television. Not crap. Uh, I'll go not crap. The not Clash. Crap. Not crap. Crap. Oh, <laughs> Steve hates on. the clash. Come oh, you guys are letting I'm me with down. Steve finally. Me and Steve no, are on the same team finally. Caridou is crapping the clash? I crap the clash. Not Come crap. on. Oh, but The only punk rock band from no. that era that mattered. No, oh, no, no bullshit. What, did you the read Ramones. that on a sticker? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck that. Steve saying, what, did you read that on a sticker? Uh, Better than the Ramones by a long shot. Oh, no. kiss my oh, fucking balls. It's debatable. tough. Crumb crisp coating. Well, I will. I will not crap the Clash only uh, because I think London Callings are. Uh, I really connect Brilliant. with them somewhere. And he had something to say. That that's what when, when I, you know we were talking about oh, the Ramones. Oh, they how, had something to say. They were polit- very politically aware. Oh, how, how about how this? I bet if you ask any member of the Clash or the Ramones which band was better, all of them would say the Ramones. Absolutely. That Thank is, you, so well, Steve. Oh, just, no well, doubt that about it. Shows how you, humble the Clash are. There's or no, how not good they were. <laughs> There's no better band than the Ramones. That's Steve's, Steve's yelling. Oh, I, I no, you guys are dead wrong. Dead wrong. Me and Steve, we're on the same page, buddy. Let's is do the, this. Is there anyone in this room or on the phone who does not put the Ramones in their top one. three one, bands? My top Larry one. doesn't even like the Ramones. I crapped them. I know. It's crazy. I can't, I can't no, understand. I, I, I'm going to back off from my crap a little bit. <laughs> not crap, but I'm not, I'm not giving them a not crap either. I mean, oh, you know, I'm going to be somewhere in the middle of it. So what he's saying right now is he doesn't want anybody to think that he's Skinny not Mike, cool. Skinny Mike, who's sitting here very quietly over here, I hate the fucking Misfits. Let me just go on record for that. Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I know Pat likes the Misfits. I, I never I, I never got into now, it. Now, you know what? I can't listen to Misfits anymore because I find Danzig so fucking he's despicable personally. He's such a douche nozzle, and, yeah. and they, were, they were pretty but, average back then, even. But... but Ideally, I should be able to divorce my opinion of the fucking person from the fucking art, but I can't. I just think it's such a I don't know why idea. you would want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, know, I mean, if I did that, I would hate all your bands. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> why, I don't know why you would want to do that. Why would you want to divorce your the the actual person from his the person's like 
creative output. That seems like the what, the whole reason that you have a creative output. So, uh, yeah, that's the reason I don't listen to White House, well, you Gary just, you Glitter. Just, you, you, you not crack the Beatles and John Lennon's a proven wife beater. Like, you know, like there's, there's all sorts of things to it. It's like, well, I should be well, able to divorce myself from it. But it's I, easy but for me to divorce myself from Michael Jackson's music because he sucks. It's not easy for Steve because he bought well, Michael Jackson's You know, oxygen I have machine. to say that Jackson 5 may add some pretty oh, incredible singles. Jackson 5 Hell is different. Yeah. Agreed. But this is before he started touching Crap. kids. No. Come on, man. God. You can <laughs> crap the Jackson 5, Larry? That's a fucking piece of work right there. <laughs> I'm with Steve on that. Let's celebrate the whip that we used to beat the Jackson 5 into submission. <laughs> <laughs> Dance. Uh, it's a complicated issue. What about the band Slade? Steve, what's the problem with music? <laughs> I have what's five, the problem with music? You have 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm freezing. <laughs> I'm freezing quickly. Let's wrap it up. No, I actually... Uh, um, Hey, yeah. do you have heat in the barrage? No. No, no we don't. And we're fucking or do you just, dying. I'll just put your hands in front of Walsh's mouth and he blows at you. <laughs> you know, the vaping is surprisingly warm. <laughs> He's a vapist. <laughs> hey, did you ever try this flavor? It's called heat. Cereal. Yeah, cereal yeah it's in a, this thing is incredible. The space heating and everything. <laughs> it's it's delicious. Yeah, smoking it right now. We've tried to plug space heaters in out here, and uh, unfortunately, we're on one fifteen amp circuit, and uh, the whole place goes down for the count if we plug a heater oh, in. Shit. Yeah, yeah. We got nothing. Yeah, just put a hibachi on the bar. You'll be fine. Yeah, we're okay. gonna start a Kickstarter, and it's gonna be called uh, Andrew Mason. Give us ten million dollars. What are we, the singer from Boston? <laughs> or we'll just bring Mario in. He'll like Steve. Seriously, oh, Boston like, crap, not you know, crap. <laughs> you know, this is a weird question, but honestly, so this crap, not crap. Is this a game you guys play often? No, no. This is a game Steve came up with. We're just glomming his whole bit. <laughs> this was a, it. Was a game that was invented during the. Uh, it was either the bedhead session or the New Year sessions, where the Cadane brothers were trying to get a trying to get a, a range for what my aesthetic was, and so we just they just started throwing the crap not craps back and forth at each other. Well, it was funny oh. because uh, crap not crap started as a I guess in your studio as a uh, you couldn't quantify it. You would just have to say crap right. not crap, and no one would be able to explain their answer, which makes it well like a hundred percent more fun and stuff. That's a natural carrying on effect of it but yes because everybody's got to justify ultimately needs to justify but you have to have to be one or the other hey right. steve i got one uh <laughs> graham parsons yeah crap you don't like crap. country music though right crap i don't like bad music you're right no you don't you know but you just don't like country music no i think overall, right? i think you might you might like i don't consider that country music but also i don't like country music <laughs> I don't like country or rap. This has been Steve Albini. That's a double and my keynote address. Incredible, incredible non-answer right there. You just no, they crapped him definitively. Definitively, Steve. Give Can us, I have some more whiskey, please? <laughs> Steve, give us give us a, a band that you that we will be completely surprised with that you like. A band that you would be or, completely surprised with that I like. Right. Uh, right, <laughs> Does that have to be a band? Peg, Peg or could be a singer. Peg All right, moving on. <laughs> or now, Larry, could be a singer. Larry, give us a band. That you oh, let him answer. Could Stop. Be a singer. Could be a singer. Please. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm going to throw one at you. Marla Gibbs. Go ahead, Larry. All right, I, I may uh, lose uh, some fans here. Gordon Lightfoot. Nice. Oh, what's what, uh, not crap? Yeah, easy crap for me. But <laughs> you, you know, I'm not Canadian, so. What was that? The boat that sank the day it's not the. Crap for me. Yeah, 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 the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, the Edmund, the Edmund Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. So, 
I'm a big fan of Stompin' Tom Connors. Okay. Stompin' Tom Connors, Canadian country legend. Way to dig deep. Yeah. And I would say I'm a big fan, even though I think his music is pretty lousy a lot of the time. Okay. <laughs> but very interesting character. Uh, he kind of retired in the at the peak of his career because he was uh, he was angry at the way the music industry in Canada was treating uh, like Canadian artists. He was like he thought they they were trying too hard to emulate the American by American I mean USA Yankee um, aesthetic. And as a protest, he just said, "All right, I'm not going to do anything for ten years." And he just sat on his hands for ten years. Sounds like Larry. <laughs> and then he just said, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. Now I don't it's know protest of what, but yeah. Protest of doing anything. It worked. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, big fan of Stomping Tom. Stomping Tom. Although, you know, I don't listen to his music that much. All right. Let's hear uh, your side of it, you guys. Surprise us. Oh. Uh, a band that uh, I would not crap that would be surprising to people. Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm not an important person, so I don't know if my answer is that interesting. <laughs> all right, now I've heard it all. Jeez. Uh, all right, let's get more sex stories out of Larry. Uh, I got to piss. <laughs> <laughs> Larry's got to piss. I'm about seven beers in. I got to take a leak. Are we, right. What do you, what uh, do you guys want to do? Can you guys chat with me while I take a leak? Sure, Put skinny mic on. I'll take a leak. Put skinny Come mic on. on. Man. I, w I want to go right. home. I'm cold Drop and there's the heat ball. there. I'll, I'll go take a leak. I'll, I'll, I'll keep them warm for you, Larry. <laughs> I got to work a double smoothie on you guys while Larry's in the in the toilet. <laughs> oh, I forgot to ask. Blue Oyster Cult. Did I ask that? Nope. Yeah, I don't know. I I got I, I got to say crap. Yeah. yeah, I can't I can't picture you listening to Go <laughs> Fear the Reaper on your record player and be like yeah this is awesome i mean that's the thing is like there are moments there's some charm to it there's some interesting stuff but it ultimately it just makes me cringe but so <laughs> steve I, I would say like just because of our age difference i think uh at the time Pat, you're pretty old i know no no but i'm saying because like there's like a, de a decade between us that i think like even like when you were growing up the even conventional music was a bit more interesting do you not agree well i mean I, when I mean, I was as a, opposed to auto-tuned fucking... Like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, there's always been terrible music. There's always been formulaic and terrible music, and and the fact that the technology has changed uh, doesn't really change that. Mm. Lair's back with us here. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Lighten the load a little. Steve, I'm not sure you want to use this phone again. I didn't figure I had time to wash my hands, and it pissed all <laughs> over. Uh that's it. So I got to. I, I have to. Larry's not gonna. He's not gonna bring this one up unprompted. So I've got to. I got to get Larry started on a story. Okay. All right. Larry's phone rings. It's a wrong number. Take it from oh, there. I don't know if I want to go with this one. No. <laughs> no. 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 I. Okay. All right. Do I want to go here? Steve, yes. stop living well, vicariously through your clients. Should I pull a real good one up? Listen, Larry. We're all going to die. <laughs> Just fucking right, tell right, the story. Go Let's call it a day. Story. This is going to be a little lengthy. How much time do we have? A million hours. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm at, uh, you know, we've talked about the exit punk rock club here in Chicago. I, I'm drunk as a pig there after every other bar closed. This place is open until five. It's like a Wednesday night. 
I happened to be working at the time, but I'm in there drunk as a pig. This uh, pretty young lady comes up to me and starts chatting with me. So I'm thinking, like, okay, all right, it's late. You know, we'll we'll see what develops. Uh, she starts talking and you know, tell me how cute I am and everything. And she says, well, uh, she, I, we decide like we're going to go back to her house. She says, this is one problem. She says, I have my uh, my uh, my slave is passed out in the back seat of my car. <laughs> so. Um, immediately, my eyebrows go up. I'm like thinking, like, oh, slave, nice. This is a, this is this is this is my night. This is going to be a good night. So the bar closes. She says, "Well, why don't you? I live in Indiana. Why don't you follow me back?" So I get I I, I jump in my car. She jumps in hers. The slaves in the back seat passed out. <laughs> this is a script of we Pulp start driving. Fiction. We get on the express. We start driving. This girl is like. Uh, Ten minutes turns into twenty minutes, turns into a forty-minute ride. I'm in the middle of Bumblefuck, Indiana. This girl swerving it three lanes over, almost killing everybody in the path. I'm an hour into Indiana, in the middle of freaking nowhere. Finally, we get to this apartment complex, this seedy, seedy, dirty little apartment complex. So I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to get laid. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking double smoothie again. <laughs> well, listen, you've you've gone this far. It's so. You know, uh, the door opens in her car. She opens the back door and looks at her slave, and uh, I see these, like, really high, like, seven-inch pumps, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But she leaves She leaves the slave in the back seat, and we proceed to go into the, the house. At, at, at what point I, I come upon these really creepy babysitters that are babysitting this girl's uh, daughter or whatever. So finally, we have a couple beers with them. Uh, they leave, so now it's me and the, the cute girl. So you spend some time drinking with the babysitters first. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're in Indiana. He's so this is what, like 7 in the morning by now? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, not quite. Probably 6.30. That's you know, prime babysitting time. Yeah, he's trying to get so a triple like, smoothie, right, this B. Is shaping up. This is shaping up very, very good. Very good. This is looking real good. I'm getting along with the cute girl. Everything's fine. I hear the front door slam. Obviously, the slave has now like awoken out of her uh, passed out state and uh, just kind of walks through the living room and into the bedroom. So I'm getting all excited. I'm sitting there and uh, the girl goes to me, well, will you excuse me for one second? I, I just got to take care of something. So I'm like, cool. I sit there with my beer. Uh, the girl proceeds to get up, go into the other room. And uh, I hear this like, you motherfucker, bang, bang, bang. I hear like, like chest thudding. Like, and I hear, ah, ah. Ah, and I'm thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? But I didn't leave. I'm still hanging. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't spring into action. It's a cute chick, you know, the right. cute chicks, you know, it's coming amazing. on me. So I'm, you know, I'm down you, with this at 6.30 have, in the morning. You have your th the thought in your mind, you're going to get laid. It's not right, much right. that could dissuade you from... I am going to get laid. Right, I'm not she leaving. She comes out, like, nonchalant, like nothing ever happened. And I'm thinking, like, what the fuck just happened in there? So uh, she she just acted like nothing ever happened. We're talking to Bill so, Cosby. Yeah, <laughs> very similar. Well, we start to cuddle up a little bit. We're like making out a little bit, and uh, she grabs my hand. The girl that the girl that I'm hooking up with like grabs my hand, and she goes, "Come on, let's come into the bathroom <laughs> or into the bedroom." <laughs> Which, like, by the oh, way, is the first yeah, line to every peg boy song. This fucking slave now. Nice, very nice. I walked into the bedroom. There's, like, this skinny fucking dude with a fucking wig on and, like, a 5 o'clock shadow, pumps and panties, 
with his nuts like hanging out the side of the panties, chained to the bed, completely fucking chained to the bed. So there's now I'm dude in like, chained a bad, to the, now, Larry, now I'm a, in a bad position. So the light comes on finally. Yeah. So now I'm in a really, really bad position. There's a guy chained and, to the bed and his balls are hanging out. Yeah. Is this what you're you saying? You know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking? I still might get laid. Yeah. <laughs> this is, is six thirty in the morning. I'm thinking like, well, I could still probably pull this off. I might maybe I could get laid. You're gonna be pulling something off later on. <laughs> so I start, I mean, we're kissing and making out. Everything's going good. She starts, like, inching over, like, one little step at a time, one little step at a time, closer to the bed. <laughs> and then actually puts her hand behind my head and starts pushing me toward this dude's panties. Oh. <laughs> the old BJ move. Oh, I know that move. So now <laughs> I'm like, all right, you know what? This just isn't working out. I got I I think it's late. I have to work. I you know I I pull her out of the room. So I get her out of the room. I get her out of the like the transvestite's room, and I'm thinking like, well, maybe I can still get laid. <laughs> you know, sure, I, it's possible I might still get laid. I can do the same thing to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I start making out with my girl again. We're making out. We're making out. And I hear this crying sound. I look over, and there's like a no. This is horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> Oh, I see like no. a six-year-old girl like standing in the living room oh, looking no. at his fucking. Oh no! This <laughs> is like a White House so novel. My heart drops through my asshole. I'm like, <laughs> you picked the winner. You know what? Finally, I'm not thinking about getting laid anymore. I'm like, I just think I need to leave. I, I think probably now it's all you know, self-preservation. It would just do everybody a favor. And I'll just leave. I'll talk to you later. Dude, I got into my car. I was driving through cornfields. I was smiling. I was so happy to get out of that place. <laughs> I need to get back to Chicago where people oh, are normal. God. It's oh, funny. God. Like Larry, Larry's about to have sex, and he goes, uh, the transvestite's here. There's a guy in clown makeup. Oh, There's a six-year-old. The Harlem Globetrotters, no problem. A uh, six-year-old shows up. Through the cornfields in the, in the I'm car. losing like the last five fans we ever had. I'm gone. Right <laughs> I have a band. You guys may have figured out that it, it, it takes more than turning a hose on Larry to get him to turn on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get Larry started on another story here. <laughs> it's tough, man. You get that 100 percent in your mind that you're gonna get laid, and it's it's tough no, to back I off thought, of that. Yeah, and there's always a chance. Okay, so Larry and his bandmates. Have a kind of an informal competition, okay. uh, right? <laughs> you're saying the can man you explain the bye bye clown? I I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. I can have you, no can idea you, what you're talking about. Can you at least explain what the bye bye clown is? <laughs> oh, bye bye clown. <laughs> All right. So let's say you and one of your bandmates. This is a hypothetical. You and one of your bandmates are in competition to have sex with a young woman. Is at a party with all with all of you, right? And one of the two of you succeeds in getting the woman to leave the party with you, right? As you're leaving the party with the woman that you're going to be having sex with later, you turn to your remaining bandmates, sad as they are, that they are not leaving the party with the woman that they want to have sex with, and you wave at them. Bye-bye, <laughs> clown. Bye-bye, clown. Bye-bye, right? clown. 
That's the bye-bye clown. Jesus you're, Christ. You're escorting the young lady out of the party. You know you're going to be getting laid. Everybody at the party knows you're going to be getting laid. Your bandmates know that you're going get, to be getting laid. And they know also that they are not going to be getting laid because now there are just dudes left at the party, right? <laughs> so then you turn... You turn on your heels, and you give them the bye-bye clown, okay? <laughs> well, we're glad that uh, we're the show oh, that has God. cemented Steve Albini's uh, reputation as I a can, misogynist. I can tell you this much. Uh, this isn't going to be printed in the fucking Guardian. <laughs> I, think I, gotta, I, think I, I think I might All have right, to edit so this out of, of my own podcast. The fans we have left yeah. are now gone. <laughs> okay, so... I hear, I have heard this story from two different people, so I'm I'm going to assume that it's true. Oh, oh boy, Lair and another bandmate of his <laughs> were the last Mohicans at a party with a Mohican. Am I not? Am I am I wrong about this? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I, so I, there's I, young, I don't know. I don't know what story you're telling here. Did you run a blood so, test. So there's a young lady who's entertaining Larry and his bandmate, right? At the end of a party, there's, there's a war of attrition between the two of them. One of them is going to fall asleep. The other one's going to get laid, right? <laughs> and so there's a young, one young lady, two men in contention. You know, this sounds really bad. Why are we going here? <laughs> Larry, I can edit this out. I, this I, I have is the Bill Cosby type shit. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Bill Cosby right there. Okay. The evening progresses to morning. Everybody's exhausted. Neither one of them is going to give up. They're both like teeth gritted. You know, like <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to nod off and not get laid. Right? Morning, morning with a you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's okay. So if the young lady proposes a scenario that will accommodate both gentlemen, if you get my drift. What? Right? Oh, you are. A I dick. get it. Okay, go ahead. Listen, I can read between the lines. So they end up in the young lady's chamber, right? <laughs> what is this, 1828? <laughs> <laughs> or 1826, next door, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so... <laughs> All right, so she says, yeah, you know, no funny business. You guys can crash in my room, whatever. So the, yeah. two, of, the yeah. two of them and the one of her are in the bed. <laughs> Right? The one of her. <laughs> My favorite Pegboy LP. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna burn anybody here, but All right, go one on. of the band members begins kind of making out with the young lady Mike. in the bed. Okay, okay so right? Mike starts making out with her. Right. Phil. Right. Right. Let's call him George. While that's going on, the other bandmate. is kind of working the other end of the of the spectrum, if you know what I'm talking about. So one of them is making out with the face. Solely t- one of saying, them is making out with the tukas. Solely you know saying, what I'm saying. Solely, <laughs> you know what I'm Solely saying. is saying on the chat box, this is a oh, total re- reverse, reverse smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the bandmates, the one not making out with the front end, decides to go ahead and stick it in. <laughs> what the fuck? I've heard this story from two people, so this uh, must be true. Okay. It's your uh, least favorite Black Flag album. All right. The other one senses that the woman is now in a, a state of extreme arousal and presumes that it's all his doing. <laughs> <laughs> 
also over the shoulder of the young lady. <laughs> oh, no. Gives oh, him the no. bye-bye clown. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to uh, remind you, fellas, that uh, both of you have ruined your entire careers here tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, mine's done. Mine's done anyway. And, and you're doing wonders for our show, seeing as how we have no females on the panel. Larry had a career of exactly six oh, hours of writing songs. Need I point out, this is all consensual. Everything we're discussing is consensual. Of course. Nice disclaimer there. Yeah. Way to go, Cosby. Everything, everything's fun. <laughs> Even those stories that I even forgot. Hey, I'm living vicariously through other men. That's how that's how it works. Right. That's why the police are surrounding our building right now. You know, that's you know, Steve wanted to live vicariously through us. Bye, bye, clown. Why don't you have a side piece in Chicago when recording? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you know, I go. That's Pat's real girlfriend. That's Dan's like girlfriend. You know, I don't know. I got. I'm married. Steve's like, ah, fuck, uh, I guess I got to jerk off uh, next week for the next band that comes in <laughs> with their cupcakes. Go get me a cupcake. Thank Do you, you have your own assistant over there? Uh, yes, we have uh, many assistants, yeah. And who's that? Tommy uh, Rockstar. Uh, we got nothing. We got nothing. Right. It's a it's a mishmash of bullshit. If you guys want to pass over an intern, we'll take one. <laughs> yeah, send an intern over here. Does he know how to roll a, a toilet paper? I'll spit, Overhand style? I'll, I'll spit roast that dude with Tommy. Yeah. Can he, you haven't asked Larry if he wipes standing up. You know, uh, I was talking to uh, Steve. Uh, I, I could still bend over. I could still lean up. I was talking to Soli about this the other night. And, uh, you know, because Soli and I text because we're buddies, you know. Because so you're both, what, 12-year-old girls? Exactly. How, how did this happen? I don't how does everybody that I know turn into a 17th, like a 7th <laughs> grader? It's funny because I really don't text with Soli, but then today we just text each other pictures of Richard Jenny, the dead comedian. Right. And uh, then I texted him a picture, and then he made it bigger and just texted me the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Soli. I think he's I think he's the best person who's ever lived. So He's top five, sure. Yeah, stop fucking around. Give that guy a million dollars. Hey, if I had a million dollars, he would get at least a million dollars. Well, you have ten million, according to a celebrity <laughs> network. Oh, well, then he can have one yeah, of them. Yeah, one of ten. There's yeah. plenty left over. Yeah, he can have one of them. That's fine. He gets one tenth of that. No problem. Piece of cake. I forget what my point was. I'm drunk. Thank you. Uh, there's no point. I, I, I'm as drunk as you guys. Are you, Larry? Yeah, what what beer are you on? Twelve. I'm out of beer now, though. So oh, that's not good. That's not good. That's big trouble. There's trouble on the horizon. Yeah. Well, look at l- listen. Look in Sally's refrigerator in his office. I'm telling you, there's beers in there. Yeah. Yeah. Go upstairs. All right. I'm yeah, telling you. You go up there. Like he he's he'll he'll make a beeline to defend his stash now. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm sorry, Don't even get him started about the grow room he has going Listen, that old man Albini doesn't know about. We recorded there. I put like an 18-pack of Budweiser cans in there, Bud Heavies. We're like, gone. A year later, I came back to play uh, the PRF barbecue, and the, the fridge was still full of my beers. I'm like, That's fucking very hell. nice. That's, <laughs> see? see what a classy place this is? So this I'm trying to tell nice. you, Larry, listen, go upstairs, go into Soldi's office. There's plenty of beers in the fridge. If he's not, he's lining. He's got a flask in his pocket. A fucking Skinny Mike. Wait. I'm going to have Skinny Mike go up there. Oh, he's a whiskey drunk. He's giving me dirty looks right now. <laughs> Someone just hung fuck up for Fuck you. His... He just told me fuck you. 
Listen, we're old men. This is, I mean, I'm up past my medication. I should get going. Hold on one second. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, yes, good evening. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Stephen Soley of Chicago. I'll tell you what. Can you just bring one down? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> we don't have any beer up here. Whatever <laughs> you're looking it's for. It's a brown liquor office, please. <laughs> bring some of that down. It's like I Mad have, Men. I have some dry gin. If you don't like, do you want boy. Yeah, oh, boy. great. So now you're just going through all the stuff you won't drink. Right, exactly. The the garbage liquor. I'm, I'm going through a heavy that. gin phase right now, <laughs> actually. Well, Soli, listen, put the gin on ice, give it to Larry, and call it a day. There's some pumpkin schnapps here. Would you? <laughs> let, me just, let me just clear up a couple things. There's quick. some rumplemins. Yes. Here's Stephen Soli. He's going to clear it all up for us. Go ahead, Stephen. John Willan and I do text. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> Not and that it, often. Once in a while. It's one of my one of my favorite friendships. I ever, love you, man. Is, is my texting relationship with John Willan. Uh, I don't really have anything else. I'm going to bring some gin. Down. Oh Jesus, man! He's drunk on all that gin. Don't put that pressure on me. What? <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm hanging up. I, no, I don't no, 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 Stephen, don't hang up for a minute, and then I called in, and now I feel like I've been vindicated. <laughs> what were you mad about, caller? Appreciate the call. Okay, Stephen Sally. What, what were you mad about? That I didn't like Mata Hoople? Sully's. Sully just punched out in the office, pissed off that like T Rex didn't get a crap. But yet, oh. but yet he got all aggro that that Mitch Ryder. You know, uh, I would uh, take Soli's friendship over Steve Albini's or Larry's or anybody else. Wow, he's the best. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna record our yeah, next so record in I. his studio. Yeah. He's 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 literally. I think he's the best person who's ever lived. <laughs> wow. I, I you know I think that highly of Soli. I really do. He's a great man. He's a good dude. All right. So uh, you two the drools. John's clearly wildly intoxicated. <laughs> yeah. What? Just a little bit. Yeah. And then so. All right. I'm fine. getting there, but I'm starting to sober up now, so. <laughs> he dropped acid about 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> hey, I, I just took acid on accident. I got to go. The neco, it was on a Necco wafer. Necco wafer of acid. <laughs> I got some Necco wafers to sell you. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, anything else? You have anything to plug? Larry? Yeah. Uh, I got nothing to plug. Uh, thanks for ruining my whatever career I had left. <laughs> I love that. You drag that word career around behind you like a suitcase. Yeah. Career? It's so weird. No one has a career. You play punk rock. What the fuck? <laughs> thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Steve okay. Albini, you have anything to plug? No, of course not. No. Plug? I, I'm just slugging it away, like slugging away like always. Yeah, you're just a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid going broke one week at a time. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, Steve Albini, of course, in the band Aerosmith. Uh, <laughs> Big Black. Two nuns in a pack mules. Uh, Scorpions. Four non blondes. All that stuff. Crap. Larry, of Not course. Hey, I just hey, got, hey, I just got gin on some ice cubes in a measuring glass. Yeah. <laughs> so I just walked in with, like... The driest martini ever. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Betty Crocker measuring cup. Damn right he did. You know why? Because Soli's fucking a national well, we can go treasure. For another hour now. I'm gonna dial nine one now. I think you're awesome, Soli. Soli should be getting half of Albini's ten million. <laughs> 
Steve, thank you so much for calling in uh, and moderating this uh, Larry Demore Peg Boy interview. Larry, you're the most interesting person I've ever met. Oh, man, met. that was a disaster. But thank you. Oh, thank Larry, you very much. That's off to Larry. Larry. You want me to, you want me to edit, edit out you saying uh, faggot? I'll edit it out. Uh, right about the time Double Smoothie came up, I <laughs> just edit that out. Do you want us a four-minute ad- interview. Do you want to say it out that part that you said Hitler was right? <laughs> I don't think anybody in this That's room little... gives a flying fuck right now. <laughs> it, was a, it was a little controversial. Okay, show of hands. Who, sh- who shits their pants at a bar? Show of hands. All right. I appreciate you guys calling in. Thanks, the best. guys. All right, appreciate Larry, it. Good luck. See you Steve, later. good luck. I'll see you uh, when I see you. All right. Good night and good luck. All right. Very good. Come don't play poker they... soon. Don't let your music and, and bring Larry because he sucks. <laughs> I think they just hung up. I don't know. I'm just going to play every sound effect I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's we should apple juice and dick show coming at you. I'm pretty drunk. Huh? It's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's pull the news in the game. I'm yeah, sorry, You're slurring guys. your words. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. You're slurring your words there, apple juice. I know. It never happens to me, but this uh, show went late. You got nervous. We ran nervous. late. This guy got drunk. Oh. I get nervous and drunk. I apologize to the audience. It's fucking behavior. Bukowski writing a fucking novel in the background with this <laughs> typewriter sound. The song, but this song fixes it all for you. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. <laughs> we thank Spike from DRI. Yeah, I have which, to play the oh other two God. clips. Oh yeah, you want to play the other two clips? I have no choice. Let's they're, do it. They're fifty-second clips. You're you ready? guys, if any DRI fans are still listening, which we I, have, d- I doubt they are. <laughs> uh, um, we got serious, uh, you know, exclusive clips and shit. I, 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 I'm I, fucked up. I, I'm so sorry. It's all right, but I, I have no <laughs> choice but to play these. You Bad ready? Radio. Bad yeah. radio. Here's clip two. Yeah, uh, I get it. I'm, I'm self-aware. I'm not. I'm not giving you grief. I'm just. I saying. know, but you should because I'm. <laughs> just go. You yeah. should. Well, just go. Just hit play. Well, it's funny you gave me grief. Here's right, some new DRI for you. I played this one already. Yeah. I'll play three in a row.
I guess we're going to have to take a break for sad bastard songs. And here we have the various bridges. You can look over there in the distance. There's a Statue of Liberty. And to my left, oh, shit. The Beastie Boys. And on the cool check-in. Check Set a stage on the mic and we putting it on wax. It's the new style. Four and three and two and boy. Fresh. Wrap that shit up, B. I am on Facebook. Hey, Let's move fresh. on with our live. Hot a minute, guys. Now that's Italian.